This is Vicky and while I usually tell you that Jim and Eric are going to spoil this week's books instead I'm going to drop some rhymes. 16 in the clip and 1 in the hole, Vicky is about to make some bodies turn cold. I'm everlasting, I can go on for days and days, with rhyme displays that engrave deep as x-rays. I remember parties out in the park, with the girlies, rubbing up in the dark. I was smooth, until someone pulled a gun, it was over, they spoiled my fun. Take that, all you sucker MCs and enjoy the podcast. Word. The family gathers new babies here, and great-grandmother knows it's clear. That it wouldn't be home without Helen. At times like this, family traditions are important, like Hellman's real mayonnaise. It's the best, the one you depend on to make all their favorite foods taste terrific. Everything with great-grandma. And it wouldn't be home without Helen. Give them the heart and thumb the head. Why don't people understand my intentions? Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of the Weird Science DC Comics blog podcast, Weird Out Loud. I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this week, we'll give you all the ins and outs and everything going on in the DC world. Ah, uh, yes, we got past that intro, Eric. <laughs> we took seven <laughs> took goddamn us 800 tries. takes. The take. Uh, we are the proud. Uh, now I'm messing up. We're going to have to start, but I'm going to tell you right now. We are a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network, right? I guess. I think we are. This is all <laughs> off the cuff. We had some uh, things planned, and we're not going with it. Uh, we are the official podcast of Weird Science DC Comics blog at weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, we are. Uh, there's some pretty handsome-looking dudes on that site. <laughs> Jody? Yeah, like maybe Joel? Jody, Joel, yeah. And then there's us, the, uh, the meat and cheese of the site, Eric. You love the meat and cheese. I do love meat and cheese, you but I'm not going to say cheese. that's the main course. Yeah, I'm not feeling so good right now. I had Chinese Too much tonight. meat and cheese, buddy? No, I had too much Chinese food. And I said even earlier to you, I told you we were going to get Chinese tonight. And I told you every time I get it, I feel sick. And it's true to form. I so you're like, an idiot. I got you. I feel like crap. My family, just for some reason, they had been craving Chinese. And I've been putting it off for a while. And instead of putting it off one more night, I went for it. And boy, I had... Uh, too much of everything and i feel like just i feel awful and it's great that's always good to start a podcast by feeling like you're, you have to run to the bathroom and uh, let loose in both orifices whoa 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 you calm down <laughs> with all that i don't need uh, to hear that nobody else I needs to hear that down uh you know what we're gonna talk well, potty talk you know what you, we're man. talking about tonight what we're we talking about we're talking about you already said we're talking a lot of news reviews nonsense we I said have the an, ins and outs everything you need to ins know ins and outs we have a new segment that we're going to debut tonight. I'm oh, shit. That. It's a little spoiler, a little, actually a little foreshadowing. Not a spoiler yet, uh, but I think it'll be very uh, cool. I think people will enjoy it. And we'll also have Dan's Geek News there because he has not been fired. Get that <laughs> right, out of the, uh, right off the bat. Uh, we didn't get his news yet, but he has not been officially fired. Uh, Ryan, on the other hand, he's on thin ice. <laughs> Actually, he, what was he, uh, this week on Twitter, he was all upset with us, like he was going to get fired. 
You're gonna, you were talking about how you were hoping he wasn't going to kill himself. Now you're going to oh, fire yeah, him that's and he's going to kill but himself. I think he took more umbrage in the fact that I had kind of ripped into him that he always likes every book that he reviews on the, his segment. So he segment. took it when you said that he sounded really down. He, yeah. he thought about the book. Yeah, because he like, oh, first I get crap about you know liking everything. Now I don't like something so much. No, nah, brother, we thought you were going to kill yourself. Yeah, Calm down. Yeah, I, I think I said I We were was, worried. I hoped that I hoped. Whew, I was just going to I thought that he was going to be like on the uh, ceiling fan. <laughs> that doesn't work. Uh, yes. Well, we're going to start right up with news. All right. Let's get this. And news. I'm going to tell you right now, after that news-filled episode last week with all the, all the news from San Diego Comic-Con, can't talk tonight, um, there's not a lot of comic book news tonight. It's a lot of casting news and TV and movie news. People like TV and movies. I don't. Yes, and you do. we're going to be talking about all these things, and I will, I will probably not see any of these come to fruition except one of them, and you can guess which one it is later. Uh, first bit of news, Eric. This is for you and you alone, for your eyes only, as they say in the Bond-verse. Uh, <laughs> Hawkman is coming to Flash and Arrow. All right. Entertainment Weekly reports that Carter Hall, a.k.a. Hawkman, is coming to Arrow. Yes, it's coming to, I know. Why did they? Oh, it annoys me. It's coming to Arrow and Flash, a.k.a. Arrow and Flash, before he appears in the spinoff DC's Legends of Tomorrow. The thing is, I don't even know he was going to be in Legend tomorrow. They've been talking about Hawkgirl. That's what? so funny when you know, they've been said talking that. very briefly about it. They've only showed a little bit of her. Yep. Nothing about Hawkman. Oh, it's funny because after I sent this news, I wrote kind of like little notes for myself yeah. and my note was i didn't know he was in legends of tomorrow uh, like you said they've all they've been mentioning hawk girl everybody fell uh, in love with hawk girl from that first trailer and that you didn't even see, i was gonna say you don't see her much maybe that was their ploy and it really worked because everything i heard less is more yeah less is more isn't that a, a singer less is more uh the report describes hawkman as charismatic and wise beyond his years Hawkman is a natural-born leader with an abundance of charm and, charm and confidence. Well, that's because he's 5,000 years old. <laughs> oh, Entertainment Weekly, oh. what the hell are you trying to give us here? Yes, that's Entertainment Weekly. They are, they are a chuckle fest, Eric. You know, it's because he's 5,000 years old. Oh, my goodness. Let me. Jesus oh my, Christ. I'm holding my stomach right now laughing. I got a belly laugh. Guys. I was gonna, no, you're holding your stomach too, way too much. Yeah, I think I'm going to throw up. Hawkman okay. will also reportedly retain the memories from his many resurrections, unlike Hawkgirl, who will have no memory of her past lives, or even Hawkman when the pair meet. Uh, it has nothing to do with it, but now I just think of Lady Hawk. Yeah, I, I feel Lady Hawk. I actually... Um, I don't mind the idea that Hawkgirl doesn't know who Hawkman is, but when no, they see drama. each other, it's, it, but it's going to, you know, what are they going to say? Or like, who? I don't know. Hey, I've been inside you. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, no, I, creep. I, no, I don't remember that. Now I'm calling 911 and getting out the pepper spray. <laughs> uh, I'm saying, why are they going to go with this version? I want a goddamn Thanagarian Hawkman. Well, the weird thing about the, um, he'll they're really playing this. I'm saying, he re- they're really playing this, though, like a Marvel goddamn TV show. It's DC. We have characters from different places. Planets. Start bringing that shit in. I know. It's weird that he remembers all his resurrections that, to me, they just can't figure out which one they like best. So, eh, he's all of them. He's all of them, Eric. Which Hawkman's your favorite? The current. The current? I, I'm that, sorry, man. I like the Thanagarian Hawkman. I don't yeah. like all this fucking past resurrection shit that they... I'm telling you, Hawkman's origin has been changed so many goddamn times. I can't even tell you how many times. That's yeah. it's ridiculous. Well, he remembers every one. Um, even had the ones where he's a Thanagarian... 
who went back, who like uh, came to Earth during Egyptian time, and then he died and yeah. resurrects over and over again. Um, I just got a message from Rob Liefeld. He said his is the best, Eric. That's what he just told me. The what, the Savage Hawk Man from the beginning of the New 52? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. That <laughs> the was book the one actually did, got right? better when he took over. Yeah, I know, and the sales went up. people like to give him shit. I like to give him shit. The, sh- the Hawkman was really good when he took over. That actually, I think the Hawkman bit was the thing he threw out when he got in that Twitter fight with uh, Scott Snyder. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, every Scott Snyder was getting like uh, very snarky behind the scenes. And then Rob Liefeld put it all out, like tweeted what he had private messaged. Is that still uh, a thing? People still talking about that? I don't know, but I thought it was great because it really made, well, uh, Rob Liefeld, need, uh, he does not need any help looking like an asshole no he does all and you know what he he's proud of that fact he actually he's got them with button it. Fly jeans. he goes with them those button flies uh spike lee i think he was like spike man in that <laughs> commercial hey, he's very um uh creative with those names spike man uh but scott snyder always tries to come off as a good guy and i laugh because that kind of showed you a little behind the curtain that scott snyder not a great guy if everybody, anybody out there wants to know what that's all about, just look up Rob Liefeld, Scott Snyder Twitter feud, and you'll see some pretty uh, Yeah, we're not crazy the only one with feuds. Check that shit out. Yeah, really. They had a real feud. But uh, in that, um, Scott Snyder kind of ripped into him like, hey, at least every book I don't do um, doesn't, f- you know, all your books fail. And Rob Liefeld's like, you, you do Batman, dude. <laughs> it, you know, that, it's never going to fail. It's always going to do well. It doesn't matter who does it. It's not you. It's the character. And Scott Snyder came off really pretentious about that it's him doing it. It was the worst. But then, like you said, Rob Liefeld, I think that was the book where he said, hey, I took it over. It was a mess. And the sales went up. And, he and then was it got canceled it. shortly And then it that. got canceled. But, uh, yeah, actually, it's, that whole thing was very interesting because of the Hawkman bit in that. Uh, Rob Liefeld had some pretty crazy ideas for Hawkman, and they, the editorial, they completely screwed him and made him change things at the last second and all that. And he, blamed, he blames everyone but himself for everything, and I do not know what that has anything to do with Flash and Arrow. Uh, we have more Arrow news next, though. Yeah, we were talking about this before we started tonight, and you basically said this is bullshit. It is bullshit. Uh, Jerry Ryan is cast in Arrow, and I bet, yeah, I guess, what you're saying is that you know, 1995 called, and they they want their Jerry Ryan back. Is I'd that say what you're 98. Telling? I'd okay. say 98. Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm well, trying to remember when she came in the Voyager, but nobody cares about Seven of Nine anymore. Seven of Nine. That's what I usually give the ladies. Um, Access Hollywood reports that Star Trek Voyager star Jerry Ryan has been cast as the guest star in Arrow Season 4, Episode 2, entitled The Candidate. The report states that Ryan will play Jessica Danforth, a friend of, queen, of, the, friend of the Queen family. Her political ambitions will place her in the crosshairs of a menacing antagonist, Eric. Oh, no! Yeah. I'm more interested in who the antagonist is, really. Um, I bet it's like one of the things that we're going to hear about tonight. It's, I say double down. Take right. that. Or uh, Baron Blitzkrieg. Ugh. There you are, Eric. But yeah, Jerry Ryan. You love Jerry Ryan. Uh, Jerry Ryan had some issues. I believe that she was involved with a husband that pretty much was trading her for sex. Oh, and, you did tell me yeah, about that. Some crazy stuff. Years ago. I didn't even yeah. look into it. She had a hard life, Eric. Hard, hard knock life for Jerry Ryan. Now, of course, people look at that. What the hell is Jim talking about? Looks up and I'm wrong. It's not. I'm sorry. I, you told me this years yeah. ago. I never fact checked you, so yeah, I have no I, idea. I don't fact check myself, but I believe that was the case. I believe he was kind of, um, you know, uh, handing her out to people. You, you know, little did people know they were all gaga about her in that outfit because basically it was the outfit. 
yeah. that did it. And then that night, you know, she'd go to Comic-Con. Then that night, she'd be just being passed around the sex club, Eric. On a sex club. The sex Eric. clubs. The sex clubs. Isn't that what they're called? Sex clubs. <laughs> All right. Next bit is, again, we're going to continue with the Arrow casting. Um, Double Down, cast for Arrow. And when I first heard this, I thought it was that sandwich at the KFC. It's like, man, that guy's getting places, that sandwich. You tried to get a double down from the KFC, didn't you? I tried. I'm telling you, it's weird. They've been out forever now. Yeah. Never had one, but I've always wanted one. And then everybody's talking about, oh, they're the worst thing in the world for you. And I think that made me want to get it a little bit more. And did they have it? Or why didn't they have it? I don't think they did. Huh. I thought they still have The only thing I I thought they still did, too. I don't know why I didn't get it, because I was at KFC, like, uh, was was, that, two months ago? Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, the first time in years. I, I the problem I had with it, I had it one time, and it has pepper jack cheese. I don't like pepper jack cheese at all. Not a big fan. Uh, but the real news story is... So that's not part of the cheese when nah, we do the meat and cheese? No, that isn't part of the cheese. And that Double Down sandwich, if you call it a sandwich, is not part of this news story. Because <laughs> the character of Double Down will reportedly be played by J.R. Bourne, known for his roles in Teen Wolf and Stargate SG-1. You aware of J.R. Bourne? Is he Styles? I, I, no, I don't know. He may be in Team Wolf. Do you know what he is in Stargate <laughs> SG-1? Is he James Hampton? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's James Hampton. All right. I don't know this new darn Team Wolf, that you, MTV I, Team Wolf. I, I have no idea. I never watched it either. Actually, I wanted to watch it, and you told me if we did, I did, you'd shut down yeah, the I, goddamn website. I would, I would delete the website and shut down the podcast immediately. So, so if, like, if anybody wants to uh, get rid of this garbage, just email Eric, uh, offer him some money to tell him to watch Team Wolf, because it's <laughs> over. It is over if you watch that crap. Uh, no, you I'm can saying, watch I, anything else, but you watch Team Wolf, it's done. I've watched I watched all of SG One and without knowing what character he plays, this name this name doesn't do anything for I me. I actually thought you would have looked it up. But he is in Stargate. I got SG1. I got this news like twenty minutes before news, we started. It takes a lot for you. I spent three hours gathering this goddamn news. You can't even look J.R. Bourne. Look it up now. J.R. Bourne. That's a cool name. It's okay. Uh, you look it up as I continue. It'll debut he'll debut in the new season's third episode. Eric Double Down was originally created by DC Chief Creative Officer Jeff Johns, an artist, Ethan Van Skyver. Uh, he played one of the Tokra. Okay, he was a Tokra. Yeah, now you yeah. looked it up, and I have no idea what the hell you just said. But they're, I do they're know. The Gu- they're one of the Gua'uld that are against the regular Gua'uld. Uh, what language are you talking? <laughs> really? Go, go to some convention right now and say that to somebody who cares. Uh, like I said, he's, he was created by Jeff Johns, an artist, Ethan Van Skyver. Ethan Van Skyver, your, your nemesis. During the, writer's long, uh, during the writer's long run on The Flash, Double Down's real name is Jer- Jeremy Tell and was a con artist who comes t- to possess a deck of cursed playing cards that bonds with his skin. He later joins the villainous group, the Rogues. i got to s- slow down. I don't know what's going on. I might be uh, having, I'm having another stroke. We talked oh about God. this goddamn Double Down. Um, I don't I'm have a lot of... Du- I'm looking at this dude, though, and I think he can play a badass Double Down. Well, I know that I do not have a like a, a real long history with Double Down, but he was in The Flash a couple issues ago, or last issue. This issue and the last issue. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he was in this issue. Oh, really? Yeah, he just was in that for oh, uh, you're right. last issue. No, he was in the and, prison. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, he, was he in didn't the escape. Prison. No, no, he was standing there with his leg up on the wall, smoking <laughs> like a, a badass. badass. That's how you know. You said that that's how a badass smokes. He reminded me of the guy at the beginning of Frankie Goes to Hollywood's <laughs> video for Relax. And I'm telling you, that's right not a good the thing. Blue Oyster Club. It's not a good thing. That's when Holly Johnson, the lead singer, shows up on a rickshaw. 
<laughs> and then I said, you know what? I, I saw that video as a kid, and I'm like, that is a guy who has a lot of money. He showed up in a rickshaw, and now he's going to sing and point a goddamn flashlight at me. Because that's what he did in that video, Eric. That was a, a groundbreaking video, Relax. Great song. Great, great song. They were a big band. Martoff is the leader in the ranks of the Tokra. Martoff had been the, the free, mate of Jolinar and what? her host to Russia for almost a century. SG-1 first meet Marloff during the first encounter with the Tokra in season two. I'm serious. Are you somebody call a priest? You are speaking in tongues. Oh, SG-1 I don't even awesome. know what you are talking about. I've never watched any SG-1. I really like the movie. Um, but I never I, watched that's the thing. it. I'm not even a fan of the movie all that much. The show was so much better. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think of something I can talk about that makes no sense. I might as well just... You don't like it. anything, so you, can't, you don't have anything. That's true. And I hate you. Mm-hmm. And I hate this next bit of news. More Arrow casting news. God damn. How many people do they have uh, showing up in Arrow? It's like, I don't uh, know. You might be talking about You think you'd watch the show every now and again. Yeah, no. I have not watched that, but it seems like the cast is turning into the... Uh, it's like more members than Parliament. Parliament Funkadelic, Funk Eric. They had like a trillion people showing up in freaking spaceships. <laughs> Holy moly. Ah, uh, yes. Arrow adds villain Baron Ryder, who is... But is not Baron Blitzkrieg, Eric. Well, thank you for that, Jim. Baron Blitzkrieg. According to Deadline, my favorite source of news, British actor Jimmy Akingbola. Yeah, is that how you say it? Akingbola. (laughs) Actually, I think that might be a race in SG-1. Could be. He's been cast as the villainous Baron Ryder in Arrow Season 4. Deadline describes Ryder's role as the grizzled, hardened, and commanding leader, which I, actually, I'm reading this, it sounds exactly what Entertainment Weekly is saying about Hawkman. They're the grizzled, hardened, and commanding leader of an underground organization who tries to recruit Oliver. In comic books, Baron Ryder was better known as Baron Blitzkrieg, the leader of Shadowspire, a group with ties to South American drug cartels. Shadowspire also has connections to Vandal Savage, the main villain in the upcoming Arrow spinoff, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. So I don't know if I just missed that because you know, I had no I, idea that Randall Savage the mar- was the villain. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the big... I remember he's the big bad. Did they uh, say that in the trailer? I believe they did not say in the trailer, but they All announced right. it. And then we said that makes sense because of the whole time traveling and then stuff like that and like living. Yeah, my forever. memory's shit, but that yeah. sounds awesome. I love Randall yeah. Savage. Um, about Baron Blitzkrieg, Eric. He was, <laughs> during his run... He's a Nazi. You would go, uh-huh. you're like, huh, Baron Blitzkrieg. Yeah, I can kind of see that he'd be a Nazi. See, yeah. I mean, and I even said when this came out, I'm like, that sounds like somebody that uh, that Captain America would fight. Oh, Baron Blitzkrieg. Oh, goodness. But he was a Nazi. But producer and unfortunately co-showrunner, <laughs> Mark Guggenheim, who, Eric, we cannot interview that guy. Not at all. He will not accept an interview from us. But he did accept an interview with Dead line or whatever uh he says this version will not be a nazi and is being played by an african-american which is odd because that that pal our pal jimmy akambola is not american he's british he's british with nigerian ancestry oh now, is he now so calling him african-american is odd but before we go into that i'm gonna i wouldn't know um, well before we're gonna go i'm gonna just read his quote he said we took the name baron Ryder without any intention of turning him into baron blitzkrieg he continues baron blitzkrieg is the evil nazi supervillain baron Ryder is not going to become baron blitzkrieg in the show why did they even get anywhere near calling him anything like this then 
If I it's not no Baron Blitzkrieg, why even open that up? But again, uh, you you kind of took a, a little. You you found it troublesome that he's calling a black man from England African American. Oh yeah, that is just a problematic to begin with. But I just want to know when did we get back to African American? I thought black was the appropriate nomenclature at this point. Oh my goodness, what? I don't know. African-Americans Any... sound so much like the PC-90s. No, it does, but it sounds worse when the guy's from England. Am and I considered a Caucasian-American? I'm telling Yeah, you are a Caucasian-American. Who the fuck says that? I do. I said it today. A, you are Somebody a at, at the Carbo Box Factory said, boy, I, I can't get a grip on what Eric's ancestry is. I said, he is Caucasian-American. Can't you tell? The guy's so pale. <laughs> Palest guy ever, and, and just sweats like a, a bastard. The guy I can't sweats, stop sweating. It's like I just a re- faucet pouring off of your fucking forehead. Oh my goodness! Then you well, can't saying, you can't you... see. Yeah, I don't know why this problems. is turning into yelling at you, but yeah, uh, what it what it comes out to me is that Mark Guggenheim thinks that every black guy is an African American. He sees anybody guys from Russia. Hey, there's an African-American. He's not getting this part of it being American. Now, he is correct. He is of Nigerian descent, so you can go with possibly the African. But yeah. All right, but let's go. I understand Guggenheim's point to a degree. Guggenheim. To a degree, by, mind you. What do you call somebody, a black man who's not from America now? I would say that you would call him an actor, Eric. An you actor. Are a, he is a, a human being. <laughs> what, are you, what are you insinuating? You are an awful person. He's a human I, being. See, if he's I was an trying actor. to be all over the top PC like Guggenheim here, I wouldn't know what to say either. I would just say, yeah, he's a black man, got some Nigerian ancestry from uh, Britain. I, I would just say, hey, look at him. Not but, a Nazi. <laughs> uh, what I think is this Jimmy Akimbola looks, uh, you know, older. I think I even read, he looks like maybe mid 20s. Is that Get, older? Yeah. You know what it's older for? You don't call yourself Jimmy. After you turn about 13, I, my name's Jim. I know. I, if somebody would have called me Jimmy, besides maybe my mother or my wife, after a certain age, I probably would have slapped them. That's a kid's name. Jimmy. That My son just tapped me and said that he likes the name Jimmy. I'm going <laughs> to slap him, interrupting us like that for Jimmy Akambola, the British, Nigerian, African-American. I don't know. Baron Ryder. Baron Ryder. But not Baron Blitzkrieg, even though it's, it is Baron Blitzkrieg, but it's not Baron Blitzkrieg. So why, why, do, why have any ties? I, they only want to tie him in with, um, what is the organization he's in? Shadow Spire? Shadow Spire. That's the only reason, because I believe they did say that Shadow Spire would be in uh, the as as a villain or, a villainous organization. This so dude's that, like 37 years old. Okay, yeah, you can't go by Jimmy. Stop this Jimmy nonsense. You are Jim Akimbola. You want to go fancy? James. James Akimbola is now. If I hear anybody say Jimmy, they're out. They're not allowed on the podcast. Jimmy Akimbola is a British television theater and film actor born in 1978 in, uh, I don't know, Placetow? Placetow? I don't don't know. London to Nigeria. Oh, I don't know. Something in London to Nigerian parents. He was the youngest of four children. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you. Uh, what what was he in? Does it mention any show he was in? Um, no, not off the top here. I, I can go to his goddamn IDMDB if you want. Um, no, 
I really don't care about James Akinbola. <laughs> except That's Jimmy. That, except that he's going to be Baron Blitzkrieg, but he's not. It's Baron Ryder, and I'm confused, and I really don't care. And uh, He's good, a black man, Jim. God bless that, that black man from Nigeria uh, by way of England. I don't know. I don't know what they I don't know. Do you <laughs> Getting call off it? the rails, uh, man. Getting off the rails. African-British, do you call it? African-English? He was in Planet of the Ape Men, Battle for Earth. That sounds like one of those knockoff movies. It does. That instead, like uh, we said, instead of Transformers, it's Transmorphers. Avengers Grim. What was it called? Uh, what was it called? Battle of the Ape Men? Yeah, Battle of the Ape Men. No, it's Planet of the Ape Men, Battle for Earth. Oh, my. God. What? <laughs> I don't even, the best part is here. It says TV miniseries documentary. Planet of the Ape Men? How is this a documentary? <laughs> hey, it's based on true events. There are apes and there's men. I don't know. That's it's based on the true story. Planet of the Ape Men, huh? Yeah, Planet of the Ape Men. Mm. Yeah, Transmorphers, uh, Avengers Grimm, they have all those. Oh, lovely. All right, the next bit, we're going to continue with the Arrow business. Oh, goody. You love Arrow, though. You're, uh, any no, of these... actually, the thing is, I'm a, I'm a huge Flash fan. Arrow, oh. I haven't been on since season two because I really didn't like the last season. But you did watch the whole season, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. I like television. Any of, any of the and superheroes. Anything so far? Anything that we've talked about yet? Is it exciting you at all? No, no. Okay. How about this one? White Canary. Oh, Hulk, man, I'm kind of excited, but okay. I just don't like the origin they're going with. But anyway, White Canary. He might be. Um, ru- I don't know. I'm not even going to be charismatic. White White Canary is coming to Arrow before she'll be in Legends of Tomorrow. Back to Mark Guggenheim. He, I right. don't know if he calls anybody African-American here. I hope he doesn't call Sarah Lance that because she's white, Eric, and she's not only white, she's also white canary. Mark Guggenheim revealed that Sarah Lance will be returning prior Caucasian to the newest... Caucasian-American. Oh, God. She's going to be returning <laughs> prior to the newest CW comic book series, Legends of Tomorrow, debuts. The white canary will be launched in the first few episodes of Arrow, episode eight to be exact. That's not the first few episodes. What is it? This guy, what is he doing talking like that? He wouldn't talk to us. We tried to get an interview for him for the Arrow uh, digital title, correct? Yeah. That was why. And I want to say that's why I stopped reviewing it because we couldn't get that interview. Yeah, you reviewed like three copies. I got like 11 issues. 11 issues. I have about 15 issues with you tonight. Uh, Episode (laughs) 8, our typical crossover episode. Were you aware that Episode 8 is the typical crossover episode of uh, Arrow? I want to say I think I knew that at some point, but I, I think I'm lying. I don't okay. know. Um, you, you're really you're hitting all the the points tonight. Everything that Thanks, annoys Jim. me. Everything Thanks, Jimmy. Everything that annoys me. Oh, you son of a bitch. You're done. <laughs> I'm cutting you off. Uh, I'm going to go watch some team. We'll fuck off then. Here we go. The White Canary will be launched in the first few episodes of Arrow. Four by uh, episode four. Jesus, episode Season eight. four, episode eight, yeah. yes, yes. Our typical crossover episode will be doing a lot of heavy lifting in terms of getting the Legends of Tomorrow characters set up and also seeing where they are with relation to Flash. It's a big episode, he says. Woo. You know what? I, I don't like Mark Guggenheim. I, I, I've come to the realization <laughs> that I don't like him, and I'm starting a feud with him right now. He doesn't know it. He never will. But Get on, on them Twitters. You're on the list, Mark Guggenheim. You are now on my list. You and those Lay's potato chips, those freaking pick-a-flavor potato chips I cannot get my hands on. You're, you're both on the list. I'm trying to get that, uh, what is it, the sausage and gravy and the uh, gyro-flavored potato die. chips. You're just going to die. And, it's um, going to be terrible. I cannot find them. I, I went out tonight to find them again, did not find them. I was angry and then got Chinese food. Now I feel sick. 
That's at uh, that White Canary coming to Arrow before Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, you have anything to comment on that? I like the White Canary. I don't yeah. know here. You know, it's 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 cool. I guess we get a little bit of heads up of what's going on before Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this was a news item I mentioned to a guy at work who kind of pretends he knows some things about comics, and he was like, "I don't understand that it's White Canary, but it's not Sarah Light. Like he had, he gave me such a convoluted idea of this story that my head's spinning right now thinking of it all right next story uh the next bit of news i believe that gal gadot read that or actually we'll just go full out she listened to this podcast last week and heard Ooh, that did she now she heard actually what she thought must have been grant morrison talking because the accent was so <laughs> on, on that she had met him a couple times and thought that he was actually on this podcast there <laughs> And it went a little something like this. Well, I don't think... I don't know. What, how was the accent? You give me a little of your accent. Uh, My accent? I'm yeah, saying yours, some, yours became like some kind of Asian thing give me going some on. Grant Morrison, give me some Grant, Mor- Grant Morrison accent. And then I, I have to get in character here. Uh, I'm a character okay. actor. And scene. Hold on, huh? Pretentious douchebag. Pretentious okay. douchebag. All right, and, and go. Give it to I, I don't know about all this Wonder Woman talk because oh, my Wonder Woman is the real Wonder Woman. Oh, I don't think that the Wonder Woman should be a, a warrior, a princess. I think that she was normally going to be... Yeah, yeah. that's about right. So I think that Gal Gadot heard this and she came out this week and said, Hey, I want to be a Wonder Woman. That's going to inspire people, Eric. I'm going to be an inspirational figure. And in a chat, in a chat with Interview Magazine, Batman versus... I say magazine. It's probably for the website. Nobody really reads magazines anymore. So in a chat with Interview... Your kids know what a magazine is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my 15-year-old gets a hold of that Maxim magazine that I get once a month. Does. I get it for free, too. I've received this Maxim magazine for probably seven years. I've never paid a bill. I, sometime they're going to come and find me, and <laughs> I am going to be in debtor's prison because I've been getting Maxim magazine. And, boy, he grabs that and runs with it. He disappears with that thing like it is, uh, I don't know what, the Death Star plans. He grabs it runs, Eric. And then he closes the door, and we don't see him for days. Those poor Bothans. Yeah, so they do know what a magazine is, yes. In a chat with Interview, Batman v Superman, Donna Justice actress Gal Gadot spoke about her aspirations for her portrayal of Wonder Woman in the upcoming film. Oh, my God. I'm so excited about this role. Britney Spears. Said Gadot. Now, that was actually was uh, Justin Bieber. Oh, I feel like I've been up. given a huge opportunity to inspire people, not only women, and not because of me, but because of who Wonder Woman is and Shut what she stands up. for. <laughs> There's a lot of responsibility, but I have the best team and the best people to work with. It's going to be an amazing ride. I get it, gal. You're going to dress up and go visit some cancer kids every now and again. Knock, Calm down. Knock on wood. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's what you have to say. I, I, you didn't know I had the clip of the interview. Thank you, Interview Magazine, <laughs> for that audio clip of Gal Gadot. You have any questions for Gal Gadot? Anything at all? No, nobody wants to hear from her ever again. What do you mean, Eric? Oh, Jesus. I have a lot to talk about. I've been trying to bulk up. People say I'm too thin for Wonder Woman. I am 73 pounds. You like that? No, I don't. It's going to haunt me in my dreams. All I know is now that Ben Affleck's on the, on the market again, I've got a real good chance with him. Yeah, I'm thinking the same goddamn thing. I need a sugar daddy. Yeah, really. Maybe I, Do you think that maybe she had something to do with uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner breaking up? No. <laughs> you better not release that. 
That is private info. And there goes the last bit of I, listeners we had. I think I'm on to something here. <laughs> hey, Gal, what do you know about Wonder Woman? Well, I know they gave me a huge paycheck. That's what I know. I get to wear tights. Are they tights? <laughs> I don't know. No, they are not tights. Look at the goddamn pictures. I was hoping that you, I was really hoping you were going to have some questions for Gal Gadot. No, I am not now I'm making you up questions stuff. like that. Hmm, Gal, what do you think of your role? God as, damn it. What do you think of your role as Wonder Woman? I am going to be an inspiration. I guess it's about a good time to go to a bathroom break. Keep going. A bathroom break? I had one of those, and I went, and Henry Cavill was peeking in. Oh, my goodness. What are you saying, Gal Gadot? You better stop this. This shit's going to get out. It's going to cause a lot of problems. I don't really care. I don't even know how to say a stupid name. Henry Cavill? What kind of name is that? <laughs> oh, and Grant Morrison is an asshole. Boy, this is just going crazy, Eric. I don't even know that this is news anymore. This is more of an interview segment. You didn't know we did interviews, did you? Hey, Grant Morrison, what do you think of Gal Gadot? She can go and stuff an egg. There you go. Good night. All right. You there, Eric? You still there? What? I'm getting uh, dizzy from this Chinese food. I was checking my email. We, we oh, still doing your th- oh. you're checking your email, huh? Uh, I might have sent you some photos. Was Gal oh, Gadot on that, that fappening that you were so big on? Did she have any release? No, I don't think she did. That's no. that's disappointing too. I get. I used to get her mixed up with the. Um, is it Jamie Alexander who plays in um, Thor? Is that her it, name? Isn't that the guy who played George Costanza? No, that's uh, George. <laughs> I don't know what was that. Was Jason it? Alexander. Jason Alexander. Oh, what are you saying? I used to get Gal Gadot mixed up with Jason Alexander all Jason the time. Jason Alexander. Oh my goodness, he is a sexy man. Speaking of sexy men, the next guy isn't. Michael Chiklis is joining Fox's Gotham, Eric. I don't like Michael Chiklis. And I don't I like Gotham. Again, I mentioned to you today, I think Michael Chiklis should play Brian Michael Bendis in a, uh, a documentary because I looked again. <laughs> they're exact. They are exact. They're freaking doppelgangers. Whew. TV Line is reporting that veteran actor Michael Chiklis is joining Fox's Gotham for its upcoming second season. The Shield alum is said to be playing Captain Nathaniel Barnes whom TV Line describes as a mentor to James Gordon. Well, I, again, neither of us watch Gotham. I know. Or, so you know, are you telling I, me he's going to play the commish? He's going to be the commish. Ooh. I don't know, but somebody <laughs> better put a shield up. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes. I know that we're... crickets out when we I need know, them. They're, they're out there, believe me. <laughs> they're, everybody who's listening is... I think we're by ourselves right now. We are alone. Um... I don't like Gotham too much. Do and I. I know that a podcast like this, there's a lot of people, including the guy who does news at the end of this thing, where he'll pretend he likes a lot of things. This is my opinion. <laughs> I think that he is afraid to say what he doesn't like because he doesn't want to offend you know, anybody, and he thinks that these, the geekdom that he likes to, to be included in uh, should be all loving and whatever. I, I don't really. Gotham isn't for me. I don't. Like either. I hate Michael Chiklis. I thought he was going to play Lex Luthor. That's all I see. Uh, who did you want to play Lex Luthor? Billy Zane. There you go. I gave Perfect you an opportunity. Gave you an opportunity to to add Billy Zane into the podcast. You haven't really talked about that on the podcast, Billy Zane. I never came up. You have a man crush on Billy Zane, I think. He's dreamy. Yeah, he is. He's he is. Um, among the other roles that Chickless has played, uh, he was the Thing in two Fantastic Four movies. There. Quiet down, Kitty Cat. Who? And he was also the lead in the comic book-inspired No Ordinary Family, 
by the producers of which, Arrow. Which I watched, and it was terrible. Yeah. Um, remember I said that I thought that um, Daniel Pennybaker or Pennebaker was in that? It was her older sister. I believe her name was Kay was in that No Ordinary Family show. Oh, right, right. So, you were talking about that. I'm yeah. like, I'm trying to put this in. What the fuck did we talk yeah. about this? Yeah, we talked about it today. And it's I funny. No Ordinary Family was on at a time where there was no superhero shows. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And then it was terrible. And thank God it was over. And we get a bunch of superhero shows now. Now, I'm, I never watched No Ordinary Family. I'm thinking that it's the original story of a superhero family that has to pretend that they're not superpowered. It's like a live-action Incredibles. It's like, it's like that. It's like there's like three shows on Disney and Nickelodeon yeah. right now. Same exact thing. That it was is... after Heroes got canceled and like they needed to fill a void with it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to make this more fun and less dramatic, but be terrible. Uh, you know Michael what? Chiklis. What was Michael Chiklis' last scene in? Do you know? Besides probably the refrigerator, because that guy is getting some American weight American Horror Story Freak yes, Show. Yes, American Horror Story Freak Show. Besides, Which also this. wasn't very good at it, I didn't think. Yeah. No? You didn't like that? I didn't like that last season very much, oh, no. Okay. Um, next bit of news, last bit of news, actually, is uh, Tyrese Gibson has met with Warner Brothers about Green Lantern Corps. Now, he has hinted before, he kept going on and on to anybody who would listen, that he wanted to play Jon Stewart in a Green Lantern movie. And I think that once the um, Green Lantern Corps, or Corpse, as you're hoping people call it. Oh, God, it's um, so good. Once that was announced. The that, comic book shops yeah, do it all the time. Really? The comic oh, yeah. book shop people did that? Oh, God. oh, like uh, customers, not yeah. the people who owned it. Yeah. Okay. Um, once it was announced, hey, it's not going to be called Green Lantern. It's going to be called Green Lantern Corps. I think that people ran right to Tyrese. Like, Damn, hey, Tyrese. Right they yeah, did. Like, hey, are you? And he said, listen, he confirmed in an interview with Collider that he's had meetings with Warner Brothers to play a role in the upcoming film. Now, that's just, you know, he's just had talks with them in meetings. And his thing is, I've already had a couple of meetings at Warner Brothers, so we'll see what happens. I do believe that there needs to be more black superheroes. He didn't say African-American. He said black, Eric, so I think you're right. right, Black Black superheroes out there, but there's not even, that's not even my motivation. Uh, Now, right away, I'm going to stop a minute. I think he throws it out there. He's like, he's really pushing Warner Brothers to be like against the wall there. (laughs) He's like, listen, you need more black superheroes out there, but that's not my motivation. He threw it out there. Money's my motivation. but, But he says, I think that I don't like this next line. I think I would be the best Green Lantern. And based on my fans and supporters that spent around $6 billion in box office receipts, I feel like there's a fan base of fans out there waiting to see me put on that green suit and do my Yeah, we all went the Fast and Furious yeah. for you, Tyrese. And you know what else he was in? The Transformers movie. I was, no, I, I, he had such a small role. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. That's where he's getting this money. And yeah, I don't think anybody went to see any of those movies for Tyrese. Now, hey, I, Jim. Yeah. I'm hungry. You're hungry. That was his line in every Fast and Furious. Oh, I'm I, hungry. Again, I hate to say it, I didn't really watch him. My wife and my oldest son love him. Actually, my whole family loves him. I'm not that into cars and that sort you of You liked stuff. it better than the original one, Point Break? Yeah, Point Break was the original. Freaking, <laughs> and I, that got me mad because I did watch the first one. I don't remember Tyrese saying he's hungry. Was he in the first one? He was in the second one. Okay, yeah. I, I did not see the second one. I watched the first one. I said, this is Point Break. God damn it, if it doesn't have Patrick Swayze and my man Keanu Reeves and Lori Petty, I'm out. And they were not in it. Nothing should have Lori Petty in it. And the best, Lori Petty's the, uh, the love interest. Oh, oh, she's the hot gracious. chick? Get out of yeah, here. She's the, no, she's the handsome chick. Uh, hey, who's that over there? She's handsome. Who's that dude? <laughs> Look like a dude. Uh, the other bit, big thing, Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers was in there, made me laugh. 
Uh, so I would love to confirm. <laughs> we're back to Tyrese. He okay, says Tyrese. that. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll Bring it out, I'm going to give a little synopsis of what he already said. He's black. It's not his motivation. Six billion putting on a suit. So I would love to confirm st- something today, but I can't. We'll just keep following up. So he's like, I'd love. He's really trying to force Warner Brothers to hire him. He's not hired. He's not. The, he's not John Stewart right now. He is going to force their hand. Uh, I say he's going to force their hand because Warner Brothers they do not have a sense of humor. No, they, they don't like this. They do not negotiate with terrorists. And right now, Tyrese, you're a terrorist. You're trying to get a terrorist way into this, and I don't like it. And you're not a freedom fighter. I don't you're care nice what you said. Your girlfriend who can't let go. You are. Oh yes, you are. You're a. You're awful. Actually, I, don't, I just hit my mic. I don't mind Tyrese at all. Uh, but, yeah, I don't really care for Tyrese. How do you know you don't mind him? You've never watched anything he's been in. I think he says something about being hungry in some movies. I'm hungry. Saying, right? No, I'm telling <laughs> you, I, I've seen him. I don't know. Wasn't he in um, – I'd like to say that he was in uh, Zoolander. <laughs> he's a good-looking guy. Wasn't he in Zoolander? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm making up stuff again. Uh, right. I'm not biting. You're not biting at all? <laughs> That's not what I heard. Uh, I don't know where you get these glasses from. All right. Never use teeth. It's time for your favorite, former favorite part of the podcast, Eric, and that's listener mail. Wait, wait, why is it my former favorite? Because you said a couple weeks ago, I said, oh, you love listener mail, and you said, no, I don't love it anymore. It's okay. Oh, real? Yeah, you said that. I've been down that week. You're always down. But yeah, listener mail. Me and Ryan Clark had like a gay suicide pack. We were going to write our suicide note out out across our chest and lipstick. Nice. He didn't go through with it. He didn't go through with it. I don't know. I think from the last week's mail, we'll get to this week's. Last week's mail, I think this whole pack was between you and Reggie. You guys were having some sort of thing going on. I don't know what it was. But yeah, listener mail. And if you don't know, Eric says, the hell with you. If you do not send in an email, the only way you're getting on listener mail, and I'm, I, it makes sense. People who are just listening now are like, what the fuck is he talking about? Email, of course email. But if you didn't know, I used to throw anything. If you sent me a letter, actual like pen and paper letter, if you yelled at me on the street driving by, I would put it on the podcast, and especially if it was something bad about Eric. But Eric said, no, enough of this. The only way you can get on is by sending us an email. And the email is... Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. It's true. I did say all that. Yeah, you did. Uh, I said, what about the people who don't want to send an email? And your exact response was, fuck them. You fuck said, em. fuck them. And uh, I hope for that next, e- this was probably two, three weeks ago. I prayed to the Lord that nobody would send in an email that week so I could just yell at you for this whole segment. I, usually the segment takes about 20, 30 minutes. I wanted to yell at you for 30 minutes that you ruined everything. But unfortunately, <laughs> people are sending in emails. And nobody messages me on Tumblr or Twitter anymore. And I used to like talking to them. And I'm I, lonely. Yeah, I used to like talking to them and asking them stuff and, and bad-mouthing you. That's what yeah. I usually ended up doing. I know what it was. Yeah. That's why for, I put an end to all that nonsense first one uh last week was a longtime listener first time writer now it is the longtime listener second time because usually when these people uh send in the mail i think what happens they send in the mail and do not believe that we will write or read everything they say and we do and then they get addicted eric they get addicted to talking to us and this is manship manship is from michigan and during his email last week i mentioned that i was a big fan of the olive burger that is well known in michigan supposedly Yes. Well, he writes a bunch of things. He actually has a bullet point 
Um, Again, that's one of those things you just tell me. I don't fact check, so I just went with it. I just tell you. Actually, this is true. About ninety percent of what I say to you is so made up. I just try to. (laughs) I just try to yank your crank. All right. He starts off with a thing to me. He says, "Yes, I do love me some Halo Burger." Do you know what that means, Eric? I have no idea what that means. Halo Burger is the home of the Olive Burger. Oh, all right. Yes, he loves Halo Burger. Uh, To me, I looked. I did look it up, and I looked again. And the Halo Burger, to me, appears to be a middle uh, America version of In-N-Out Burger, and neither will go anywhere else in the country, and it pisses me off because I want both a Halo Burger and an In-N-Out Burger on the East Coast. So there, take that. Yes, I do love me some Halo Burger, but olives on a burger is just wrong. Agreed. Maybe I feel this way because I grew up in New Orleans. There we go, man. He is a man of mystery. This man, Chip. He grew up in New Orleans. I think he. Not really. He's telling us everything. Well, the mystery is being lifted, Eric. The curtain's being lifted because I think that man, Chip, got the hell out during Katrina. He got the hell out of there. I don't know if that's true. I have some very different tastes from these Midwest people. Do not order crawfish in the Midwest unless you want to puke your guts out. That I know what you're going to say. Say it, Eric. I'm not ordering crawfish wherever the fuck I go. I knew it. I knew it. There is decent food to eat. I don't have to get scrape the bottom of the barrel. I uh, I laugh every time I go to a uh, food shop. They have that. Um, oh, the food shop? When I go food shopping, they have that <laughs> uh, bottle of pig's feet. I think it's Hormel has it, actually. And it's just on the I shelf. I go down that aisle, I guess. I'm telling you. It's, uh, it's near the other culinary treat, Spam. But every time I see it, I pick it up and I put it into our cart and wait for one of my kids to see it and get it right. It's so disgusting. And then every I say the same thing every time. My dad loved that shit. He lo- and that's why he's dead, Eric. Too many pig's feet. Actually, if you ever wanted to see pig's feet when I grew up, I just would take my dad's shoes off. That's boom, gross. boom. He was a pig. All right. My wife's, like gonna, son, huh? my wife's going to hear me downstairs and get so upset. She's so upset that we go to see my mom and nobody <laughs> says anything about my dad. He's, he's gone. This is what happens. When you die, you're, you're just gone. People forget about you within weeks. If it wasn't for this podcast, I probably would never mention my dad again. What are you talking about? My father died 13 years ago, and every year on the day he died, I go up and put flowers on his grave in the fucking Poconos. Jesus Christ, yeah, I know, I know. I know. Just like Bruce Wayne and shit. Yeah, and what what great thing you turned out. Uh, Bruce Wayne goes after vengeance. You, you're, I don't know. What are you after? Imaginex? I Boy. do love me some Imaginex. But you know what? I don't have the privilege of being a billionaire to go along with my shit. You could I still, the cardboard you, box You could have still been a better person, which you are not. Since your father died, you become awful. <laughs> <laughs> Manship continues. I think Justice League number 42 was a 10. Or even an 11. He's turning it up to 11. Oh, shit. Yep, he's getting real. I absolutely love the Anti-Monitor and Darkseid. Any issue with either is fantastic, but an issue with both of them is just epic. I am sure that you guys noticed the shadow figures flying around the Anti-Monitor. Could these be the shadow minions from Crisis on Infinite Earths, Eric? I do believe they could be. Yes, I do as well. Uh, You said that you did not really consider this issue epic when we talked about this at work, when we got this email, because the Anti-Monitor is barely in it. He's barely in it. I do like his line. I told you I loved his line, and I had to remind you of it uh, when uh, Wonder Woman asked, uh, like, who are you, or what are you, and he says, desperate. Yeah, that was a good line. It's like you on every date you ever went on there. What are you? Desperate. And drunk. <laughs> and drunk. And I, why do I smell chloroform? What is going on? 
<laughs> Next thing they wake up with their, their ass hurting and a quarter on the stairs there. And that, my friend, is rape. And you should be arrested immediately. Somebody Jesus call the, the police. Oh, my goodness gracious, Eric. Hey, apparently you've known about all this. You're an accomplice now. Oh, God. I didn't see or hear anything. (laughs) Ah, yes. Well, did you want to say anything else about the anti-monitor? No, it's an epic story. It's just that the individual issue was not as good as the one before it, even though it was like that epic. I don't know. I that love whole the middle issue. section like, slowed the whole book it was down. The, there was a pacing issue. And yeah. Uh, to me, uh, yeah, it's – again, you'll never give a 10. So, uh, Manship, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree with Eric. He claims yeah. that if he gives a 10, he'll retire. And I've been begging, and so has the public. They want this 10. They're begging for it, Eric. But, yeah, he said if he, he has a perfect issue, then there's no reason to review anything else. I think that is stupid. Because Even Pop Man's like, why don't you give me a 10, sucker? Yeah, he wants a 10. Um I've given tons of tens. I would not have given this one a ten. I like I said on the podcast, I probably would have eight. given it an eight. I, I, I may, I might have even given, like, say, going as high as an eight five. But it is that middle section had some pacing issues. It slowed it down a bit. Um, but the, I even said, I think on the podcast last week, I said the bookends were awesome. Yeah, that's a bullet point for you there, man. Chip, the bookends were awesome, and Manship finishes up. And speaking of the anti monitor. I, this is a little personal. I use the pics from your website, previews, reviews from my cell phone background, which Eric does himself. You do that as well. Yeah. You guys changing those backgrounds. However, the ones that I really want from the issues are not always the ones that you guys post, i.e. an I monitor, Martian Manhunter fighting the Justice League, Relic, etc. I the Relic pic, on that. The are fuck? the pics that you uh, – I'll tell you before we go on. I A lot of times the big panel is the uh, cliffhanger panel, and I refuse to put that in my reviews. I do yeah. spoil some things. I don't like to spoil a lot. To me, that, uh, that last panel on a page is for the reader and the artist to share together, Eric. It's not, it's not my place to put that. Are the pics that you guys post from digital copies of the issues? I only buy hard copies of the issues. And the answer is, mind your own businessmanship. No, <laughs> they, uh, they are. They're from the digital yes. copies. That's where we get them. I have probably, since we've done the site, bought two physical copies of books that's it two issues uh i got a swamp thing and i don't even remember the other one i'm not including the free comic book day where i show up and grayson i think you got yeah it might have been the first grayson you're right it was the first grayson oh you know what i'm wrong i probably have four because i think i have the first two issues of future zen when uh, me and my one summer going but yeah like i said I, i show up on free comic book day and grab anything free and run Never go back because so the man, thing is, I can't even do that. I walk into a comic book shop on free comic book day, yeah, and I feel like I'm stealing. So I actually have to have a list of something I want to buy, yeah, before I go. Like this past free comic book day, I got the trade of uh, Nightfall for Batman. You know what? You know what? I, you know what I got? I got the hell out of the store with my free comics. I ran. I don't like that guy. That Scum guy's a jerk. Off. The guy's a jerk off at our. He's a jerk. Off. We've talked about him over and over. Screw him. I wanted that. Freaking those free comics. I had some reviews to do. And that is from a manship from Michigan. Thank you, manship. Uh, I'm glad he wrote, wrote back. I would love to hear from him each week. Because I'm begging for listener mail, Eric. That is begging for mail. But no, I like manship. He's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll have to start emailing him. So manship, uh, expect Christ. about seven emails from me this week about what you think. Uh, Jim needs have, a pen pal. No, it'll be uh, what, what do you think we could do to improve the uh, podcast? What do you think of this? What do you section? want a segment on the show? And then man, man, <laughs> yeah. 
And then Manship will say something like, Manship will be mad at me and just say, you know what I want? I want to hear animal noises in the back. Next thing you know, I'm telling you at work, hey, Eric, you know what we should use? Animal noises in the back. All right, the next one. And then when I call you an idiot, you'll write back to, hey, where exactly do you live, Manship? What street? That, I'll say that, or I'll, I actually, the one time I did do this, I wrote back to the guy, and I'm like, Eric's yelling at me right now. And I (laughs) kept talking to him about you and you yelling at me. Next email was from Redhead Nation. Eric. Oh, no. Redhead Nation. I like this email. I know you do. While Jim made me furious by suggesting that Rupert Grint is the only redheaded actor in Hollywood, <laughs> Eric went way over the line and had me seeing Red. I bet. Red. Get a non-redhead to play Guy Gardner in Green Lantern Corps by dyeing his hair? I guess you'd be okay with Channing Tatum in blackface playing Jon Stewart. Or whoa, Kate, whoa, whoa. Or Caitlin I, Bruce Jenner playing Star Sapphire. You're going a little over the top here for someone dyeing their hair. Eric, you are a true asshole, and I love you for it. Yeah, <laughs> actually, this came up because we were talking about the Green Lantern Corps movie, and I said that they better get Rupert Grint to play Guy Gardner because there are no other red-headed uh, actors in Hollywood. There's just Rupert Grint, Eric. <laughs> You don't get, don't get a choice. But you said, no, we should get a guy, and he could just dye his hair. Well, this redhead... I said Jai Courtney, or yeah, Jay Courtney, yeah, however you pronounce his stupid name. Is he a redhead? No, he is not. You, how is he going to play a redhead then, Eric? Oh, he's going to dye his goddamn oh, dye hair. His hair. Well, you know what? Redhead Nation says no. They say, <laughs> stop your nonsense. And he, goes, he says, you're a true asshole, and he loves you for it. Or she Thank you. Could be he or she. He or now, she. Now, finishes off with, hey, Jim. Here's my list of top five red-headed actors of all time. This is the best. Number five, <laughs> David Caruso. Wow! <laughs> Number four, Eric Stoltz. Fucking Rocky Dennis. Number three, Simon Pegg. Well, uh, I, I like told Simon you when we Pegg. got this, I, got I said, I, did, I don't even consider him a redhead for some reason. I don't know. Because he's British. Well, because he has a soul, Eric, and gingers do not have souls. And I, I read tonight, you cannot call them gingers. I might as well be saying African-American. Ginger-American. Because uh, you nonsense. can't call redheads gingers. They take uh, great offense to that. And if you say they don't have souls, they'll kill you. You know who I like? Now, I'm, I'm going to uh, spoil this list a little. Because Malachi is not on this list, Eric. I know, right? And Malachi don't should know his be. name. I don't. Malachi. And... I, I don't. What was this character in Camp I Me Love? Because I just call him Malachi in that too. So do I. Uh, yeah, we we always do. I tried to get a hold of him. He's still mad that they shit it on his house, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three was Simon Pegg. Number two, Ron Howard. Which is a shock because I don't think that guy's been a redhead for about thirty years at least. That guy. He's been a, he's been a skimhead. And number one, redheaded actor of all time, Rupert Grint. Eric, number one. I told you he's the only one. One and only. See, even Redhead Nation agrees. Rupert Grint. Yo, dude, dude. Malachi was Courtney Gaines. Oh, that's you know the what? actor's I name. I did know that. So did I'm, I. Now that I saw the name. I'm actually upset that I, I didn't know that. So from now on, Guy Gardner, Courtney Gaines. Oh, that'd be Guy the worst. Guy Gardner. The best part about this top five list, yeah. none of these people could play Guy Gardner. Um, No, they can't. Rupert, no. Rupert Grint could. No, Rupert, he couldn't. He is a versatile actor, he, he is a tiny little person. ginger fuck. I don't think he's that tiny. Uh, he's a big dude. He might be tall. He's not a big dude. He's 7'3", 450 He's a big pounds. dude the way you're a big dude. Uh, yeah, I'm a big dude, all right. A wide uh, dude. Uh, I thought you said bad dude. 
No, big dude. Yeah, I'm a bad dude. I If I smoked, I'd probably smoke like a badass. <laughs> Leg up like that. That is not a badass way of smoking, by the way. All right, the third email of the night. I'm doing it right night. now. The third email. How are you? The third email of the night's from Dante. Sorry, Redhead Nation, but yeah. um, unless you give me a better choice, I, <laughs> there's I no way did. any of these fucking... Re- no. Channing Tatum and Blackface is John Stewart. I'm sorry, Tyrese. No, you Guy are not John Stewart. It's already... Tyrese is not getting it. It's... Uh, it is going to be blackface Channing Tatum. That's it. Channing Tatum and blackface. I, I Could like you it. imagine if like, it was just oh a like, humorous God. video, like Funny or Die or some shit like that? I'm just, he comes out. I could just see it. They're like, oh, no, we need John. Hey, him hey, there. He has the worst <laughs> accent. What be going on? That's, I don't even want to go on. That is, that's offensive to myself. I'm punching. Listen. I just slapped myself, Eric. That was You bad. sound retarded. Don't you, don't you be slapping me. Yeah. Hal Jordan? Woo-wee. All right. 30 miles from Dante. And there goes the rest of the <laughs> listeners. I don't think anybody's <laughs> left. You said this week, you know what you love best about this podcast? It's ours and we can do whatever we want. Yes. And we're doing it tonight, Eric. We are doing it tonight. We are, we are taking it back. We're taking it to the streets, taking it back and doing it for the boys. Boosh. Uh, third email, Dante. Dante says, or asks, this is one of those question things that people write into, or, you know, write into podcasts that want to get info. I, I, don't think, I don't think Dante's a longtime listener. No. Uh, usually we don't deal with this sort of info, but he says, or asks, what book do you think will be the first to get canceled in the DCU? And I'm going to tell you right now, we can't include Prez. Prez. Uh, no, six the, issue mini don't count. Yeah, I, and I'm not counting any of the minis. No. Because they're going to end. They have a natural lifespan. Even though Prez was supposed to be 12 issues, it got knocked <laughs> on the six because it's a bunch of nonsense. Even though Joel reviewed it this week. It hey, I read it lovely. tonight, and I actually enjoyed the hell Did out of it. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Did you uh, like when the guys were like sitting around like you do with the Imaginex? Yep. Like, talking on the phone? Yeah, I did too. I read it tonight too. I, I actually laughed. Uh, what book do you – I'll let you go first. I know what I'm going to say, and you'll well, probably so steal my thing- thunder. For one thing, I don't think it's going to be a single book that gets canceled. I think it's going to be a block of books. I think and you're just asking. Oh, goodness gracious. Then I'm give, just us a block tell- of, give us a block of books then. Well, I know I'm saying yeah. one of the first ones to get canceled is going to be Doctor's, uh, Dr. Fate and okay. uh, Doomed. Now, I'm not, now, again, I'm not going to take this as saying any of the new books. I'm saying anything. He's just asking the first to No, get no, canceled. fuck that noise. I'm saying that the, the, the new books are the ones no, we're talking I'm about. I'm saying he's just asking what the first is to get canceled in the DCU. That's every book. Because mine isn't a new book. Mine's well, Lobo. Lobo, oh, Lobo. Gonna, yeah, see, I don't count that. That's going to get canceled. And it's an easy one to say. It's the lowest selling book. Uh, of the newer ones, then, I agree with you. And I don't think it's Dr. Fate. Well, again, like you said, that might be in a block of cancellations. Yeah. Now I see what you're saying. I think it's going to be doomed. And it's a shame because I love that book. So do I. I. really like it. Um, another one that's going to get canceled that I like a lot is Omega Man. I don't think that's going to sell. I think in the next couple Man, months. Man, that better get canceled it. soon. No, it's so good. You're no good. <laughs> you're no good. You're like Linda Ronstadt saying. You're no good. But I like the Van Halen. Blue Bayou? No, not Blue Bayou. Blue Bayou. I hate that. I, I don't like <laughs> Linda Ronstadt's a bitch. Ooh. She is. She can't. She's all. She's. You don't hear much about her anymore because nobody cares. But when people cared, she'd just come out and yell and scream. Whatever. Tom, you don't hear much about you 2 anymore either. You're fucking talking about how the biggest band in the world. People should still know who Bono is. I'm not asking for much. Yeah, so you say, hey, you know Bono. We asked somebody at work. Hey, you know Bono? No. What is she, 22? I, no idea. I don't know. Something like that. More like 222. 
<laughs> this is the Offend Everyone podcast. Welcome to Offend Everyone. I'm, I'm your host, Jim Warner. I'm Eric Shea. Hello. How's you doing? <laughs> Welcome to the Offensive Podcast. I don't know. I sound like the small town pizza lawyer. I was going to say, I you're fucking Colonel Sanders. I don't there. know what, uh, what you think, but this small town pizza lawyer thinks that a blackface version of Channing Tatum would be a great John Stewart. Hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. They look identical. <laughs> What are you doing there? Put up that Confederate flag right now. Let's get this podcast moving. Oh, damn. Anything else about the cancellation books? No, those are the only ones off the top of my head that I know are going to get canceled right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, we said Dr. Dr. Fate, I want to be gone because I really hate the direction it's taken, but I like Doomed, but there's no way I can see people getting behind it and the sales continuing, to, I mean, like going up. Can I throw Batgirl in there, please? Yeah, but it's not going to happen. I know it's not. Uh, the only that would have to really plummet. Uh, yeah, I think Omega Men is will be in danger. We'll see. I'm really looking forward to see the sales of the uh, July. Yeah. To see uh, the number one issues, you can never judge anything by that. No. You can judge the and I'm telling you, the second month sales, you can judge, but the real judge of everything is the drop off from that one to the two. Yeah. Then you see the shit going down, and I'm telling you, there's some books that are selling really good, like Harley and Palmer, that I really don't like. Six and, issue many. Yeah, and well, yeah, but that I think that's going to sell great the whole time, and then we're going to get another one like that. I was yelling for this Power Girl uh, Harley team up book since they were in the regular Harley book, and I I do not like this at all. I I don't know how anybody could like it. I don't know why I'm talking about that now. We'll talk about that later because we'll get on with the mail. The next mail is Reggie. All right. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. What's up, Reggie? Reggie starts off with me. As always, I'm going to take a drink, Eric, because it's a long one as always. Reggie, we're going to strap in and we're in for the ride. Let me take, I'm actually drinking Barks root beer. It it does have bite. bite. I I hear rumors that it has bite. Uh, I love Barks root beer. I'm actually on a uh, kick with uh, Barks root beer. (sighs) It's got a lot of ice. Hear that? That is iced up. Dear Jim, the funniest thing about your podcast, and by funniest thing, I mean most emotionally deflating and soul-killing thing, is how needy you are for acceptance from the comics community and the world at large. I don't get a lot of acceptance in my normal life, so yes, I do (laughs) want acceptance. I accept you, baby. I haven't told you uh, that I want to make our blog into a regular site, and most people would say that... um, because they would want to monetize, monetize, how do you say, monetize it, monetize it, monetize it, monetize it. So if certain people want to be professional bloggers. They might have a news segment at the end of this podcast. I want to do it. But uh, what did I tell you? Why do I want to do what I would do there? Make a to actual get legit respect. Get respect. I want respect. I want respect, Eric. I want to be like Aretha Franklin. I want respect. And I want to get at least one of these exclusive previews. I don't want to put up a preview that I actually get sent by email to put up and then have some guy who looks like I don't know what yelling at me on Twitter that that's his exclusive preview. I don't need that. <laughs> I get angry. I start getting ideas of ripping into this guy. <sighs> I don't like it, Eric. Back to Reggie. Big teeth and big ears. Big te- oh, my God. One of the ugliest looking men I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and really, I'm telling you, I'm not a great looking man, Eric. Uh, oh, believe me, I know. I'm not. I'm, I'm average. I, I know what I am. I am's what I am's, and I'm an average-looking fella. Uh, do I have my picture anywhere on Twitter? 
No. No. no why would I? You have made me the face of weird you science. You are the face because I refuse to get my picture taken because I just don't like the way I look. I, I'm telling you, I'm a safe. <laughs> You're not the only I'm, one. A, I'm a self-hating uh, blogger. But yeah, this guy on this, I'm not even going to mention the subject. No, no. This guy got mad at me. And I go to see who this is. I'm like, oh, who is this? He's like really being snarky with me and being a jerk. And I look and I, I started laughing out loud. Why would he use this picture? <laughs> who are these people? Yeah, I knew you are going for it. Oh, my God. Who? We? This guy, it scared me. <laughs> Twitter got, br- oh, my God. Oh, back to this. Anyway. One might think that a lifetime of cultivated misanthropy and uh, dismissal of joy would have steeled you for the persistent rejection and animosity, but it turns out that you're curmudgeonly temperamental. Uh, or your temperament. Cur- your curmudgeonly temperament is but ethereal armor. Ethereal oh, armor. Oh, Reggie. Oh, Reggie, you <laughs> son of so a good. bitch. To protect the frail heart of the widow boy that just wants to be loved. Hmm. <laughs> You son of a bitch, Reggie. You write all these words. You're trying to make me read these goddamn words. <laughs> I'm a wordsmith, not a reedsmith. Case in point, there is never was a feud between your website and Cameron Stewart or Brendan Fletcher. Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher are talented, respected comic book creators, and I agree with that. While yeah. you are a... Eisner Award winning and whatnot. You're a husk of a man shambling around a cardboard box factory. Yes, Yes, I am. I skipped a word there because I, I don't like to read these words. Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher juggle several creative projects simultaneously on top of media correspondence. While you can handle sev- uh, only this podcast and remembering two out of the five of your children's names. And listen, I can remember three and I call the other champ and sport, sport. and uh, slugger. Before your wife has to start pinning notes to your jacket and leaving demanding post-it notes around the house to remind you of basic chores. I, I'm telling you, you ask my wife right now to come up and say, what are Jim's basic chores? She would laugh and go downstairs. I cook dinner and I go food shopping. That's it, Reggie. To wit, Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher are something while you are nothing. And if either Stewart or Fletcher design to address you on Twitter in a positive or negative way, I assure you that it was a momentary lapse in their judgment. That was utterly forgotten, mere milliseconds after it happened. I really do think that. Brendan Fletcher yeah. was all nice, and then he bailed on me. You on, the other girlfriend hand, right there. Yeah, you, on the other hand, can probably name your newest ulcers after them. You suck, Reggie. I'm also <laughs> looking forward to Peter J. Tomasi on Detective Comics. He had a great run in the title pre-New 52. Oh, you, you were there pre-New 52 there, Reggie. All right. Uh, that, is that, that's not name dropping. That's more like uh, universe dropping. Frankly, it's never been as good since. Status dropping. Yeah. I'd hope that Manipul and Bucciolato would have given the title a shot in the arm, but while I think it's been okay, it doesn't really scratch the world's greatest detective itch that I'd like it to. Uh, I actually think that they, they just weren't on it long enough. They really weren't. They kind of came on, and it just didn't, didn't last. It was long. lukewarm for me. Yeah. I'm also really interested. In it. Well, again, uh, before I go on, it also, this whole thing with the, the robot Batman and stuff like that, it really threw a wrench in every... You know what I mean? I don't know. And when they got on Detective, I think it was already in Endgame or close to Endgame, so you couldn't really have Batman too much in the book, so it turned in, into almost like a GCPD-type book, which I like. But, yeah, it really... I don't think they got the full deck of cards to play with. I really don't. Uh, I'm also really interested in the new Batman Eternal. While the ending of the first weekly was sort of flat, as in flat-out stupid, you know what I'm saying? I did really <laughs> like the journey, and there were some oh. great moments in the series. <laughs> I've come to trust seeing James Tyne in the Force name attached to a project, meaning it will be of good quality. I'm not that much of an agreement there, but I, uh, we'll get into that later. 
and hopefully they all learn some lessons from the first go-around with, with the Batman Weekly. While I'm on the bat subject, why don't you guys review Batman 66? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a Dan Stransky joint I'm right actually, there. I'm he actually, just did one from January on Wednesday. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't read this email all the way, and now I'm mad. Because, first off, if you look, I think I reviewed probably 20 issues of Batman 66. And then Dan came about. And Dan said to me, hello, weird science. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> he said, hey, Jim, I'm going to do Batman 66, okay? I said, you know what, Dan? That's great. That's a, it's a good digital book. You take care of it. Two issues later, but actually 50 issues later, I, he, he, like you said, he just did a January issue. Now, are you with me? This is a, a weekly book. Yep. You start it up again. You have not done an issue. You have not reviewed an issue for seven months. Don't you think you would have started with, like, the last arc? Do you think you would have went back? Do you think he's going to catch up at any time? <laughs> There's no way. No Why way didn't he all. start in this new arc? I have no idea. Of course, I give him no guidance. Uh, I would give him guidance that if you ever go to his YouTube channel and see him playing games, his game videos, turn that sound down on those games. You can't hear a thing he's saying. Hey, uh, while this is actually going on, he just sent us a message saying he just put his Flash uh, Se- Season Zero review up. Oh, Flash Season Zero. Maybe Reggie wants that, to see that. That, oh, might Reggie. From, that might be from January as well, though. Okay, uh, Reggie says, I get these in trade, and they're consistently enjoyable. The best thing is Reggie gets them in trade, and he's still ahead of Dan. <laughs> and they're enjoyable and well done. If you don't like the original television show, which I love, then I imagine this comic wouldn't hold a lot for you. But if you do like it, then the comic adds so much depth and action to what was really a small collection of campy Batman episodes. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. I just, I, just, I just looked to see when the Flash Season Zero came out. <laughs> when did January 26th. Oh, my God. Is he, he's, he's freaking in a time warp. Dan, get out of January, buddy. Come on. But come to July with us. Holy moly. Oh, God. I think he's just going to, he's reviewing Action Comics number one. He's, oh my goodness. Okay, he, back to Reggie. He says he likes the comic, had so much depth and action in what was really a small collection of campy Batman episodes targeting nascent smokers and tokers. That's Oops. how I always took it. Anyway, I can't imagine someone watching more than one full episode of that show without being stoned. I love that show. That was, the, that was my full-out introduction to anything comic-based. Dude, and, it's a great show, but we've agreed over and over again because they had those blocks on. You yeah, cannot watch more yeah, than two it, episodes. It it's tough. Uh, people complain about DC putting out too many Bat titles, but I say there's a good reason for this, and that is Batman is motherfucking awesome. What are you going to do? No one liked Dee Dee Ramone's shitty rap album. Did you like Dee Dee Ramone's shitty rap album? I don't remember D.D. Ramon's oh, shitty rap album. Oh, I do. But everyone loves the Ramones. Lead with your strongest foot and stick with what you know is my motto. That's Reggie's motto. Did you know that? That's his no motto. Idea. Holy he, has shit. That, he has a tattooed tramp stamp. In your case, <laughs> this means you can continue being a jackass. And yes, Reggie, I will. Enjoy that tramp stamp, buddy. Love, Reggie the Reckless. All right. He continues. Dear oh, Eric, no. America's sweetheart. That's right. Uh, Reggie and Joel both love America's Sweetheart. When Jim dies of a combined stroke and heart attack, which yep, from the yep. sound of it will be within the next two weeks, I actually yep, yep. agree. Will you continue putting out episodes of this podcast? Will you? Um, I'll haunt you. <laughs> then yes, definitely. You haunt me every every time we do this. After the celebrations of spontaneous parades in your... T- t- in your... T- oh, I'm looking at the... The word I'm looking at is town, and I, yes, I think words, I'm, ha- I'm hard, having Jim, a stroke. I, <laughs> I thought it was torn. 
After the celebrations, the spontaneous parades in your town died down. That is, well, they would probably have a parade for how good I was at street hockey. I'd like I don't to go think to all you, that nonsense, yeah, though. I'd like to think you would get back to business and continue cranking out episodes of this show that could then officially be named Weird Out Loud. It's an awful name. It's a great name. How dare you? No, it's a, it's a nice subheader. It's not a good title. Nobody knows that they'll never find you. Keep it so simple. Stupid. Hey, this is for the fans of the website. Fuck oh, all the rest oh, of them. All the fans. I see yeah. that they're flocking to us. Would you stick to the same format, or would you stray into reviewing other companies' comics? And, oh, he's barking up the wrong tree there, Ricky. <laughs> Let me tell you. I've been trying over and over to try to get these comics in. I had to kind of convince him that that was what we would turn that uh, – just, Just for the, the hell of Monday. Monday. Because way back, if you go through a list... Now, hey, buddy, you could do some horror books. It, it, you like oh, horror, yeah. don't you? It also <laughs> makes me laugh because Reggie... Um, I, I, it shocks me that he doesn't realize that we did a lot of the Batman 66 reviews. But it's also way back, I did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I did that um, Cartoon Network crossover book. Yeah. And boy, you gave it to me for like a month. Just ripping into me. You, didn't, you really didn't want me to do anything else but DC. It's a DC comic site. I don't know that it is, is it? Yes, it how, is. How I don't know. How would you know that? It's weird out loud. I don't know. It, that doesn't tell me anything. I said the psych, God damn it. Oh, so weird out loud? I don't know. Weird. What is weird out loud? That doesn't say decent. It's weird science out loud. Oh, weird science out loud. So you're talking about movies? I, I don't understand. So much. Okay. That's because you're an idiot. Okay. Would you stray into reviewing other companies' comics and reflecting on your favorite, angry. or reflecting on your favorite horror movies? You try. You try. You were going to try tonight. I have to stop. I was. Yeah, we'll get back to that when I'm, in, <laughs> I'm not in hot water. Would you get back <laughs> to recording straight to your laptop microphone so it sounds like you're recording in the bathroom while taking a shit? I hope you do because someone's got to carry the torch of negativity. Of course, you'll likely be dead of a cheese-induced heart attack within a month of Jim's expiration. So there's probably no point in continuing. I would like to say that we would be like an old couple and we'll die a couple days after each other <laughs> like of a broken well. heart. Or a gay suicide pact. You, he, you would die because you just give up. You're, you're Padme. Oh, uh, yes. Last <laughs> I died of a broken heart. <laughs> Last week, Jim asked whether I was a fan of the Yankees or Mets baseball teams. I get the impression that you could care less. She's talking to you. I love I know. Stuff. It's very odd, isn't it? Um, but I will answer this question in the body of my letter to you anyway. I was born about a mile away from Shea Stadium. Shea Stadium. Yeah, Shea the, Stadium. Which the Mets called their home, of course. I lived bothered. about a mile and a half from it all of my young life. Indeed, everyone around me while growing up was a Mets fan. I remember this crazy lady used to ride around the neighborhood on a bike, painted in Mets colors, wearing clothes with the Mets logo on them, and playing Meet the Mets. Do you think ever they hear? Had hats? Think they had hats, jerseys, and pants? Yes. She had played this from <laughs> a boombox tied to the back of her bicycle. You know the Meet the Mets song? No. He goes, meet the Mets, meet the Mets, come on in. I know it. I, I used to watch a lot of Mets and Yankees games. Uh, the funny thing is I know Reggie's age. He's a little bit younger than me. But, man, mid-'80s, boy, those Mets were booming. Uh, he was definitely, yeah. They had a video, Let's Go Mets Go. That was all the teams. It was almost like their version of the Super Bowl shuffle. <laughs> nice. It was, it was oh, didn't you play this for me? It was, oh, yeah. It's hilarious. Mookie Wilson's in that. Lenny <laughs> the Mets Best won the World Series. Oh, here he goes on to say, the Mets won the World Series when I was 11 years old. The perfect time to capture a young boy's lifelong fandom. So the answer to your question should be obvious. I'm not really a big sports fan. <laughs> and care less about the Yankees or Mets. He doesn't <laughs> like sports. 
Good job on that review of the Fly Outbreak, Eric. Oh, Fly Outbreak. Hey. That, did DC, you, is that a DC book? Or is that no, a... it's a Just for the Hell of a Monday book. Oh, that sounds like something IDW Which you talked out. me into. Hmm. I have to say that it's a beautiful-looking comic. He loves these horror comics that look good. Well, they, it looks amazing. It looks just like the freaking movies. Oh, does it? It looks that, like Eric Stoltz's ugly ass face. Did you say that that was hyper-realistic art? Did you mention that? No, I that? did not. I, I don't oh, have the vocabulary didn't. for that. Oh, we. I can't read, but boy, Eric, I can write, but I don't proofread. Seems to have strayed into some sexy territory, and it made me wonder if flies masturbate. May, what are you, Reggie? <laughs> For last week, he couldn't, you know, wanted to talk He's to you He's a curious sort. He is. He, he actually, yeah. Maybe that's what you're doing when it looks like they're rubbing. Oh, maybe that's what they're doing. You're doing. They're doing when it looks like they're rubbing their forelegs together. Maybe that's what you were while doing. While sitting on an open Bethlehem. bowl of potato salad. Oh. It's not like you'd notice a few microscopic flecks, flecks of fly jizz among the mayonnaise and the mustard seed. Honestly, Reggie, it could be anybody because I don't see much. I knew um, one of my friends growing up. Now, this is the guy. Who oh, it's going to be terrible. Uh, when uh, we went to college, he ended up not showing up the sophomore year and it cost me a lot of money and was a real jerk. Uh, when he was younger, he told me that he used to masturbate into a sock filled with mayonnaise. Oh, God. So we're, uh, why? How why? Is I don't know. And uh, it used to just the, the vision of it in my head would be like, mayonnaise coming out like the. the was, yeah, I'm saying that was sock. that his idea of a Fifi? Mayonnaise? Yeah, mayonnaise in a sock. <sighs> and and uh, it, it, I, to this day, it, it confuses me. Some with, shampoo or what something. What the hell is man. going Damn. Mayonnaise. I understand times are tough when you're a kid, but shit, mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. A mayonnaise. He not, um, mayonnaise. not that salad dressing. No miracle, miracle whip, whip for that. It was mayonnaise. <laughs> Even he had limits. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go there, Eric. That is that is not good. And that guy's name is Jamie Ritter. Look him up. Oh, send I know him, Jamie send Ritter. Send him a message. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Love, Re- oh, also he says, in conclusion, go to hell. Love, uh-huh. Reggie the Reckless. Now, Thank you, Reggie. That is the mail, Eric. I'm going to give you a little round of applause. And that's not the end of Reggie the Reckless, though. It's because, not. No, it is not, Eric. <laughs> and why isn't it? It's because usually when you talk to me, you get on this podcast. Or you just get a hold of me, and you're either going to be on the site <laughs> doing reviews. I will put you to work. And I usually I have a very good way of doing it, but I think Reggie was pushing this himself. I think Reggie wanted to do this. I kind of I don't get signals right away. I got the signals. He said, "Don't be too obvious." I said, "Okay." And I said, "Hey, Reggie." He mentioned that when we used to have Dan's news at this point. We said, "Dan, your news is it got freaking pushed to the back, back of the bus, Dan." And um, Reggie said, "You know what, you guys? It's missing something in the segment after the mail, before the books. Um, you need another voice. You need something going." So I was talking to Reggie, and I said, "Finally, Reggie, what the hell?" Are you going to do a segment or what? You, you know, and he's like, "Yes, I'll do it." Should have got the pot, man. What's going down? And he said to me that he's very concerned about his voice. That he thinks his voice is atrocious. It's like uh, I don't know. So see, I, I gotta wonder too, though, because originally he said we needed a female voice. Is that what he's going with that? Does he sound like a woman? Uh, is he a lady man? Uh, he might be. Maybe that's why I don't know. Re- I don't know, Reggie. I, I like... sound half retarded with my voice, or whatever goes. I don't like my voice either. You said that you like my... Uh, I love your tone. voice. I listen to you falling asleep at night, baby. Yeah, that usually do put people to sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk... I almost got off track. And I almost got off track talking about how my wife thinks I get off track. And I don't even know why I was going to bring this up, but she wants me to go on medication. She wants me to start taking Adderall, Eric. You're going to be so, a zombie. I know. And so if the podcast uh, in the next couple of weeks is a little off, you'll know why. 
uh, because I'll be on Adderall. Adderall, Eric, just like those NFL players, those Seattle Seahawks, they were all on Adderall. So the next thing I'm going to start yelling stuff and craziness. Uh, but we're going to do Reggie's segment. And what Reggie's segment's going to be is basically going to be um, just his opinion on things. It's going to be kind of an editorial. I said I hope it's going to be like Andy Rooney on uh, 60, <laughs> 60 Minutes. minutes. Like, you know what I don't like? <laughs> uh, I'll mention any sort of racial group there or because uh, Andy Rooney always seemed to me like he, was, he didn't like anybody. I don't like staplers. Why do people staple things? You got a perfectly good paper clip right here. <laughs> paper clips were good in my day. Why do they use staplers? You know who used staplers? Hitler. <laughs> the end. So Reggie's going to talk about the Staple DC. The of, Jews. Reggie wanted to do the segment, and then he said, well, what am I going to talk about? I don't know anything. I said, well, you're going to talk about something that you can bitch about. And believe me, I can come up with about a million things. And well, I started writing, and I was like, talk about the DCU. Talk about Eric. Talk about the killing joke. Talk about Gal Gardner. Talk about Eric. Talk about how Eric likes this and that and the other thing. And then I finally said, just talk about the state of podcasting in general. And then he wrote to me, well, then I'll have to expose that you guys are awful. And I, you already do that. Expose. Yeah, That's every week. Yeah, I know. So we're going to go off to Reggie. Um, he calls the segment Reggie's Recklessness. Everybody knows. Reggie's Recklessness. And he's going right. to talk about the DCU. I can dig it. Take it away, Reggie. Do it. comic enthusiasts and welcome to Reggie's Recklessness. I'm your host, Reggie Aparo. We're entering the ninth week of DC Comics' new DCU, that's Y-O-U, marketing campaign, which aims to diversify the publisher's offerings and target a broader and more varied customer base. There has been a lot of discussion about this initiative, whether or not it spells the end of the new 52, how this change will affect overall continuity, and there are those that voice concerns about the new and revamped titles appealing to or even reaching their intended demographics. Certainly, a publishing plan that has books like Midnighter appearing alongside Batmite and All-Star Section 8 is diverse, but do they reach the correct audiences, ones that will aid the industry's growth? Most specifically, do they appeal to us? Complaints about comics, and all media, outnumber the instances of praise on the internet by a factor of 50, and there is no negative consensus either. Arguments between fans about what constitutes comic book correctness are far more prolific than vitriolic Twitter campaigns against any one creator or publisher. The fact is that comics have never been the straw that stirs the drink. No, comics have always attempted to thrive in the wake of fads and trends, and in doing so, have been able to reinvent themselves more time than a print periodical should probably be allowed. They've stayed relevant to successive generations, not by remaining stagnant and adhering to time-worn formulas, but by being fluid enough to extend the lives of their intellectual properties indefinitely. There is nothing new being accomplished by DCU, or the New 52, or any number of multiversal crises. All of these events and campaigns were aimed at getting people to put their eyes on the comics and hopefully come away with something that they'll continue to look at. The only constant in comic books is change. That 
and Batman always wins. Comic books in America have long labored under the presumption that they are merely children's fare. This, of course, is extended fallout from the 1954 investigation by the Senate Subcommittee on Juvenile Delinquency led by Senator Estes Kefauver, which resulted in the Comics Code Authority, an industry-appointed and maintained censorship board that effectively eliminated horror and true crime comics, as well as placing other restrictions on the form. Comics were suspected of warping the minds of children, and comics companies seemed to respond, Yes, we know we are mentally stunting your kids, and we apologize. Please accept these completely sanitized, puerile offerings as our sincere penance. All of this and more has been detailed expertly by David Hajdu in his book, The Tencent Plague, The Great Comic Book Scare and How It Changed America, which I strongly recommend to anyone interested in pop culture and 20th century American history. The way they tell it, comic books in the 1970s and early 80s were perfect works, appealing to every age and every person unilaterally, infinitely profitable and accessible to persons from every strata. It's not true, however. Women were long a fairly negligible segment of comics readers and an almost insignificant portion of those who read superhero comic books. Many heroes and villains played up to gender and ethnic stereotypes, and comics featured lots of violent imagery and racy storylines. You couldn't read three panels without seeing a caption that beckoned you to check out other issues or titles in order to get the full story. We tend to romanticize our youthful years, and the excitement of finding, purchasing, reading, and collecting issues is all part of that for some long-time comics readers. But it was no perfect system. Indeed, the direct market saved comics from destruction as newsstands and pharmacies elected to stock pricier adult publications instead of what was normally regarded as kid stuff. It gave the comics industry yet another opportunity to reinvent itself as a closed system of adult collectors and noir enthusiasts. And it would reinvent itself many times over, up until today, when comics largely seem to be cartoon licenses and nascent television and movie pitches. It will continue to transform until such time as the venture is no longer profitable. Then all we'll be left with is our action figures and bedsheets. To answer the question, does the DCU appeal to you? we must first ask a few questions of ourselves. Are we more concerned with comics continuity or individually appealing stories? Do we encourage diversity in our heroes and villains, or does that make us uncomfortable? Can we be okay with not liking every comic that DC puts out, instead concentrating our energy and dollars on the things we do like? In short, are we okay with change? If we are, then we can embrace an initiative that sees fit to publish comics featuring a depowered Superman and Batman replaced by a robot suit that are not even reflected in the two main team books in the line, because we see that in the long term, it's all temporary, subject to change with the whims of the marketplace and social order. If we are not okay with change, then we should probably retreat from comics altogether, because comics have been three and four bucks for a while now, and you're not going to see any change from that. For Weird Science DC Comics blog at blogspot.com podcast, I'm Reggie Aparo, and this has been Reggie's Recklessness. You can reach me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie or in care of this podcast. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. Reggie Reggie's at the T.O.P. The super lover, you can see The super lover Undercover In due time you will discover He's not your father or your brother Cause there is something with you And if you wanna Find another You will see there is no other Super lover Undercover Reggie Reggie is your brother Rock the body body Rock the body body Rock the body body Rock the body body Rock All right, Eric, and that was the premiere 
episode or a segment of Reggie's Recklessness. Holy shit, James Earl Jones and shit. He's got a deep voice, that guy. Oh my god. Ooh, he's got a set of balls on him. I, 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 could, I could feel him in my balls when he's talking. You know what, what I laugh is, um, the um, what's the band that sang Elvira? <laughs> oh, how the fuck should I know? Uh, what the hell? I, I, uh, the, Oak Ridge, the Oak Ridge Boys. Oh, yes. And yes, it's right. funny because the guy who is actually the guy who go, sings real low, yeah. it's like the skinny, like real little guy. And they'd sing in there, Elvira. And then they have that part, the breakdown. And I've seen it on TV. And the women go nuts. And it's just like this really scrawny-looking old guy. But because he has this deep voice, I'm telling you, they go nuts. It's like Bowser and Sha Na Na. Maybe Reggie was Bowser. But I like I like. I kind of think I want to be inside Reggie now. Oh, my goodness gracious. Shit's getting real, right? Ah, You know what, Eric? It is now Saturday. Yes. We recorded that first bit on Friday night. Something new we're trying out. We're trying to work it out because uh, we seem to have some energy on Friday to do that first bit. And then we kind of, you know, burn ourselves out in that hour and a half or whatever it takes. And then we kind of want to do the books the next day, Saturday, today. Uh, the unfortunate bit is that even though I've claimed that nobody is going to email us, Eric, we've got, <laughs> we got two emails today. Take that, sucker. Yeah, so this is going to be a, kind of an extended version of the mail because we got two mails, uh, two emails. And one of them is important to talk about immediately because it's, <laughs> it's a cry for help, Eric. It is a... Uh, a listener, Matt from Calgary, I'd like to call him. You know why? Because that's what he put? His na- no. He's, his name's Matt, and he says he's from Calgary. Yeah, so we're going to go with it. No, he, he put it in the mail. He didn't sign off as Matt from Calgary. That's all me. Oh, That's I'm all sorry. on me, my man. So Matt from Calgary says, hey, Jim and Eric. And actually, before I go, I've heard Calgary's very nice. A little cold, but very nice. Cr- I haven't you know, really heard anything about Calgary myself. Calgary flames. It must be hot up there. They've got a lot of flames. <laughs> Matt from Calgary says, hey, Jim and Eric, I have to go to a family event in Hazleton, Pennsylvania next week. Oh, God, why? I'm from Calgary, so I know pretty much nothing about Pennsylvania. Is there anything nerdy that I have to do while I'm there? Well, Matt, I'll tell you one thing. Number one, I I probably wouldn't even go because Hazleton is a dump. It really is. I was going to say, the thing is, he doesn't doesn't know much about Pennsylvania. I don't know much about Hazleton. Well, I had to go to Hazleton a lot for my old job. I used Well, not a lot, but once a month. And I would go up there. And try to push hose and fittings on people who didn't want to listen to me. Hose? Hose, yeah. They'd probably go with that because there is nothing to do in Hazleton as far <laughs> as I could tell. There was a lot of businesses and, and like plants and things like that. Now, I mentioned to you, um, one of the things he could do if he was there for a while, uh, they have the Pennsylvania uh, Renaissance Fair. But that's about an hour and a half away. That's in, uh, I don't even remember what the, the town is. It's Lancaster, isn't it? No, no. It's a uh, certain, I have no it's idea, It's a though. certain town. But yeah, it's an hour and a half away. You'd have to look it up. If you looked up Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair, you'd find it if you like that sort of thing. That is nerdy. Sit there and go around. People talk old English at you, and you can eat some food. But You uh, talk shit about it. I have a good time whenever I, I like go. It. But it has been years, so. Yeah, I, I don't really enjoy it. But other than that, actually, my main suggestion, so you want to do something when you're in Hazleton. First off, you pack a sock, some mayonnaise, <laughs> and a couple magazines. Uh, actually, you had something. You you looked into something. As yeah, well. I looked into something. It's, I'm saying I thought it was just something, anything you do, or nothing that you need to do, really. But just in case you find yourself bored and want to go wander about, apparently there is a comic book shop in Hazleton called the Golden Unicorn Comics. Oh, the Golden Unicorn, huh? Yes. Yeah. I have no idea if it's still open. I assume it is. 
The last thing anybody wrote about it was nine months ago, so who knows. But that is at 680 Alter Street, and the telephone number is 570-455-4645. And tell them America's Sweetheart sent you from Weird Science. <laughs> I'd be like, what the hell? Let's see. Uh, but yeah, now I'm looking at it, he says something he has to do. I would say the only thing really would be that stay in Calgary. Yeah, I would stay in Calgary. I would not go to Hazleton. I don't know why. Your family lives in Hazleton. Maybe they move there. I don't know because, boy, uh, that town is a dump. It's a dump, Eric. Not like this palatial <laughs> Quaker town we live in right here. So I wish the, it wasn't called that. The, you say anything to anybody who doesn't know Quaker town? Quaker town? Yeah, what kind the, of fucking name is that? I saw this lady walking down the street today that might have had one tooth and was pushing like a cart and almost fell off the, the, the sidewalk. Ah, uh, Quaker what town. what she was doing. I said, Mom, go on home. <laughs> All right, the next, the next email we got today uh, was from Darren. D-Roll! There it is. Uh, Darren says, You mentioned on your site that I was a member of Team Eric for my praise of removing Kelly LeBrock from the Weird Science image icon and my support of Eric calling the show Weird Out Loud. Now, yeah. it's funny because, yeah, he, uh, Darren might be the only one who realized you did that work. You did a lot of hard work on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, the time I spent up in uh, the Poconos putting flowers in my daddy's grave when I wasn't doing that, I was working on that for the two-year anniversary. You're going to push this flower thing anymore? Seriously. Remember when your father died, man. I don't, Remember yeah, your father, I'll period. I'll never do flowers. I'll pour, like, flowers. No, I'm telling you, I'm pouring Bruce out flowers Wayne for my too, because It's a single, like, long-stem red rose. Oh, is it? That's lovely. <laughs> so lovely. I'll, pro- I'll get a pig's foot and uh, throw it out the window. I think you may have jumped on the gun. Uh, you may have jumped the gun on this, and here's why. <laughs> here's where he gets, uh, he gets down and dirty with you. Well, I'm pretty sure you both are not doing this for monetary gain. No, we're not at all. I don't yeah, know why. That'd we, be sweet. We always talk about it. It's like a, like a pipe dream that we talk about. And we both like look up in the sky and smile. Look at what the clouds are making and yeah, what shape yeah. they're in. And then we're like, oh, yeah, that'd be the, those would be the times. It is my hope that the both of you do not get sued by the creators of Weird Science Film and DC Comics. <laughs> so, Jim, you were talking about this to me the other week. We are under a parody clause, right? Uh, something like that. That's what I say. That It seemed like the whole Weird Science thing wasn't really copyrighted strongly for Shut a lot mouth. of things. And DC Comics, I mean, really... While we're not what I consider fanboys, we don't push things uh, blindly. We're yeah. still doing them a little bit of a service. You, you know, you might think they might respect us a bit there, a little more than they <laughs> do. I mean, we're like the, the redheaded stepchild there, Ginger Nation or Redhead Nation. Buddy. <laughs> it's, it's tough for me to remember things the next day that we talked about last night. But this would ultimately result in many headaches for the both of you and many long hours of overtime work at the cardboard box factory. Which you already do. I, yeah, really. I finished my, like, 17th hour of overtime this morning. Oh, what a week. I this was is, sleeping. This is just me trying to look out for the both of you because I want to see you both succeed. That's nice. I Thank, thank you, you D-Ron. Um, one thing, again, I think that if they did sue us, like, say they just, I don't think I'd work anymore. I'm one of those guys that you're going to sue me? Screw you. <laughs> I'm going to go down in misery. You're not getting a cent. You can't get blood from a stone, Eric. You cannot get blood from a stone. Now, who are we talking to us in this? In this, uh, I think he's hype- saying both Weird Science, which, which whichever film company owns that, and DC Comics, and I'll just say Kelly LeBrock is thrown in there as well. <laughs> Kelly LeBrock. At one point, I tried to follow Kelly LeBrock. I was going to follow everybody from the movie, and then I thought, whoa, I better better back off a little because we do have that image over. Yeah. Who knows what she's going to say? Eh, it's the wild, wild west out there at the freaking uh, Twitter. Just like uh, Kumo D was singing in that treacherous three song <laughs> at the end of Reggie. 
Reggie's thing. We're wild, wild west. The that was awesome. He, He's trying to make all of us look bad, I, I think. Know. Damn him. Uh, Darren goes, I'm, actually, he probably put a little more effort than my 10 minutes of editing into songs. I just go, I think I'll put this here. Boom. <laughs> uh, Darren goes on. The second reason that I'm not exclusive to Team Eric is that I'm well aware of his tardiness in publishing his review of Sinestro number 12, just hours before the release of issue 13. Yeah, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps he's over, overworked at the cardboard box factory. No. Or spends too much time looking at big booby porn. Yes. Possibly. Yes, yes. There are all ex- those are all acceptable excuses in my view, though I'm starting to think that he has time management issues. You do a little. To a degree. Yeah. Actually, is it time management issues or just pure laziness? It's not late. I got a lot of stuff going on. There's movies that got to be watched. They don't, you know. those don't got to be watched. They got to be watched, they man. They got to like, be watched. People like, are like, out there. Everybody out there is like, where is the Sinestro number 12 review? And then you get on, you're typing. Dear Weird Science listeners, members, uh, readers, I am watching... What, what was the last movie you watched? Uh, hey, it's got to be something crappy. Ex Machina. Oh, not even that. What was before that? It Deck follows. the Halls. It follows. And then Deck the Halls was Deck one of them, Deck the Halls right? was like uh, Deck Thursday. Deck the Halls man. with Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick. You were doing that instead of Sinestro 12. I no, can't be- not, by that time, Sinestro 12 was already up. Yeah. I can't, and then then you get done what you think is your week, and then it's like you, all right, I am done. It's Thursday night. I will see you on Tuesday. <laughs> I will see you on Saturday. <laughs> I will see you guys on Monday when I do my just for the hell of it. Let Jim take care of all that other stuff. I can't be on Team Eric if he's always late because that would make me look bad, says Darren. Hey, we have a saying here at Weird Science. Yeah? Shut the hell up. Yes, no, the real, the real saying is... is um, it's not late until the next issue comes out. And so since Sinestro 12 went up hours before 13 came out, it is not late. It's like a wizard. It always arrives on time, Eric. That's right. I think that we will talk at the end of the podcast about books coming up this week, and I have a situation myself. <laughs> now, I kind of got screwed a little because I still have to do Lobo. The next issue of Lobo is not coming out, but Lobo Annual is because it's that. That fifth is the week. next issue. It's the fifth week, but it's thrown in early, so I'm going to have to get on that. But uh, Darren finishes up. Like I said, I write this because both of your styles bring something unique to the Comic Podcast Network. Let me clear. Let me be clear in that. Oh, I that, that my, Comic Podcast that Network. That Comic Podcast Network. <laughs> let me, we're proud members. Let me be clear in that I consider myself a founding member of Team Jim and Eric, and I, I'll, I'm right with them. Because he was one of the first people who, when we had this little thing going where I'll I wanted to make wait. the team. No, I'm saying when you. we would discuss it, he was one of the first ones that wrote in and said, no, I'm both. And yes. we, we like that. All jokes and shenanigans aside, if you ever feel that you are ever too, have too many books or pop culture things to cover on your site, do not hesitate to con- ugh, contact me at my site, Darren's Domain, and I'll be glad to throw you guys a proverbial bone. Good luck with the site and podcast as well. As well as all your future efforts, the show is out fucking standing, Eric. I like that. And honestly, D-Ron, you keep talking to Jim, you're going to have a segment, you're going to have a whole shebang on Weird Science because he gives that shit out like it's fucking water. Yeah, like water. Like water. (laughs) Like I'm just handing out things. Oh, yeah. Anybody wants a segment, just let me know you're in. Yeah, pretty much. You you have a a slight idea or or a jar or something, I'll I'll think of something and you're in. (laughs) And that's the mail, Eric. Well, all right. We had that. Look at all these people emailing in. Yeah, I know. What what is the difference? And quite frankly, you would not know that Darren sent this by email. I could say right now "Ah, that was Tumblr, and then it's the jokes on you, buddy. 
but that they are emails. They're all emails. And again, I'll, I'll mention it since I don't remember. I'm sure we did mention it at the beginning. But if you want us to read your email, say anything, join Team Eric. Tell him he's crazy. Tell me about people with socks and mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Right at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. We'll read everything and anything and all that jazz, Eric. Like Stet- all that jazz. Like Stetsasonic sang Stetsasonic. all that jazz. And now we're going to move on to the books. And uh, I'm going to mention some more things, Eric, because I'm going to have the skills that pay the bills. <laughs> I don't know how because we don't get any money, but we would like you to go to our website. We're going to talk about books. We don't get that. We try to get a little in-depth. We more pick and you know pick at things and kind of point out a lot of funny things that we see. But if you want to read the full pick review, pick a creator scabs, make yeah. a bleed a little bit. If you want to read Eric's spoiler-filled reviews or my excellent reviews, you can go to weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com and read them all. We have almost every book reviewed each week, unless we're lazy, and then we'll kind of get back to those before they come out again <laughs> the next month, right? Hey, Howard Porter loves your reviews, so maybe they are. Yes, excellent. Howard Porter. Is a big fan of mine, Eric, and I'm a big fan of his, and we had a love fest this week. And Good times. Yeah, I was really happy. I, I really like Howard Porter. Uh, he is one of the creators in D.C., just to name drop and say, again, I always hound people, but I actually talk to Howard Porter, usually twice a week. Oh, do you now? Oh, yeah. I talked to him. Uh, Tony Silas, another one who was doing the Guns and Monsters, he sends some notes occasionally, asks how I'm doing. Tell him that I've got that massive uh, case of diarrhea, and he never writes back. <laughs> I never know what's going on. In there. You aren't that close yet. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, yes. I, um, Hi-Fi talks to us somewhat, the colorist. Yeah. Um, besides that. Pop Man. Pop Man does. that. It's weird. Me and you in our um, reviews probably neglect the art side of a comic more than any reviewer out there. Right. Um, only because I really don't know what to say sometimes. I am... I'm in the um, the school of I look at it, I like it. I look at it, I don't like it. A lot of times I can't even describe what it is or isn't that I like. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go, hey, it's pencil heavy. Or, oh, it's, you know, I will do that. It's a bit muddy. But usually it's just a general feeling. So I really don't have a lot. I had that problem uh, today. I did Deathstroke. I reviewed Deathstroke and uh, Tony Daniel, his art's awesome. It's one of my favorite artists of DC Comics. I don't know how many times I can say how awesome it is. I guess. It's like like 17 times me saying, you know what? Boy, this art's awesome. It's great. It's one of the best things. And I run out of things to say. You know what? I was thinking about it, though. Like The shit I used to say when we first started reviewing Mm -hmm. comics might be some of the reasons why some of these (laughs) uh, creators don't talk to us. I can't... can't even count how many times I think I've said, as we sent the freaking Twitter to uh, to Jeff Johns, how many times I jerk him off for yeah. him giving me this excellent story. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't read. I want him in my mouth. I think was one of them, but oh, who really? knows? Yeah, I, I don't think he would like that. <laughs> I you say, haven't seen the way I do it. I'm telling you, anybody out there? <laughs> no, I have. Uh, no, anybody shit. out there who really wants to Glory start their damned. own and uh, start their own podcast or blog, and they want creators like you know what? I, I have the key. <laughs> the key phrase that you say to get any creator that loving you is you mention that they should get a raise. That's what I, every time it works. Every time I don't use it all the time, I pull it out, Eric. I, I, I pull it out. I bet you do. I only pull out enough to win the contest, though. I pulled out today. I got scared. Really? Yeah. Did you play suitcase? No, I did not play suitcase. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, suitcase. All right, let's get on with the books, Eric. We oh, have no, a big actually, book. Oh, a, oh, my goodness. What? what, 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 what,
I just want to talk about that art thing we were just discussing okay. now because I had the same issue with uh, Aquaman this week. And I've said it before on this podcast, and I'm pretty sure I put it in reviews as well, but I put it in this review okay. where I hate saying anything bad about artists or even writers for that matter, but mostly artists because I have no artistic talent. And whatever these people are putting out is superior to whatever I would even imagine I could do. Yeah, and, and these motherfuckers, my personal rock star. So I hate saying anything negative about the yeah, art, but well, I hate the well, art. I was going to say, Aquaman. Do you want, when we get to Aquaman tonight, then you just leave it to me because Seriously. I wrote my notes. It's one of the worst looking issues of Aquaman I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, uh, last, oh, the last my, issue was worse. But. I don't know that it, that version of the present day Aquaman <laughs> is one of the worst looking character models I have. Motherfucker's seen. got a nine head. I don't know what he had. It, that, it doesn't even look like him. And then they're like, and sometime before, and he looks completely different. He, uh, what happened to him? He I really. Don't know. I, he looks like he's gained like forty pounds. I don't know. This present day Aquaman Phew. looks like Sabretooth from the X. Oh my god! I don't know what he looks like. What? That's not here nor there yet, because yes, that'll yes, be later. Yes. That's one of the last books we'll talk about. We're going to start with the big book Sneak of the week. <laughs> and, of course, the big book of the week always goes to you, Eric. You son of a bitch. You always grab these books. And I remember when this book was announced, I said, you know what? I really would like this book, and I would love it for you to find it in your heart to give it to me. And you said, fuck you, you asshole. And then you slapped me, and you gave me a bloody nose. And then I went up to the front office. I said, is there any way I can go to the hospital for this bloody nose? And then they fired me, Eric. I do not have a job. Hey, I got you your job back. (laughs) That's how they do things at the cardboard box factory. (laughs) All over Cyborg, Eric. That's it. Actually, I don't like Cyborg. I was going to say, as I recall, this was a lot like Martian Manhunter. It was. You refused this and that. If you can imagine me pushing it away, that's what I'm doing now. (laughs) You have that one. Actually, it was a combo. You love Cyborg. Yes. You've been bitching and moaning for a Cyborg book for how long? I, I really I, think people at the bar are happy I quit drinking because every week this is be something I would bitch about. About Cyborg. That's such a great talk at the bar. No, just, I just love going up to strangers. Why the fuck don't I have a Cyborg book yet? Founding guy, member of the Justice League. It'd be League. so great if some guy like had a legitimate answer for it. Agreed. And it'd like, be even well, funnier if this wasn't true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, let's get on with Cyborg. Cyborg number one, written by David Walker, or David F. Walker to some people. Yeah. With art by Ivan Rice, Joe Prado, and Adrian, Adriano Lucas. Stupid names. Jeez. Cyborg is finally out and about in his own series, but sadly the majority of this first, his first outing is spent sulking when his father ignores him for the data about May's sneak peek. Cyborg isn't innocent here, though. After leaving Star Labs to get a coffee with an attractive friend, Cyborg goes and ditches her to talk about football with an old acquaintance. Besides, for an intergalactic war between the Techno-Sapiens and the Tech Breakers that we don't fully understand, that's about it. Back to you, Jim. Yeah, um, (laughs) I didn't like this issue. I know. Um, uh, It breaks my heart. Yeah, there's a lot of weird things in it, and you said it just then. Number one, uh, Cyborg bitches and moans. The whole time. I, I wanted to just... Why doesn't daddy love oh me? Oh, my God. And, I thought and we'd be past this by now. He's basically complaining and being so upset that his dad doesn't pay attention to him. I'm invisible. Oh, they never paid attention to me unless there's an argument. And you say in your intro 
that he met an acquaintance. It's no acquaintance. This is a guy that recognized him say, hey, we used to play football against each other. Hey, I remember you. That's bullshit, number one. Yeah. It's years ago. They're not remembering this. I was they, giving him the benefit of the doubt with the acquaintance part. What he does then, Sarah, who's the character who is the woman, the attractive I woman with saying, him. I think this is a reimagined Sarah Sims from the okay. old continuity. Well, she is the only one up until this point who's paying any attention to him. And then he does exactly what his dad did. And he ignores her. <laughs> like and father, walks like away. son. Says, cue the freaking cats in the cradle. Oh, yeah, shit, God don't do damn that, it. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I liked about this issue. I really don't. Because uh, you get these techno sapiens and this fight. But I, I, not that I was confused, I just didn't really care. Nothing really gets resolved. But then you, you fade from that into this protest. And when you have a protest <laughs> in a book where members of the book say they don't even know what they're protesting <laughs> it is the stupidest thing i've ever seen then they they're yelling at cyborg it comes out and then you get the idea okay these are people who have missing limbs the, the one guy's all like an old person grabber Holy for my, a hand. that is not a grabber that thing i don't i'd call it more of a gripper a gripper, I don't know. Huh? The guy's like, listen, a pincer. I, I can't even a get clamp. A, I can't even get a sock with mayonnaise going here. Look at me. They call <laughs> me the clamp. Oh my goodness gracious! They're yelling at that. I I don't understand. And then it's so funny because he's he's complaining with with or yelling at Cyborg. Then the other guys are like, oh, leave him alone. He's not the problem. And he walks away. And at one point, you have this crazy guy who I'm assuming is a Vietnam vet. But again, we're getting. It's weird for me because any guy He's a golf war vet That's what I'm saying Any guy like this in my day Oh, Vietnam vet, but that's so far away now Yes, we'll say it's a golf war vet And uh, he just like All of a sudden he's like Hey guys, let's get back to protesting Like everybody walked away or something I don't understand this protest But again, it's this protest Nobody understands the protest That's the whole point The protest and the beginning with the Um the techno sapiens and stuff, like again, it just came off as, eh, I really don't care. And I really was upset for you. Yeah. Um, only because, like, I want every book I read, I want to like. It so comes, do I. It, we come off as being, you know, jerk offs who want things to fail. We don't. And in fact, our site that, uh, you know, all that drives us is we, we like to get people to go and read our reviews. It's nothing like Darren said. We, it's not monetary things. But I've talked to you a million yes. times. Not yet. Yeah, I've talked to you, though, a million times that it benefits our site to like an issue. Agreed. Because then we can tweet the creators. We can get, everybody's all excited. When we don't like something, uh, you know, we're not going to fake the funk, Eric. We're going to no, keep it real up in the field. But it doesn't benefit us when it sucks. And we have to read the crap. And, it's, uh, and I, I'm saying this is crap, and I know that you liked it more than me. I, I didn't like it at all. I really well, thought that this first issue fell really flat. I have in my notes here to ask Jim about this Green Lantern homage. Yeah, no, I don't know. Tell me about this. Well, you read a bit about this, no, right? I With David Walker I, talking about this whole scene. I don't even know why you're bringing it up because I don't even know what scene now they were talking about. Somehow, yeah, you read the book. You have no idea yeah, now. No, I, somehow well, there was something that was brought up that this scene at the beginning was uh, the tech breakers a, an and old, the techno An old scene from an old Green Lantern thing, but I have no idea because when I read it, it didn't even look like what they said it was. So well, yeah, see, it's... I, I had this whole thing because I wanted to bring up. I found it weird. We had this whole opening with these two warring factions in deep space, some outside galaxy, whatever. We have no real knowledge of what this war is about. We just know that they're called the techno sapiens and the tech breakers, and that's it. And yeah. the fighting. Yeah. And the only way that I can see that we can tell who the good guy is 
are the ones that look like white people. Yeah, and white for a people. Guy, yeah, white, white people, people, white crazy aliens, but yeah, they're white. They No, they look like people. They're just regular looking people. They don't even want to say the techno sapiens, they look like crazy ass aliens. So obviously we can look, go with we can go with our xenophobia here and say those are the bad guys. But David I, Walker, <laughs> he, he comes off like Uncle Phil in a freaking, you know, a uh, Black Panther protest. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm, for somebody who's so sensitive about race, it's very odd to me that he would do this. Yeah, I don't. I and just, not explain anything. Just have it go, hey, look, these guys are white. Well, not even that. I can't even say it's because they're white. They're human looking. But it's really odd that they're all white people as far as I can the remember. The best thing that I'm looking at it now, I really don't know what the – unless I'm looking at the first panel and it's all the techno sapiens – I guess that's them. I guess you don't see the white guys until the very end, right? No, I'm saying the, you do at the end, yes, yeah, because yeah. they that's have helmets what, that's on. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking the, at the like tech the breakers, crazy guys. The tech breakers have yeah, the helmets crazy on them. crazy looking. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, it's, it is weird. They have this whole thing going. Again, with these techno sapiens and the, right. this thing that bookends the, the thing, I don't know what's going on. I, yeah. I, and it's weird because... I don't think that things – I don't like things handed to me. I don't, li- I don't like them holding your hand and saying, oh, this is that. And that. Hence I like you're to like see for Omega Man. But this is so nothing. I, yeah. I don't – I get the idea that whatever – We're jumping to conclusions. We're you know, exhausted by the end of this yeah, issue. Yeah, well, again, I'm, you're getting the idea that whatever is uh, rebooting and healing Cyborg has to do with these techno-sapiens. That's yes. the only thing that you get from this. I don't understand exactly what was going on or anything. And, again – Cyborg himself, I don't even really get a strong idea of the character, but I don't like him. Didn't what I get do learn because he no, <laughs> and he's just complaining the whole time. He treats this girl who likes him like yeah, crap. Yeah, he's a Sarah. And then goes off and talks football. <laughs> and then that crazy, I'm looking at the thing, the crazy guy without an eye and that crazy gripper. He's like he's he waits there and waits for somebody to need something from a top shelf. That's all he does. <laughs> he gets it and then breaks it. And then I'm so, he, I, then he I'm sorry. Obviously, I like this issue more than you. Yeah. And I think I, I love the art. Ivan Rice is one of my favorite artists at DC Comics. And but yeah, I'm saying the art I think is, I might have been a little bit biased though because of how long I've wanted a cyborg. Yeah. Book. Well, I said I, the art's okay. The art isn't even that great to me. I like I, the art. Well, it's okay. I I like that real. Uh, that full page, kind of like the yeah. um, the recap page, I really like that. Um, and that is the majority that, of the book, though, because uh, you know David Walker is trying to catch people up in case they didn't read the, the May sneak peek, or you know just want to catch them up on if they, even if they did. Yeah, it just it just fell flat for me for a first issue. You really want to come out and kick ass. Oh, agreed. You know, this is I mean? not it, that issue. It's like the first song on a, on an album. You want to yeah. hit hard. And even the, like I'm looking, and even the part where like the lady's trying to give him uh, or draw blood, and ah, oh, the needle won't go in. That's weird. And then they and we never deal and with that again. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. Uh, I don't know. What did you yeah, give it? Well, I'm saying in conclusion of this, I just want to tell Cyborg if he's out there listening because these are real people to me. You can't go off with your friends and talk football this early in a relationship. You yeah. have to make her think she's the only person in your life for a couple of months before you go and do yeah, that. So. Like- Especially after you bitch and moan to her that nobody's paying attention to you. Yeah, you know, I, I need I need you to I need to cry on your shoulder a little bit, Sarah. He's All right, now this is your time, and then he's, it's football. He's a self-centered prick. <laughs> and I didn't like him. I gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I would have given it a four. That's Ooh. how much I didn't like it. I just there was it was a lot of nothing to me. I really didn't like it. But uh, my next book, I really liked. It is Grayson number ten, 
written by Tim Seeley and Tom King, art by Michael Yannon and Jeremy Cox, both friends of the site, Eric. Oh, nice. Oh, it's artists. The artists like us. Uh, maybe because we don't say a lot about the art and we tend not to say anything offensive. I don't know. But this issue opens up. Get with, in my mouth. Yeah, this issue opens up with one of the first non-cold openers. And I don't know, I put, is that a warm opener then, Eric, if it's a non-cold opener? <laughs> Since the series began, and while it threw me off a bit, it was a nice, clear, and easy way to follow and a change of pace. Dick Grayson gets away, so does Agent One, and nobody can figure out who's killing the assassins, the spies around the world. While Agent One wants to go after Dick with extreme prejudice, <laughs> you like to go after Dick with extreme prejudice yourself. Prejudice. Hel- Helenus sends him off to Rome right after she talks to the creepy hive mind that is Spiral. Creep me out. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dick heads off with his newly acquired necklace, but when he finds out his drop is Lex Luthor, or was it Brian Michael Bendis, he freaks out and jumps <laughs> off a ledge. He heads off to find Agent One, and then he's suddenly there. Da, da, da. That dude did not look like uh, Michael Chick. Oh, fucking Michael Chickles, yeah. Yeah, Brian Michael Bendis it is. <laughs> he looks like any bald guy to me, any kind of plumpy bald guy. Ah, yes. What did you think, Eric? It was an okay issue. I'm saying there was nothing in this book that really like you know grabbed a hold of me and said, oh, my God, this is the best issue of Grayson I've ever read. And it's one of the best I've had in a while. I really liked it. I, the art, I thought, was incredible. Every Oh, yeah, the art is always I incredible. Always Michael Yannon or Janin, whatever you want to call it. Um, we actually got to get a hold of him and find out what that is at some point. Um, he's, he actually is a member of our site. I know. He's That's what the worst part yeah. is. Um, but he doesn't follow us on Twitter. Very that odd. weird. Um, I th- Jeremy Cox's colors in this, I think, are incredible. I told you to, to pay attention to the colors. Yeah. I, I thought they were awesome. There's a couple panels that are just really good but what i really liked about this issue is that you well i liked a couple things i'm trying to pull up my notes and i'm trying to uh stall. trying to, yeah, trying to stall here uh, <laughs> no it, it was very straightforward this is one of the most straightforward issues of the series ever and maybe that's why it didn't grab a hold of me like the other issues have yeah yeah maybe because it was um, so straightforward i don't know it's we have this whole big mystery about who's killing these freaking agents off, and we don't really address any of that in this book. Well, here's the thing. You address a couple of things that I like. In a weird sort of weird science, they have figured out that the blunt force that has uh, gone to kill these people is exactly matches up to Dick Grayson. I don't think that's weird. You know what I think they did? The they, same shit they had Ivan Drago do to find out that he had they, a thousand pound punch. They do Rocky that. Ford. I was going to say they do that a lot in the sports science on ESPN. Yeah. When they have guys tackle dummies and stuff. But uh, yeah, they've they're pretty much narrowed it down that it's Dick Grayson. Right. And but they're also saying, oh, well, it might be Agent One because he knows how to get rid of these uh, GPSs and he's kind of been in the area. So you have everybody that going suspect. On. Uh, yeah, everybody is. But you also get this crazy look again. This is, I think, the second look into the actual quote-unquote spiral, and it's crazy. Uh, it freaked me out the first You're talking time. talking about the hive mind? Oh, yeah, the hive I'm mind. Saying, well, this is the first time I've seen the hive yeah. mind. I had no idea what was going yeah. on. I should go back and check out those issues I missed. Because... It was just one time, I think. it was. Okay, one well, time. I'm just looking at this. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. am I looking at? Yeah, it's crazy. And it's funny because you look at it and, and I don't even Talking know. about spiders it, and whatnot being all yeah, creepy. That's what happened before. And uh, Helena just kind of looks bored. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, oh, i got to deal with these freaking guys. But, yeah, Agent 1 wants to go after Dick. And she's like, no, Obviously. no. And yeah, and it's because of that turban. And that's what Quato's telling yes, He questions Helena basically, like, you're too close, you're too in. And she's like, ah, oh, shut your mouth and go to Italy. Now, in the meantime, when he gets to Italy, the big spoiler is at the end, Dick shows up, but 
is it a clone? What do you think it is? Because I think it's Dick got there beforehand, and he's just trying to subdue him so he could talk this shit out. Maybe it'd be weird the way they say it because I I would call bullshit because they shouldn't trick you with time like that because it's the next panel at one panel he's heading there, right? And you had already seen a yeah, you know one what? Below. I can I agreed. You know what? I can see what you're saying with that. I, when I initially read it, that's what I imagined happened. Yeah. But now that you're talk, we're talking about and it, only I can because see how... you, only because you see him down in the catacombs before Dick even get, and then I would call bullshit. They, it may be. Um, I think it's some sort of clone, a robot. I don't know. A robot. A robot. But my favorite part of the issue is when Dick uh, talks to Lex. When Lex shows up to get this um, kryptonite necklace, I thought it was awesome, and I thought it was a way that you see that Dick is, through this whole series, Dick is the suave debonair, even the last Hell issue. Yeah. He just went in and just, every all these guys there, he woos that, that socialite. He necklace off my neck, Just too. gets the necklace and runs. But he goes there, and all of a sudden, he's caught so off guard by Lex, and he almost becomes like a snotty kid again, where he calls Lex Mr. Clean. <laughs> and, like, it, all of a sudden, he... Like I said, he's not this cool, collected guy anymore. He's face to face with the guy that killed him. Yeah, he's not going to be all that cool, collected. Yeah, even that. But then also, you you mix in that he has to give him a kryptonite necklace, and he knows, you know, the the past. He knows what might happen, and he doesn't want to do it. But I I thought it was funny because he gets upset because Lex recognizes him right away. The hypnos aren't working. Lex says, well, wh- where do you think they got the hypnos? Of course, I made them. I have a protocol. To I get hate by those that. hypnos. Yeah, and, uh, but I loved it because then Lex even shows that there's more involved, and I really think that what Lex was doing is making him hit himself in the face. Why are you hitting yourself? He's hitting <laughs> himself with the head, in the head, and then Dick just, he goes off. He, he jumps off the rail um, onto a ship, and off he goes uh, right after he now, throws coffee at Lex's face <laughs> in one of the worst moves I've ever seen. Yeah, I had a problem, a though. I didn't know if you could understand this. We were just, you were just talking about it. But when all of a sudden it looks like Lex throws something and then and you know Dick gets hit, yeah. I could not understand what the hell was going on. No, and, well, what happens is he uh, he's Lex is controlling the hypnos. Yeah, I know. It's just weird to me to think that he could control it to make him hit himself, but... What makes Dick think that he can't do that whenever he wants now? Well, I think I don't think Dick knows that. And in I fact, don't know. It's just this weird. Is what, well, this is what um, he is going to sell Spiral, these yeah. upgrades. So he has the upgrades. He knows the upgrades. I don't know how it's working. They're making robots. It looks like Lex is just basically Lex's hand where it moves is where Dick's hand's going to move. And like I said, I got the idea that he was going to start making him hit his face. Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? And, uh, yeah, Dick gets the hell away. Uh, but, yeah, it ends. And this whole time you've been wondering who this assassin is, and it looks like it, it, it's Dick. Big old Dick. But it looks like it's, um, I don't know. I don't I'm know looking at this book clone. right now, and uh, one of my favorite parts is after it's the, like what happened like the the cliffhanger where Dick knocks out Agent One. Yeah, yeah. And we see what happens next where he's like sitting there and they're surrounded by guards like, uh, grr, Grayson, you idiot. Yep. And then one of the things we always complain about happens, but for some reason it just tickled me. He starts fighting the guards off, monologuing. Yeah, you oh, thought yeah. you could frame me yep. while you were <laughs> sucking from a billionaire's teeth. Yep. I was surviving on the war torn streets. I've been doing this since you were tiptoeing across rooftops in your dance tights. I, I'm the Tiger King of Kandahar. He is the Tiger King of Kandahar. And I will punish your betrayal with 
death. You know what would have been the greatest thing is then if one of those guards <laughs> just pulled out a gun and shot him like Indiana Jones, <laughs> and he just died. And then they, oh they, God, what happened? Uh, but yeah, I I I'm upset that you don't like it. The I don't know. No, over. I'm saying podcast I, I, over. Oh shit! No, yeah. I'm saying I like the issue. Yeah, it's just not the strongest one. Yeah, I I really liked it, and again, how you said that, and it's early... really getting away from that whole uh, the spy thing. We I I've enjoyed about the book with the cold openers, where it's now rogue agent tech. It is freaking licensed to no, which which uh, Bond movie was he a rogue agent? I want to say it was licensed to kill. You're talking to Timothy Dalton. Uh, go read my um, review of this issue, Eric, and I say how I hate James Bond. That's because you're a communist. No, I just don't. I don't like the whole spy thing. I really I'm don't. That, but now he's a rogue agent. He's going off to try to clear his name. Yeah. Well, kind of like in the new Mission Impossible movie, huh? Yeah, yeah. Anybody out there? Is this I, on? <laughs> hey, Tom Tom Cruise is in that, right? Yes, yes. Ay, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if that's the plot. I think that might have been the plot to the last movie for no. all I know. I gave it a 9.7 out of 10, Eric. I loved it. I really did. It's, I would have um, given it a 7.5. Yeah, you're wrong. What's next? Shit. We are Robin number two by Lee Bermejo with art by Jorge Corona and Rob Haynes, Trisha Mulliville Hill, <laughs> Carrie Randolph, and Emilio Lopez. Emilio. Mario Lopez? Isn't he Emilio. Slater? Oh, Mario Lopez. You need to grow that mullet back, buddy. Mario Lopez would make a, a good Dick Grayson. Are you insane? <laughs> He'd have, he has a nice butt. Okay, go on. Fair enough. Go on. Welcome back to the nest, where after we see Duke Thomas and the rest of the street robins escape the horde of the hobos from the previous issue, Duke finds himself in an interrogation room being questioned by the police. Or does he? <laughs> after being asked some strange questions, Duke realizes that this is all a ruse set up by the man behind the robins. And after, <laughs> and after being given a motorcycle and a robin leather jacket, Duke meets up with the rest of the robins to go defuse some bombs that have been set around the city. What'd you think of that leather jacket? Would you I have worn it. it? Would you have worn yeah, it? I'm right. I would have worn it. I would wear I one. Enough. I would have thrown that thing right off the side. Like, the motorcycle's fine. Jacket. I would have put that thing on. Take I would have put my jacket. one leg up and lit a cigarette up. True. You would have put that leg up. <laughs> oh, my God. The next thing you know, to freaking there's a relax video going on. Come do it, Jim. When are you going to come oh do God. it? Ding, 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 ding. I have no idea, though, how this book is so fucking good. After all this yeah, shit, I don't like, either. Batgirl about its changes and shit I like that. I don't either. This book has come out of nowhere and surprised the hell out of me. I didn't like this issue. So much. I know you son of a bitch. Um, I thought again, I, it's it's the nature of the of the biz uh, that we have to have setup. You, you have to. Yeah. Um, but this was a lot of setup, so I, I can't say that I I love the issue. It's setup wrapped around a mystery, which is awesome, and in a part of an enigma. <laughs> I really like Duke Thomas. So do I. I. I didn't get a lot of him, uh, this issue. I think they're starting to try to push. Uh, and he's doing a good job. Uh, Lee Bormejo is doing a good job of giving you little bits of the other characters. Yeah. I'm not really interested in him. I really am not. Well, that's the problem. I'm assuming I got the shit in my notes here. I got a stall, got a stall, got a stall. Got a, yes, okay. yes. The biggest problem with this book so far isn't jam they're not jamming the names of these Robins down no, my throat. No, they're not. I would have liked because I'm telling you. We're two issues in. I'm done the book, and I can't tell you any of these other Robins' names. Well, except for Duke Thomas, of course, because yes, I'm Duke Thomas. He um, is there, and I'm so happy because he gets to hold my hand. He's not even that recognizable as a, of a character because he's a little kid and uh, zero year. Yeah. And then he, we see him futures, and he is the new Robin. Mm -hmm. And then we have him here. 
No. And I'm saying, I like it. He's there as a little bit of a guide to hold my hand and walk me through this world. Oh, and it's true because they're, it opens their fighting. And you're there, and I'm saying things to myself like, oh, no, guy with crazy glasses. <laughs> Watch he's out. My least, he's my least favorite Robin, and, whoever oh, he is. Oh, no, big guy. I like him, the big guy with the, big big guy, guy yeah. with the, the scarf over your the mouth. The bandana, yeah. Yeah, and um, then there's, hey, he's watch out, auto. other guy Bandito. that kind of looks like a, I don't know, and that's the problem, but I don't. Well, I hold, for this, I actually wrote down in my notes here because on the first review for the labels, I put down their, what, is, what I don't even know, what you, the texting names they go by. Okay, yeah. But it's Dax Attacks. Dax Attacks. Cat Arena, so Katrina, but with the, like okay. a capitalized R in the middle there, mm-hmm. and Dre B. Robin. Oh, Dre B. With oh, they, it's funny because I do remember them saying Dre. Yes, I thought, oh, but Dre. I don't know who the fucking character is on the top like, of my head. I like the girl that was hanging out on top of the light. That who has could the, be Cat Arena. That she she has the most Robin-esque outfit. She's very Carrie Kelly with it, which yeah. I'm actually kind of pissed off they didn't get Carrie Kelly for this. That would have been, eh, she Tom, I'm saying Tomasi did all that work to bring her in for no reason. Yeah, maybe that who that's who runs the the, the nest. No, no. <laughs> it's a skinny old man, but it's Carrie Kelly. Now, like I said, I will never – I'm telling you now, um, if this book lasts to 24 issues – I'll never learn these people's names because I just I I'm awful I, that way. I'm just waiting for that spread that freaking splash page where we have the, like that last page they oh, have they, where they're running off. That's not yeah. even the last page. It's where they're running off to go defuse the bombs, and we have the spreadsheet of uh, the spreadsheet. <laughs> goddamn splash page of all of them, and I would just like to have their names. Like, yeah, I was going to say like what they should do with every intro of Agreed. this series. This series should have every issue start with them in some crazy karate pose. And Agreed. all the names, and then I would love that you start. You know, you're you're kind of getting a little bit of an idea what each guy kind of brings to the table. Each issue, you get a little more, but not enough. But I, and again, I don't like to be spoon fed things. But maybe there's a time where you should be. Where Agreed. I could get the idea that okay, that's Dre. And that's Draby Robin Be- Behemoth, and that you know whatever their names are. Um, but I don't know. I'm like, saying I could, I could go back in and just like you know memorize these motherfuckers, but I'm not. I'm just reading this book. I'm reviewing it. I'm trying to be a casual reader and well, not go overboard with this I'm shit. I'm going to say I think Lee Barhamo is a um, he's got some skills, Eric. Damn right. And he is not spoon feeding these names. There's a reason <laughs> because he wants us to learn just the group in general first, and then we'll start to learn things. Um, Agreed. And again, what we talked about uh, like last week with what do you want to call these people? You know, like uh, Robo Batman and yeah, shit like yeah, that. And, that, and yep. uh, Doomed. But yeah, doomed. what are we calling these guys? I, I've been just going by Street Robins. Yeah, I just... Do we want to call them We Are Robins? It's I weird. It's, I just call them Robins in my really? head. This is another thing, though, that, again, I don't review this. You do. Yeah. And I just... The gang of Robins, I might Maybe. call them, or the gang, or the team. It's, I, I probably would go very generic because, unfortunately, right now, um, the team itself is very generic. Like I said, yeah. I think that it is um, by design. I don't think he really wants you now. Now I see. I'm looking through, and there's the other girl. There's two girls. The one that yes. looks like Carrie Carroll, the other one. The other girl's name's Izzy. 
Okay, Izzy, I don't even have that yep. in my note. All right. Yep, I just saw that. And again, I'll, I'll, I won't remember that the next book we do. No. You say to me later on the podcast, hey, what's that girl? I don't know, Izzy, Izzy Stradlin from freaking Guns N' Roses, maybe? That's, <laughs> that's how I'll remember it. But yeah, you get this idea. I really like the intro, though, where they have the the narration, and it's Duke kind of telling his mom and dad. like I almost, really love that. And he's like, right. I'm making friends. What's great about it is he's writing it to no one. He His parents are missing, Ooh. so he's kind of just like... That's how he's talking to his parents, so it kind of hits hard there. But I really like the way it is that it almost sounds like he's at camp. Yeah. But And he's, he's painting a, such a nice picture of what's going on, <laughs> and it's such a great juxtaposition of what's going on in the, in the book. Uh, I really like that. I'm telling um, you, that first narration, the monologue about Duke Thomas, really yeah. set me on the whole, like my whole positive stride for this book, so yeah, I really love I, that. I really like that. And, um, but then you get to where he thinks he's arrested. Yeah, and I don't know. It just it just seems silly. It's very V for Vendetta. Yeah, and it, it just seemed a little silly, and I don't know. It seems like I, I can't even explain. I'm glad it. you brought that part back up, though, because I want to talk about the guy who's interrogating. Yeah, he's oh, obviously the nest guy. Yes, that's we have to talk about that, and and it's funny because they all have met him in different ways. Yeah, and some think he's Batman too, which yeah, I love. Oh, that's and I have a big, big, huge problem with that, Eric. Why? Huge. Batman's dead. They don't know they that. They know that. No, Everybody they, knows that. He's, hey, look, yeah, even Lex Luthor so, said and Grayson, hey, you're, you're big, like, Batman's missing. And I had missing. an issue with that, and I forgot to say it. It's just, okay, he's missing. So they think that they're so special that he's just showing up. And of course, you look at him. Yes. Does that look like Batman at all? Batman's a master of disguise. No, he doesn't look like Batman at all. And then Duke even calls him, like, I met Batman. And then they're, like, calling him out on that. Um, why would they People not mention liars. the robot Batman? I just everything with this Batman. With, Maybe and this it's is taking not, place before that. Maybe these guys are filling the void that the Batman has left again, since before it, there's a new robot not, Batman. This is not this book's problem or issue. It's this crazy concentric continuity that Dan DiDio talks <laughs> about. And there's parts where it just drives me nuts. I think that it's obvious that they are forming this band of Robins because there is no Batman. Is that what we're calling them, the band of Robins? Yeah, I, you All right. like that? The band of Robins. They're, they're there because there is no Batman. And if this is, in, ca- in fact, Alfred, which you're led to believe, so I don't think it is. See, I don't um, even know if you're led to believe that. It's well, very innocuous. No, no, they're... they're they're pushing it. It's, it looks like an old guy with the worst disguise. He's got the hand the best, no, going the, and the, the hand that, behind his back. Yes, the hand behind his That's back. Ridiculous. I think that was very subtle, actually. Yeah, I don't because it's. You look at it and it's. Ne- he never pulls that. I hand actually, out. when I got when I got done this book, I went back and checked out all the panels to make sure that his right hand is never used. Yep. Um, but the thing that really put it over top is thinking that Alfred is an actor and that disguise, like that, the way the guy looked. Looked like a stage freaking disguise, like you know, as prosthetics and whatnot. Like you, like he's in the final act of Don Quixote. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks ridiculous. But again, I would think that if it is Alfred, say we're gonna say yes, we think it's Alfred. Yeah. The reason he's forming this is because there's no Batman, and it's after he gets his hand cut off, so it's yes. after that. So I just well, this is totally post Endgame. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. It just doesn't seem to match up fully with the, what's going on. But that's fine. It, we're, it's story over continuity, Eric. This story over continuity. I would. I don't like that leather jacket, though. I would have thrown that I away. Like that. It is a great leather jacket. <laughs> uh, and you know what else? Then um, he gets out of this interrogation after he sits in that room hey, waiting for the same thing. police so to come back, and then he 
goes out, sees he's not really in a police station. You know, I would have spent a longer time in there. I would have been so afraid. I'd still be there. Exactly. He sees this motorcycle, and then there's another scene where all the gang of Robins are on this rooftop. (laughs) I just thought of something, too. I come out. I have this leather jacket, the cell phone, and this motorcycle. I would have put this, the leather jacket on and walked away. I don't know how to ride a motorcycle. Yeah, I'd be afraid of them. You can't see either. No. You'd be looking at the – trying to read this this phone. You wouldn't be able to read it. And you'd, so you'd grab the leather jacket. Because I'd be out and about. I wouldn't have my glasses because I'm a vain I know, motherfucker. I know myself. I would get out of that, that room, and I would think that I'd be stealing that jacket and the motorcycle. So I would have just ran out. This is nothing. a trap. I wouldn't even taken the jacket. Yeah, it's I'm really, going back to my terrible foster parents. Up. Uh, but when you see the gang of Robins on the rooftop, the police have really set, like stepped up their game. <laughs> they're, they're really... <laughs> tra- I just start yelling in this empty warehouse. This is a trap. I know you're out there. Um, <laughs> when the kids are up on the the rooftop and yes. they're talking, I really like that dialogue because it's so not, do I. It's not the standard like, "Hey, we're gonna do good and we're this." They, they're like, "Man, I'm gonna be grounded." Oh, why are we exactly. here? They're oh, this total is teenagers in yeah, this, especially when good. Duke shows up and they start doing that alpha male shit. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. It's very good. No one wants to give an inch. Yeah, I like how Duke shows up with like he looks like he's in a pose that's from the thriller video. He looks like <laughs> Michael Jackson. I'm looking at it now. He's like, "Hey," and it's Duke, not dude. Ooh-wee. He needs some more zippers on he that needs, jacket. Yeah, if he got that, would have been great. If it was yeah. like the freaking thriller jacket, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> with "I'm, a not, big R I'm on not wearing that." <laughs> this is racist, Nest. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. And then they all break in the dance. But yeah, uh, you're right, though. I'm looking at the end when they're running away. Perfect time for them to I know. put a little little placards there of each guy. And especially because what we thought, we even got a question. I Did Shisanga ask us that a couple weeks ago about who we thought the first Robin was going to die? Yes. I think it was Shisanga. And I read the solicits, and it looks like they're really trying to hint that somebody's going to die soon. Well, we better start learning these people if Agreed. we're going to care about it. I because need to have if, a connection. If somebody dies now, you're, yeah, you're going to be like, oh, man, that uh, – that guy who looks like uh, with the crazy glasses, with he the shoulder died. And I'd be like, what the hell do I care? Yeah, the big guy. He's my favorite. I like He's that guy. He's my favorite as well. I'm Actually, gonna... him and the Carrie Kelly. I'm going to at... call him Brute. What do you uh, think of that? Um, Brute. Is the, the R uppercased? Yes. All right. Good. Uh, but yeah, the whole story, though, ends up being this. Lowercase uh, B, uppercase R. That would be oot. good. Oot. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're going to get these um, bombs. That's basically it. I don't like how Duke keeps calling the guy Ratface. He, he says it too no, many honestly, times. No, honestly, I said that to myself because we never found out in the first issue or even this issue who that guy is. Yeah. And I even think I put in that first review some Ratface motherfucker. <laughs> it's still, though, he just keeps saying it. Um, hey, it's the way I would have done it. In personally. your review, did you mention the epilogue at all? Um, a little bit. I just okay. said that uh, who's ever behind the nest uh, is trying to – has infiltrated the group and is trying to find out who is the puppeteer behind the Ratface It's so funny because – to me, the guy in the epilogue doing that, uh, I think it's Bruce. Really? I really do, yeah. Yeah, and he, I'm telling you, he looks more bulky in this as well. Um, yeah, I actually think it's Bruce Wayne. That's crazy. So You're I, crazy. So <laughs> it, it could be the whole case may be that um, it is both Bruce and Alfred doing this. I, it's I don't very know. odd for the, any of that. To, I'm telling you, it's odd for Alfred to be doing it, well, let alone Bruce. It's Alfred, certainly I odd know, for a little Alfred. Bit, it's actually, it's certainly odd for Bruce in my no, mind. I think Alfred, Alfred, we don't understand the PTSD he's gone through since getting his hand cut true. off. And I don't know what he knows about like uh, Batman being around or yeah, not. We have yeah. no idea. You know what? I think he'd know that you shouldn't get little kids involved in shit like this because Batman pretty much all my, <laughs> if, if Bruce survived or if he obviously did, if, if he knows that Bruce survived, it doesn't matter to me because he almost died. 
Agreed. I mean, he's Batman, and he was, you know... A They've already hair... lost Jason Todd. Yeah. yeah, and all this. And you know what? Up to and a Dick point, he thought he that knows. Dick was dead. Exactly. So I don't think he would do it on his own. I don't know anybody who would do it. I have a feeling that it is not a good guy. I think that the oh, person be doing better. this, I think it's somebody who is not a good guy, and then you're going to end up being turned around where they're going to have this team is already formed, and then they're going to go off on their own. That, that's, that's an just excellent me. theory. That's just me. but That's excellent. But whoever it is, he's funny. got bank. And you know what? It'll, ju- it'll just be Alfred. <laughs> it'll be Alfred. That's <laughs> I actually really like your theory now. Mm, of course you do. Of course you do, Eric. What I gave this an 8.8 out of 10 because I love the art, I love the story, and the only reason it's not as high, which I think I give the first one a 9, so I knocked a point two off, is because I need them to shove these goddamn names down my throat. Yeah, I, I would give them a 6.5, I put, because it's a lot of setup, and I know Get the, the fuck out of here, 6.5. I, I, I really don't like the, the non-addressing of Batman being dead and the robot, but I, it, for some reason it really I just story over continuity. Yeah, you gave me yeah. so well, much yeah. shit when I had problems. How about 6.5? over 10 that's what i gave it i also forgot one thing remember what duke says about uh, job being a vigilante no you, you don't don't remember this phrase uh, just say just think if this reminds you of something and i'm not talking about the cardboard box factory uh he says that this job has crazy hours bad benefits and no pay it's like what is he a comic book blogger jesus christ it's like so he you're works, not talking about the cardboard box I, factory. Well, it might be but i think it's more yeah bad benefits that's that's true holy moly uh, no, I, every day, I, brother. I think he's a blogger and a podcaster, actually. He works on Word <laughs> Science. I actually have him doing um, Mortal Kombat X on Monday. <laughs> we got a, there's a bunch of these guys who do reviews who go under a character names. We're yeah. just going to have a Duke Thomas next. That'd be great. I'm going to start going by character name. I, all of a sudden, you're going to see there's going to be 15 new guys on the site. It's all me. I'm going <laughs> to make up girls' names, guys' names, uh, crazy stuff. Duke Thomas is there. Kate Kane. Uh, I'll be Maggie, no, no, not that Maggie Sawyer. Uh, who else? Now? Killer Croc is going to do. I think Killer Croc is probably going to do the um, the Arrow book. Mr. I think Banjo. that just ended though. Oh yeah, Mr. Banjo. He's he's got injustice. He, from now on, <laughs> Mr. Banjo is on injustice. Gentleman Ghost is going to do Arkham Nighter. You know what? Fuck that. I got Gentleman Ghost. I'm going to do some shit with this. Are you Gentleman Ghost then? Okay. Damn right, I'm Gentleman Ghost. That's it. I think that when we make up another site, when this one fails miserably, or we get sued, or we get sued, we're going to make up a site with pseudonyms, and we're going to be undercover. It's going to be That's Lost Boys, the Marvel Comics blog. <laughs> then we get sued again. Yeah, we can't learn a lesson. <laughs> we just go down. The next thing, it's Big Mac, the DC Comics podcast. It's funny, actually. It reminds me of a story when I was uh, like a teenager. Me and my buddy Jay were working on our own comic book. Oh, yeah. To, oh, this used... comic book we hear so much about. Yes, mm. this comic book. Mm. Uh, this joke with us. It's been a running gag for us for over 20 years now where I'm still being sued by Stan Lee because I used to go up to Jay. Yeah, I'm working on this new uh, character, man. His name? Spider-Man. He's a guy gets bitten by a radio accident. It's going to be big, man. It's going to be big. And then like, how's that character going? Oh, Stan Lee is suing me, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so you, whenever... still, you still haven't done that book. What, Spider-Man? Yeah, Spider-Man. I'm waiting for that one, too. I'm telling you, the other week when I went to his birthday, it was even brought up. Hey, Spider-Man had a birthday the other day? No, my buddy Jay, when I went oh. to the, uh, Bethlehem to go uh, to a bar for his birthday. Oh, Bethlehem. Wasn't Reggie there? Yeah, Reggie you was should, there. You guys should have met him. I thought love, he was James Earl Jones. You guys love each other. He came in and, hello, Eric. Oh, shit. I'm going home with him. Pulled down that zipper. And then all of a sudden, he started going, ba-doom, bop, ba-doom, bop, mow, <laughs> mow. And then Bowser would go, oh, yeah. It sounds like a fun-filled evening. That's right. That is a heck of an evening. 
I love Reggie's voice. He, so do I. He said to me beforehand, oh, man, wait till you hear my crazy voice. I'm, oh, it's ter- oh, my goodness gracious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take splicing of that, and I'm going to use that for everything. If I, I, if I lost my voice, if they took my vocal cords out, I'd get Reggie to record every word, and then I'd talk <laughs> like Reggie. That's what I would do. I always thought they, they have voice boxes, obviously. And most yeah. of the voice boxes are like, hey, buddy, what's going on? I'm fine. Oh, God, and, no. <laughs> and, uh, hey, uh, what do you want for dinner? I'll have spaghetti. And I always thought, why don't they do uh, celebrity impressions for those voice? I wish I was a celebrity. Or even get like a – I think you name? understand how this technology works. Get uh, Michael Winslow. He's around, right? Uh, I'll talk of course about he's him. around. I'm going to talk about him later. He was in Sharknado 3. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I saw that. Sure I he was so... doing beeps and, and freaking noises. <laughs> I was going through the channels I saw in that premiere, and I'm like, no, I can't do this to myself. <laughs> yeah, he was in there. I was, I was listing um, the celebrities because my wife, Tanya, is like, why do they keep having these? What are people in it? Uh, and I said, you don't understand. These people that I will read that are in this movie, no, they're not big stars now, but they once were. They're like um, a lot of times in sports, if you don't follow your team closely, all of a sudden they'll start getting these people like, holy crap, we got that guy. The guy hasn't been good for five years. <laughs> That's what these people in this movie are. So I'm going down the list. And I'm like, you know, there's Ian Ziering, there's uh, Tara Reid, the, the standard. But then there's all these others. And then I'm like, Michael Win, And I got all excited. That was like <laughs> the biggest name to me. I'm like, Michael Winslow's in there. I want to see his part. Because I'm sure he's doing some stupid. Beep, 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 I imagine beep. he pulls out like a fake machine that, gun, starts making the sounds, yeah, and then gets eaten by a shark. That'd be great. I I actually thought it'd be a fake cell phone. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> that'd be so good. But yeah, why can't he do a voice box for a guy who you know somebody a smoker loses their voice box and gets crushed, and you have like I want the Ronald Reagan day, and you hit that, and then you're Ronald Reagan that day. I think it'd be really cool. Why don't they Again, do that? I, I don't think you know how this technology works, but you know what? You get right on this, buddy. I'm going to. I want to make some money for weird science. I, I wish I could do. I tried to do a Ronald Reagan, but it's like, well, that. So instead of I <laughs> want spaghetti, it's like, I love spaghetti. <laughs> I want to hit the Britney Spears one. Oh, that's so. Instead of what? What? Well, say something. I have the voice box. You um, ask me something. I want a deep dick in my throat. Oh, you want a deep dick in your throat? Do you? All right, calm down, Britney See, Spears. See, there we go, Britney Spears. We have it all. Master impressionist, Jim Warner, everybody. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. All right, I'm the Michael Winslow of the 45-year-old set, Eric. <laughs> all right, but you know what? This actually did not – I did not mean this to be a transition <laughs> because now it was actually on the next page of my notes. I didn't realize that we are up on Ryan Clark's Brightest Daycare, Ryan Clark's segment, The Other Side. And what is he doing, Eric? He is doing Archie versus Sharknado. Archie versus Sharknado. I hope that Michael Winslow's in that. Uh, <laughs> that it's written by the guy who wrote all the movies. Oh, so really? I, why the hell would they get that guy? Why Anthony wouldn't they? Anthony C. Ferrante, and with Don Parent, and Don Parent also does some of the art, and Rich Kozlowski. And I'm telling you, I don't know any of these guys because they don't do anything with DC. And unfortunately, I'm very narrow-minded in yes, my life. Yes, heard that about you. I don't like people. I'm not going to say my – what's my least favorite phrase of a racist? I'm not racist, but – I oh, Yeah, that no, or no. I, don't, I don't hate them. I hate everyone. I'm That's not right. racist. I hate everyone. That, I that like is the worst. I punch somebody right in the face when they say it. 
I want to punch them. You get that all the time. I don't understand why people still use a. I, it's, just go uh, with it, man. You're a racist. Yeah, really. Uh, uh, these people, and we've said, everybody said it. This is not something, you know, off the wall here. But any phrase that ends with but, exactly. <laughs> whatever they have said they're not, they are. It's like, I'm not cheap, but, yeah, you're, you're cheap. Yeah, I'm not That's also racist, the line. No disrespect, sir. I usually don't suck cock, but. It just keeps going. No disrespect, but I'm about to disrespect you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I thought you were actually going to diss me. No, 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 sir. Oh, wee. I thought we were going to have a rap battle. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Give me a beat. <laughs> where's, that, uh, where's that little guy from the Fat Boys? <laughs> yeah. No, well, calm down. Voice. You might give yourself another heart attack. Uh, actually, it, it always hurts my throat when I Mine as well. The human so I don't beatbox. even try. Brown, the age of 14, I was my own little human beatbox. Oh, yeah. Your father's beatbox, too. (laughs) All right, Ryan. Take it away with Archie versus Sharknado. Hello, and welcome to another weekly installment of The Other Side, your only place for non-DC comics comic book reviews on the otherwise all DC Comics Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am, as always, your host, Ryan, brightest daycare Clark, and I'm coming at you with some some fun and different stories for you this week. Uh, the book I have for you this week is Archie vs. Sharknado number 1 from Archie Comics, written by Anthony C. Ferrante, with art by Dan Parent and Rich Kozlowski, with colors by Andre Semenowitz and Casey Silver. Uh, the most unbelievable storm ever comes to Riverdale in Archie versus Sharknado. Uh, this one shot is just one installment in a growing series of stories to feature the Archie gang uh, meeting up with, teaming up with, and facing off against a myriad of pop culture characters. They've met Kiss, they've faced off against the Predator, the Sharknado, next it's going to be the Ramones. The list just keeps right on growing. Um, I didn't have a lot of high expectations going into this book, mostly because it involves a Sharknado, uh, which is a terrible B movie, more like an F movie, if that were a thing, um, that obviously doesn't have much credibility in the when animals attack type subgenre of horror, though I'm sure Eric Shea has a lot to say on the Sharknado subject. I'll let him talk about that as as much as he wants for the film Sharknado, but we're here to talk Archie vs. Sharknado, the comic book. Uh, This book has a lot of the visuals of a more traditional Archie comic. It kind of looks old school, um, not like the new Mark Wade and Fiona Staples reboot that feels more Degrassi than Riverdale, um, but with sharks that fall from the sky. So obviously it's not the Archie comic for Archie fans. There's a different people in mind when they made this book. Um, not to mention that Archie and the gang wield chainsaws almost as e- easily as Ian Ziering does in the movie, which is to say it's surprising and um, a little bit baffling how quickly and easily they're able to pick up and expertly wield that kind of an item. If it was me, I'd end up with one leg in a matter of minutes. I'd not good with not good with heavy machinery like that. 
Uh, I really enjoyed the humor of this book. Um, I don't know if I enjoyed the shark murder or the jokey one-liners most, um, but the jokes were honestly laugh-out-loud funny at parts. Uh, my favorite moment is when the band Quint shows up in the book, who made the theme song for Sharknado 2. So there are wonderful pop culture references throughout that. And yes, Quint is the name of the band. If you don't know what that is, look it up. I don't have time to educate you on that. Uh, Quint shows up to a school dance and meet Riverdale's band Josie and the Pussycats. And the singer of Quint asks the, the Pussycats drummer, Melody Valentine, if she ever gets told she looks like April Wexler. And uh, for people that don't either know the uh, Rachel Lee Cook, Josie and the Pussycats film, or Sharknado, both of those characters are played by Tara Reid in film. And Melody says to the lead singer of Quint, spoilers for Sharknado, she says, yeah, but I have both hands. And then in the following scene, spoilers for Archie versus Sharknado, Melody loses her hand just like April does in Sharknado the movie. Uh, now, I thought this book was going to be ridiculous with lots of random pop culture references, and it had that plus more references I probably missed. Uh, I'd like to find someone who has put in the time to do a, a bit of internet sleuthing and find out if all the random severed heads peppered in throughout the Sharknado scenes um, actually are specific people and who those people are. Uh, the one thing that this book is missing for me, which Sharknado 2 had and Sharknado 3 seemed to have in spades, is guest stars. Um, Sharknado 2 had a bunch. I know I've already seen David Hasselhoff is supposed to be in 3. Mark Cuban is the president in Sharknado 3. So I would have liked to have seen a little more, you know... President David Hasselhoff, some sort of very, very obvious reference to a pop culture character. Um, I, I'm sure this is kind of a bit of a logistical nightmare to try and secure likeness rights for people for a comic book that has Sharknado in the title. The, the credibility kind of goes out the window there, so I understand why not too many people probably signed off on wanting to be um, lampooned or harpooned in this book. Uh, overall, I thought this book uh, pretty much ended up giving me what I expected out of it. Uh, it was a bad story, but very funny, and with enough jokes and disgusting and bloody moments to really draw you in and make you forget for a while that you paid money to read a Sharknado comic book. But really, I think that Archie Comics is brilliantly marketing their characters and finding all these new and different ways to keep someone like Archie in print, on shelves, and in books that people are reading and talking about. Still, after 50, 60 years, Archie is still out there and people still care and want to read it. So somebody's doing something right, because I'm here to tell you about Archie vs. Sharknado and who would have ever in a million years thought that would happen. Uh, this book definitely is not going to win any awards, um, and is probably not for anyone who would consider themselves a diehard Archie fan. Uh, but if you're anything like Eric Shea and like terrible horror films like The Puppet Master, 
Um, you probably like Sharknado, which personally I really do as well like Sharknado. Um, so if you like those kind of things, then this book is definitely right up your weird and twisted alley. Uh, some other books that I've been reading uh, recently or getting into reading, uh, Captara by Chip Zdarsky from Image Comics at a recommendation from Reggie, a uh, friend of the Weird Science Guys, uh, recommended that to me. That was great. Uh, the new Cyborg, number one from DC Comics, was a great read. Uh, Star-Lord and Kitty Pride had some uh, fun animation-style drawings and had references, references to uh, Disney films in it, so that's fun. Uh, I've been reading the fourth volume of Mind Management, which has been a great sort of psychological thriller book throughout, so that's definitely one to check out to look for something different. Uh, and I'm about to jump into Birthright from Image Comics. I've heard good things about that title and uh, picked it up to try and start reading that. Uh, if there's any books that you would like to hear me review on here, or if you, like Reggie, have any suggestions to make for stuff that I uh, don't talk about or haven't talked about, you can reach out to me um, on Twitter, at BDC Comics. I have pages on Tumblr, Facebook, and Google+, Plus. if you just search for Brightest Daycare, two words uh, in any of those will come up, uh, as well as I post all of my written reviews and podcasts from brightestdaycare.com. The Brightest Daycare weekly podcast that I host is up uh, every week. It's on iTunes. Again, two words, Brightest Daycare, and it's the only option that comes up. And if you want to reach out to me directly, you can email me uh, directly at brightestdaycare at gmail.com. And until next week, I will see you on the other side. <laughs> Wee, that's Sharknado air. Boy, that Sharknado. It? Sharknado 3. Sharknado Archie 3. Archie versus Sharknado. What is Sharknado's 3? What's the tagline? Do you know? Oh, hell no. You got it. You got it. You know that they're going to have, they already announced Sharknado 4. Did that. I didn't hear and that. And I heard that they are doing a Twitter vote on if Tara Reid will survive. Uh, because I guess it ends with her That's almost hilarious. dead. And she's almost dead. They're going to so do it. It's almost like Jason Todd back in the I, day. I've already seen it. Mention is that. Um, I pulled it up, though. You want to hear some of the stars of Sharknado 3? I know you don't, and I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> you got Ian Ziering. You like Ian Ziering. I don't even know who that is off the top of my head. You don't, he, that's the main guy. That's He was, uh, what's his name, in uh, 90210. That's his oh, what's deal. his name? Yeah. I, I, Luke? No, not Luke Perry. Um, I never God. watched 90210. Damn it, I'm looking. Was he that right big he guy? He was Steve. No, he's Steve. He had problems, Steve. At one point, he bought, he bought the peach pit. You don't now, know this? <laughs> I want to I wanna ask you a question. How old were you when 90210 came out? 90210, I'm looking at it right now, 1990 to 2000. Holy um, shit, it was on that long? Yeah. I, was I had like, no idea. Oh, yeah, I was like 18, 19 years old when it started. So, yeah, I wasn't old or young. I was right in the prime demographic. I don't think that really is a prime demographic for a grown man to be watching 90210. A grown man. I'm 18. There's people that were watching that show that were probably 50. Okay. How okay. old were you when you watched 15? Oh, the show 15? You mean Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds' first vehicle? The Canadian yeah. show that was on yeah, Nickelodeon? I was yes. about 18 or 19. I love that show. Oh my god, I love that show. In fact, one of the guys uh, that was friends with Pete would call now, me at me. college and we'd talk about 15.
Now, excuse me, I'm going to go play with my Imaginex. Yeah, Good day, no, sir. No, no, no. Um, I'm going to say, <laughs> Ian Ziering, you don't like that guy? I don't know him off the top of my head. You don't like him, huh? Well, sure. he was a voice in Biker Mice from Mars. Never I'm watched gonna, I'm going to give you some... Uh, my buddy Rich some, really liked that show, though. I'm going to drop some knowledge on you here. You're going to love it. Um, he was a Wild Wing in the Mighty Ducks cartoon. Never watched it. Mason Forrest in Batman Beyond the Movie and the TV series. Mason um, Forrest. I'm trying to remember who that was. He was Dr. Nick Tatapopoulos uh, in Godzilla the series. Never watched it. See, I don't know you want from me here. He was in Jag. He was Never in watched S- it. Son of the Beach. Never, I actually I watched a couple episodes of that. Harry Osborn in the Spider-Man cartoon. Which Spider-Man cartoon? Uh, just Spider-Man. Spider-Man TV series 2003, it says. Never watched it. Okay. He was in something called Man vs. Monday. Again, he was nope. like Vinny and Biker, Biker Mars from Biker Mike's from Mars. I can't say that. Jeez. Stop it. He was Chase Huffington and Jeez. Drawn Together. I watched a lot of that. So he was on CSI know. New York. He's, he's been in tons of stuff. That I don't um, watch. He was in Sharknado. Sharknado. I, I, I haven't watched a single Sharknado all the way through. I, I watched the first two, actually. Just goofy. Um, Frankie Munoz. Is in Sharknado three. Frankie Munoz. That whole Lake Placid versus Anaconda mm. sci-fi's got going but on. But Frankie Munoz isn't in that. Nobody's interested in Frankie Munoz. Remember when he was at the Wizard World? Yeah, that's what I thought about. And now the paddle for Frank. Oh, no, no, the, the booth for Frankie Munoz is now open. Big loudspeaker. Mm. Like, who the fuck wants to see that? <laughs> hey, Malcolm. And then I realized though, I was right next to the fucking booth. That's, that's not nice. He's probably a very nice guy. Uh, also, Honestly, I think he's a dick. I have no yeah. reason to think this. Biggest dick in the David world. David Hasselhoff no was in Sharknado. Mark Cuban, Bo I Derek, Michael Winslow. He played Brian Jonesy Jones. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Neo was in it. Chris ne- Jericho. Who? Neo. Keanu Reeves? Neo. <laughs> no, Neo. Chris Jericho. Ann Coulter. Ann Coulter is in Who the? Why are these people in this movie? Why are you naming the people in these movies? Bill Engvall. I know that name. He's that uh, terrible fucking uh, yeah. blue collar comedy, right? Or yeah. what? Yes, he is. Rick Fox. Um, is, that, is that Jeff Fox? Is from brother? He was a former basketball player. Uh, okay. Jerry Springer, Penn Jillette, Teller. So Penn and Teller in it. Uh, Kendra Wilkinson, Holly Madsen. There's just everybody's in it, Eric. Everybody but me or you. What are you That's talking about? Sharknado. That is Sharknado. I'm in it. What are you talking about? That's yeah. why I don't watch my own works. Why I don't listen to the podcast. Yeah, really, you never do, do you? And no, uh, You know I listen to it. Well, then you here. won't get to hear the next part because I'm going to go back in the books and I am going to talk Flash number 42, written by Robert Van Ditty Thank and God. Van Jensen. Art by Brett Booth, Norm Rapmund, and Andrew Dollhouse. Everyone on this whole th- creative team, big fans of the, of the podcast, Eric. They told me yesterday they love this podcast. Did they? No. They, uh, they you got me excited the for a second. They have talked to us. Van Jensen. So they, they are friends of the site. Yeah, Brett Booth has talked to us. Andrew Dollhouse. Norm Rapman, he's on my list. Oh. <laughs> I don't like those inkers. The hell with them. They think they're all snooty. I all think right. they do. I think they do. While all the hype is surrounding Professor Zoom in this book, I couldn't wait to see Henry Allen and his band of misfits. While we get a cool bit with Girder, who's still my favorite, the best part of the issue was Professor Zoom. While Oops. he toyed with Barry last issue, he becomes a straight-up villain this month. He turns Henry from a wrongly accused murderer into an actual murderer and shows Flash that he knows a little bit about his family. While this issue is a lot of setup, I like what we got story-wise, and Brett Booth and the rest of the art team nail it as usual. 
You didn't like it as much as me, and I'm telling you, I look at the roundup, like and nobody liked it as much as me. I am a big fan. Uh, this is one of my favorite books, and I'll tell you. It's maybe, a great book. I love this series. One of the best yeah, series maybe, that DC has. Maybe I am a little biased with this, but I love Flash. I, whenever it comes out, I'm all excited. That's always the first book that I read and usually review, and I really liked it. I, I liked it a lot. I liked it mainly because... The Professor Zoom last issue to me, it seemed like a lot of pomp and circumstance, like, hey, we got to do this. Hey, we had a break. Professor Zoom, boom, he's there. This issue really, to me, makes him like, holy crap, this guy means business. He is an asshole. And I, I thought it was great. I really did. Um, I like the idea. I always like Barry when he's doing his uh, CSI work. Little undercover work. You don't even there. really get that, though. Oh, you do. He eavesdrops, and that is a prime example of <laughs> detective work. work. Uh, no, when he's in the, he does it fast, though. He does it as yeah. flash. He's in the in um, his dad's cell. I'm actually he, pissed off about this scene. Okay, well, he zips around and sees what you didn't like the comment about the breeze. <laughs> no, no, I the thing. Well, actually, that was a little weird. But Captain Singh says, while like Flash is spinning around, just trying to see what he can get around them. Mm-hmm. Drafts like that in my cell. I'm sorry. Drafts like that in my cell. I'd and we never get to figure out what he no. would do if there was a draft like that in his cell. I I'm so he, interested, man. I think he would pull his pants down, and I don't know. I just thought he was like he'd complain. It's like I that. Really it was one of those like I oughta. <laughs> That's. But yeah, I I liked it. I like and basically when the, you see it's funny because they're talking to the guard. That got conked over the head when yeah. uh, Henry escaped, and all of a sudden you look and there's Barry's, Barry's head, head poking in. Points in. <laughs> now I'll tell you, I did not like anything that went on with Iris in this issue. I thought no, it was bullshit because it's all it was to me was tying it into the goddamn TV show. All of a sudden now she is assigned. I'm assigned to the Flash beat. I'm on the Flash beat. I'm on the Flash beat. That is bull crap. I don't like that. Well, she always. I'd call of, it the flash, the fast track. Oh, the fast track. Would you? Was wasn't that the name of the Lois Lane? Uh, that was. It might have been. It actually. was like one of those things from the future. That was her uh, blog or whatever. I think it might have been Future's End. That she was the fast track. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so fast can, lane. Yeah, fast lane. Yeah, you can't take that. But yeah, fast track would be good too. But yeah, it's, it, it was kind of hokey. But again, I I, I mentioned copyright while you can. Yes, I mentioned to you earlier this week. I said, man. The best part of this uh, that made me chuckle, though, is that there's no Wally in this issue. You haven't seen Wally in a while. And it's almost, it's almost like they get Iris to just mention him so that they can pack him away for later. Like, yeah, well, how's Wally? Oh, he's doing great. I mentioned this about Matt. And it's like, okay, we're not going to see Wally for a while. And it's so weird that they shove that in. Um, another thing that was forced a little is... When you get around to Barry figures out that the guy who got conked, the um, the prison guard, yeah, he was on the take, and when he they... was not on the take, oh, he is because he, he's saying he... it's not really a take though. Well, he's it's a going... noble cause. No, well, not his deal. He's just trying to get somebody to help his wife. And yeah, right. The the thing though that's so forced in there to just make sure that you realize that Barry's dad a is guy. still a good dude, <laughs> and it's like oh, it's forced. But before then. They're, they're getting out. They're trying to work this plan up, and a security guard sees them. They're at the, um, the medical depot, whatever. Yeah. They have the those, right? The med supplies. Yeah, the med supplies. And they're taking the stuff that eventually you realize they're going to use that for some of this. 
Um, now, I was and, saying, I wanted to ask you this. Are they doing this for something that freaking uh, Henry's working on, or is this solely for him to cure uh, that dude's wife's I, like, sickness? I have a feeling that he's involved in a couple things. I think that it's part of the sickness. And I think so we don't know what he's doing yet with all this. Sh- no, like, no, you know, in general, what I he's going to do about Zoom. Obviously, this came before the part with the wife. So you have it. You're, I think it's mainly this this blood thing. Which I'll give Henry credit. He escaped. He doesn't really need to follow up on his his deal again. Good and, dude. But he's a good guy. So, but a security guard go, comes in like, hey, freeze. And they're like, hey, we don't have to do this. All of a sudden, Professor Zoom shows up. Everything slows down because he's fast. He goes, grabs a gun out, puts it in Henry's hand, boom, pulls the trigger. Henry, Henry kills the guy. He's dead. So now he is a killer, Eric. I now, I got a problem with this, though. What's that? Now, you know, at the one point, we're gonna, everything's going to be resolved by the end of the story because it's a superhero story and that shit happens. No, I don't think it's going to be resolved. There's no getting out of this. I don't I'm saying, though, how do you prove Henry's innocence at this I, point? I don't think you can. I really don't. I said in my So review, even if he finds out that his father's innocent of the original crime of killing his mother, he's going to be in there no matter be, what. This will be the time he finally Flash will figure it out, and it doesn't matter his dad's a murderer because I don't know. I, yeah, it's comic books. I, I think I said in my review, it's like this is something you can't come back from, no. but it is comics. But, yeah, all the villains saw him, Girder, all these guys saw him do this. So it just them. Somebody's going to sing, Eric. Canaries are going to sing. And uh, – yeah, there's trouble for him. Uh, in the meantime, you get Girder. He goes to his grandmother's. That was a pretty funny scene. My favorite part scene. of the book. And uh, Flash fights him. And it's fun. I- I'm telling you. This issue to me had a really good mix of fun and uh, story advancement. I got a-, a good deal of, oh, my God, Professor Zoom is a is- – he's awful. He's an yeah, awful he's man. He's the worst motherfucker alive. Not only I is he just an awful guy, he is an awful guy who – for some reason, which we will probably find out very soon, has it out for the Allen family. And yeah. he wants to ruin the family. And so at the issue ends with him and Flash fighting. It's more of a, like a, a tornado of insults going. They're just <laughs> yelling at each other, and they're going. And you, you, he's basically taunting Barry. And Barry keeps giving him the, you don't know me, man. You don't know me. I'm like, don't say it, Barry. He's going he's gonna to drop something on you. And it ends with... Zoom gone, and Barry standing outside the house that was his house when his mom got killed. And I thought that that was an, such an awesome cliffhanger because it's it was not, cool. It's not one of those cliffhangers like, oh, and Wonder Woman shows up. Oh my God! It's a it's a cliffhanger that it just hits you, and it's not like I said, it's not one of those like, oh my God, I can't wait for next issue because I want to see what happens there. It's one of those like. Oh my God! That freaking—he knows everything. He knows who Barry is. He knows Barry's yeah. Flash. He something is involved with him and Henry. And uh, what the hell is it? it <laughs> and it really hit me. I thought again. I don't. These people and you with your bad talk about this issue. Well, I don't. Talk. I can't see it. reading this issue. I'm looking at it now. I loved it. I, I don't know why everybody hated it. Well, let's get back here for a second to uh, Gerda at his grandma's okay, house. Yeah. Now. As we'll find out later in the, uh, in the uh, issue, Barry will go and talk to that sec- uh, the security guard mm-hmm. and find out that he's doing all this because Henry promised to heal his sick wife who has some kind of blood disease, cancer. I don't even know, though, yeah, yeah. off the top of my head anymore. Yep. I just know he's a blood doctor. He's going to fix shit. He's a blood doctor. But Barry lets him go. He's like, you know what? You're doing this for a good cause. I'm not going to bring yeah. you in, whatever. Yep. But earlier in the book, Flash tracks down Gerda at his grandmother's house. And I love grandmothers, especially when they're oh. like, hey, you want me to fix you something, honey? You oh, know, yeah, whatever. yeah. Love Gerda's grandma. She's a nice old lady. Yep. But 
in this part, Barry pretty much says, you know what? What about you? your grandmother's going to be aiding and abetting a known felon now? He, he uses Gerda's grandmother against him, and I hated Flash at that <laughs> well, moment. I don't know, because she's pretty – she's going to shoot him. Yeah, well, she lives in a tough neighborhood, man. Yeah, she does. I like that she – it's not even like she doesn't know. She knows who he is. And she even points it out. She calls him Speedy. She's like, listen here, Speedy, you're, you're no, trespassing. Like, I got a, you're trespassing, Speedy. That sounds – well, hold on. That's grounds for me to defend myself. Uh, I, it, it, that always reminds me of those awful people that, like, they're always telling you that if somebody steps a toe on their property, they've read the law and they yeah, know they, they can, can shoot, shoot them. Yeah. And, like, why would you look into that? But this oh grandma loves Gerder. And even for Gerder's gigantic, monstrous faults, she loves him. And I love that fact of the book. But – you know, I really. Uh, this is know, my favorite part of the book. right? Why I love it too. It's not what she's not a grandmom who's like, oh, Gerder, you're back, and you know what? I know you're a good boy. No, she knows he's trouble. She even yeah. says, "What kind of trouble are you in now?" And then she makes some snickerdoodles, and I got hungry. I love snickerdoodles. I'm saying though, this is my favorite part, and I'm actually pissed off because how much I like nice old grandma. And Gerder he was starts using, fighting Fla- and, No, Gerder starts fighting Flash and rips through her goddamn Oh, yeah. Ass. I actually thought of that. I, I put it in my review that they have this here, and there's Gerda, and he just destroys her property. I felt so – I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Oh, this is your grandma's and, house. But I did like where they're fighting, and they're fighting amongst granny undies. Yeah. That's my grandma's that. unmentionable. Yeah, yeah. You put them down, Flash. <laughs> so good. But I'm telling you, I really wish in this scene we would have had Gerda say, like, you know, don't worry, Grandma. Flash – Let's take this outside. Yeah. If he just would have stopped, he knew that this is going to come. He's going to have to fight the Flash. Yep. Let's just walk outside for a second. Flash goes with it because he also knows he has to fight Gerda. Yeah, actually, it would be one of those funny scenes, uh, kind of like in Kill Bill, where they're fighting. Um, oh, yeah. And, and then the, the little girl, girl, shows, the little up. girl yeah. shows up and they put that. I wish that it was like that. He shows up and he's like, hey, uh, Tony, why don't you know, I have something to tell you. I don't have anything to say to you, uh, Flash. Oh, no, remember we have that thing. It'd be pretty cool. And then, like you said, they, like, walk out, start beating the crap out of each other. And then, of course, the next part would be Grandmom showing up with the snickerdoodles. Like, hey, boys, I brought you these. And they'd stop, have a cookie. That'd be hilarious. Look at each other. Then she'd go in and they'd start beating the crap out of each other again. That would be pretty good. Um, Yeah, I love the art of this issue. I love it, too. I was going through the book here and the freaking panel where Flash is face-to-face with Gerda and the little, like, Speed Force Lightning is going across. Amazing. Yeah. I, I I agree. I even like the one point when uh, Flash shows up and she points at him like, hey, Speedy, that, that bit. And he's like, don't, Grams. And you have that full yeah. view of his face. So good. I well, love her. I don't know. It, so do I. It's just that like um, th- between this and the last issue, it seems that Brett Booth has taken so much time to put so much more detail in Gunner. Because before he just looked like a big mess yeah. of like yeah, a, now a, a mountain man. Now you see everything in this yeah. issue. I have a and feeling. And it looks amazing. Yep. I have a feeling that uh, artists in general, like I'm sure Brett Booth likes this character design. And he's going to take a lot of effort into it. And it just didn't seem like this much in the last issue. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that, you know, as it's going on, maybe he's like, man, I really do like drum. Maybe I had a little extra time. Maybe. I, I always mention in my reviews that uh, Brett Booth, he has a great knack of making this a fast-looking book. Yeah. Where you have a lot of the backgrounds blurred and things like that. And I always like that. I, I have not had an issue of his that I'm disappointed with. And because of that, I could not give this book ever a four. No. I just couldn't. And people were. This is what I'm leading to. I'm mad at these people <laughs> with their reviews. This got a three. A person gave it a three. The hell? A three. 
I gave it a nine, Eric. I am way above everyone else, even you. You said you I would have given it a seven it. five yeah. to a seven eight. Yeah, I give it a nine. I really liked it. I know it's set up, and I pish posh set up a lot, but I really like what we got from Professor Zoom. I like that. Which isn't I, I just much, but it. everything I, was there was you know, awesome. I don't have to explain myself to you. I oh, like oh, it. Oh, okay, I like it. Nine. Shit. Nine. Yeah, I put in. Uh, yeah, the you, only. Wait, wait. Thing, it was only a nine. I gave it a nine. I thought nine you gave it like a 9.4, 9.7 or some I shit. Okay. Nine. nine out of ten. What's next? Next is Wonder Woman number 42, written by Meredith Finch, with art by David Finch, Jonathan Glapian, Johnny Desjardins, and Brad Anderson. I would Someone's going to get pissed off. I would say that's Desjardins. Z- no, Desjardins. Desjardins. I like that better Desjardins. anyway. Desjardins. Wonder Woman really takes a backseat in this issue as Meredith Finch, Finch flushes out her villains in the story. If we get we get these, I can't even talk now because I'm just thinking about how I don't redo this for you. That's right. I don't review them for you. I give a nine for me. Anyway, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. We get the descendant of Theseus who really comes off as a whiny, the world owes me godhood douchebag named Aegeus. Now, you've read this book, right? Yes, I did. Would you say Aegeus or Aegis? Because I asked my girlfriend. She said Aegis, but I have to say Aegis for some reason. Uh, your girlfriend said Aeg- Aegis? Yes. And then I say Aegis. I'm against her. Fair enough. <laughs> who we find? she says, I go opposite. Dishbag named Aegis. Aegis. Who we, who we find out that Eris put up to, t- put up to taking Wonder Woman down so he could become the god of war. And Eris goes and lets Donna Troy out of her cell so she can go and get the three fates to assist in her suicide. Yeah. Boy, howdy. I can't talk, and I think I should just stop right now. Yeah, <laughs> that was the most difficult thing I've had to do on this podcast. Talk? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like this issue. This is I probably the, one of my favorite Wonder Woman issues of this Finch run. Uh, I had to review it for a little bit, and I did not like it at all. I know, which is weird. I'm saying, well, I'm saying, I even put in my notes here. While I might be, not be in the know about the series because I haven't read it as regularly as I probably should have, I don't get all the hate on people seem to have for this creative team. Yeah, uh, I don't know. The, the first I've had two run, issues now, had and I've had a great issues. time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I had a lot of issues with that first arc. There was a lot of problems with that in my mind. Right. Um, but, yeah, this issue I like. There, there is some problems. I, I don't like Aegeus or whatever we're calling him. I'd call uh, it Aegis, but she, I don't know, she's a big Greek mythology fan. She might be right with this Aegis yeah, shit. he is a douchebag, though. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, there's a shout-out that I don't think you would have gotten. That's not really a shout-out, but it's a cool callback. Uh, that beginning when they're dancing. Well, has uh, she? She's danced at that club in Superman Wonder Woman. He, oh, really? She, I, did not I, get I that. believe it's the exact same club, but it always was in London. She took the one issue. It might have even been Superman Wonder Woman number one. Uh, ended with that you know possibly what, I remember that. where she took him dancing and Clark yeah. didn't want to dance. And I think it's that same club. I thought that was cool. That that, cool. That's definitely something that she likes to do. Uh, I thought that douchebag who grabs her ass looked too much <laughs> like Steve Trevor to me. He really <laughs> that's did. That's why she's angry. That's what I thought. She, she doesn't mind her butt getting pinched. It's that he looked just like Steve Trevor. And he went by the name um, Billy and he should go by Bill. He looks like exactly. a man. <laughs> Come no, on, Jimmy. What don't are you talking go about? by Billy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like I said, I did like it. I had some issues. Uh, that homeless part was just odd to me. I don't know. It, it was very odd, but we needed a re- reason for Wonder Woman to stand still long enough for Atheist <laughs> to get a shot, was, and then to bend down. It was now, did so... you see that? What is with that golden bow? What I'm saying, I, I'm saying, I am not a hunter or any archer by no means, but uh, but 
he's got this Greek myth- mythology weapon, you know? Yeah. Mythological weapon. Mythological I can't even talk weapon. to Jesus Christ. But it's not got Jesus' this... fault. It's yours, Eric. Zeus Jesus did not give you that. Zeus be tongue. damned. Zeus be damned. The crosshairs on this thing. Did that seem right to you? No. This magnifying crosshair no, on this just, bow? Again, I don't know where. Well, again, if I'm looking at the panel now, it does have a what appears to be a green circle there, and he is oh, looking down at it. So is somehow, okay. Oh, yeah, he's looking down. I still think it's ridiculous. But, yeah, in the meantime, they're, they're so concerned with this bum. who Oh, and he wants money. He's like, hey, spare some change. And they're like, no, you know what? We're going to get you a meal, and we're going to – no, he, he wants to get his drink on, Eric. You know <laughs> what I, I want if I'm that bum? I'm What's thinking, that? you know what? She's going to bring me back home with her. This is yeah, what I want. Yeah, I don't want. know. She's a little too hot. Even that bum is not that dumb. But, yeah, she's like, oh, and let me hold your hands. And, and yeah, it just seemed odd. And then here's the bum. Here's the guy. The guy only wants to get a, a beer or, you know, he wants to get a 40 is what okay. he's going to get. Some oldie? He's having problems. He's going to get some oldie. He's getting some Colt 45. He thinks he's freaking uh, Lando Billy Calrissian. <laughs> so he's sitting there. And all of a sudden, she flies off. <laughs> he must be like, Holy what shit. the fuck is going on? What is this happening? These hot ladies are flying away. Just so weird. But it's like she, the story of your life. Yeah, yeah. She chases the guy, and, and she recognizes him. I realized then that she I didn't. She didn't even recognize him. He has to come out, right? I fought you on the bridge. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, she But I, I guess I don't remember reading last issue, so I'm like, what the hell? That's weird. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. I'm thinking it's a callback, like, way back. It's from last issue. Yeah. I'm like, okay, last issue. But, yeah, I, I must not have read it. I, I don't remember, but I thought I did. Oh, well. But, yeah, I didn't know who that was. So I have a then, problem, though, here, because in the end of my review, I talked about how I would like this Aegis character to be flushed out more because I think he could be a fun villain. Yeah. yeah. And then I sat there. I actually read it. I talked about it with Jessica. I hate this motherfucker. I hate him, I, too. I really, I'm, he's not a fun villain. He never will no. because of how much of a whiny little fucking douchebag you know he is. He is. He's a dick. Yeah. He's a real dick. He goes to see his grandmother. No, it's his mother. Or it's his mother. Okay, it's his mother. I thought I, she looks so old. I, she's I dying, just man. She's on her deathbed. She looks old. So he's saying, and she's he's only he's not even twenty one or eighteen or something. Yeah, she said twenty one. He looks like, older. I know. And um, yeah, I thought it was eighteen that he's like he wanted to. You know, your dad wanted you to have this. And what does she say? He wanted it's you some to get magic 20. coin You're of right, some 21. sort. Twenty one. It was twenty one. Yeah, he looks older. Of course, I'm she right. looks like she's like hundred and ten. And she's there talking. She explains his lineage. And I'm telling you, I don't understand what she says. She mentions that, and she says, generations ago, a child was born to the maiden Athra, fathered by the king of Athens, Aegis, Aegis and the yes. sea god Poseidon. It was a wicked three-way, dude. And that's what I'm saying. And then says, the product of that union was the hero Theseus. Theseus. It just keeps going on and on. And then much of you, like, that is the most weird, it's, yeah, there's a threesome involved, I don't know what's going on, I'm like, and he's like staring there, he's all pissed off. And then yeah, he he's goes, a douche. Okay, so Mom, you've been telling me these silly stories, I know you're dying and all, but shut the hell so up, huh? She, she gives him this coin, right? Magic coin. Is, is no she, idea what it does. He goes to the ocean, are you assuming it's that day? Because I think it's later. I think, I think she, it's that day. I think she has died by then. Maybe. It but, could go either way, really. It doesn't um, really matter. What does he call his mother? Do you remember? No. He calls her an old bat. He says it. You've been saying that from the get-go. He goes, well, there's a time, there's a first time for everything. Let's see if the old bat was right. He was just there. He's an asshole. She either was dying or 
she's dead. Yeah. I mean, really. I, I didn't like my father. <laughs> if he gave me a golden coin, I might talk a little better. But, boy, he comes off as just a jerk. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that's I, the worst. We, this is how we see him now. He's this guy who is right off the bat. We know he's a douchebag. He's a yep. piece of shit. And then throughout this issue, he is just whining, too. Yep. We find out in this book that it's Eris, the goddess of strife, who's putting him up to this whole thing. Yeah. Because he goes to call out to Poseidon to find out if this whole bat's true with her tails. Yep. And nobody responds except for Strife, which we find out it is, but it's off panel at the time. Well, again, and, and the, the best thing is he talks to her in this, like, it looks like the bottom of a warehouse that has this pool. I always think, no, I, in my mind it's his basement. It has a oh. wishing well. Yeah, it's weird, though. And it is very weird. So he's just standing there talking to a wishing well, correct? Yes. This wishing well, we know, we end up, we know it's Strife. It's the most trash-talking wishing world I've ever met. Tells, him to, put on, tells him to put on his big boy pants. I don't Which know. I want to tell him to put his big yeah, boy pants but on. If I, but do you think he would keep listening going? I, I'd like, no. Nope. Yes. I'd put a lid on that goddamn thing and off I'd go. I, I'm not talking he to you wishing well. He is a power-hungry little shit. He'll he do is. whatever he's told to get the, the godhood he would, wants. Would you get the way that she's talking? This wishing well is talking to him. Do you think that this wishing well is going to do what you want? It's not. Put your big boy pants on, it says. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a godly wishing well to me. I don't know what kind of wishing well you, uh, you know, talk to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then but he, no, throws, checks, uh, he throws was, the coin and then... Yeah, I have no idea what this fucking coin is. It never explains it. Well, it's, uh, it's just an uh, heirloom that probably has the essence of the gods and you can use it to call the gods. Well, it's gone now. He threw it in his wishing well. He threw it to Strife. She said, put the big boy pants on. He threw it in. I, I can see him skipping or something, skipping the fucking thing. Saying as much as I talked about how much I wish you know she'll flush this character out so it becomes a big bad in the Wonder Woman world. Yeah, I really hope when it comes down to it, where Eris is playing her game, she's playing it with Donna Troy at the NDC too. I really hope it comes to Aegeus getting like almost what he wants, and she just simply murders him, like like she sticks a knife will. in his back, and then he's just there like all awestruck, like what are you doing? Why? And she's like, "You're a big nothing." So yeah. he dies knowing that because yeah. I hate him so much now after reading this book again. My call is somehow um, Donna Troy kills him and saves Wonder Woman. That's what I think is going to happen. I now I want Eris to betray the shit yeah, out of him. I just think Strife is up to her craziness. She's not uh, even in the whole Azarella run. She's bad. But yeah. she likes strife, obviously. Exactly. And that's, the, that's and the biggest problem I have with this book. I even put in my review, it's the biggest positive and weakness of the book because Meredith Finch is writing these characters the way they're portrayed in Greek mythology. She yeah. is spot on strife. You know, yeah, she's playing yeah. her little games, she trying to get people. Where that's all she does. She wants exactly. people to have conflict. It's but always, it's, she's just the, the bad, you know, every time somebody walks away, she's got to whisper in somebody's goddamn ear about how bad they are. And she said this about you and. I'm saying I like, like the book though. I'm saying yeah. I really like that she's doing it. I want her to make these characters own because when I got done reading the book, it was like watching an episode of Hercules, the legendary journeys of Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, even in that early seasons of Hercules, before they cast that sexy ass dude as Ares, uh-huh. everybody talked to him in this blood pool, which is kind of like that wishing well. Yeah, I didn't watch it. You didn't, didn't watch it. You watched. You were too busy watching nine hundred two one zero. I was too busy avoiding anything with Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo was awesome back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I, I didn't really like it. I, I had other I love the shows. That was more of when I was making my name uh, as a hockey player, Eric. I was busy <laughs> making a name for myself. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, but yeah, you're still again, busy doing that. It's weird, too, because I had... Um, Nobody knows you. Yes, I had yelled and screamed about... Uh, that when Meredith Finch came on, oh, I want you to. I wanted to make this book her own. I want to, and but you, this issue I liked a lot because it does have a lot of callbacks to Azarella's run. You go to right. Mount Olympus, you see Zola, Zola Zeke, see Zeke. Zeke's got his little, uh, little, uh, 
what are those called with the the I don't know whatever Toga? outfit is. no the outfit he's wearing I don't the, off the top of my head oh, I can't even remember I don't care it's a cute onesie outfit. yeah it's like a onesie he looks cute I like him. <laughs> and then you know you get you get these guys under rules she goes back and I I get the idea yeah I know I'll edit that out I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. She goes and talks to Donna Troy. Eventually, if I was Donna Troy, I'm like, listen, you put me in this goddamn cell. Why do you keep talking to me? She goes for every freaking issue. At this point, though, I was really thinking that Wonder Woman's getting to her. I'm like, all right, we're going to get a Wonder Woman, Donna Troy team up. It's going to be awesome. And then Uh, Aris has to show up. It's like a little game. We will get it. That's what it's it's heading to that. Yeah, Yeah, I know. If they didn't want anything of it at all. They would freaking Wally Wester. Yeah, she she wouldn't be here, <laughs> and that's what I thought when they said, "Oh, we'll put her in jail on on Mount Olympus." I'm like, "Yep, we're locking her up and throwing away the key for a while." <laughs> and let next every, issue, she let said, everybody calm down. Yep, right away. And she's talked to her every issue. And this issue, it's a big thing. She's got. She has it was the, the same key. thing in the last issue, which she, she didn't can read. Get out now, and yeah. I I don't know. Uh, you're getting the idea that uh, that she wants to, you know. She wants to die. No, she wants to die at this point. Actually, I think she wants to do something to uh, make up for what she did. She's not. She's going to go find the three fates so they can cut her thread. She wants to die. Yeah, Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to do something else, though. Of course, they're not going to kill off Donna Troy. Well, maybe they will. Who knows? I I don't care either way. Jesus Christ! (laughs) I just I have no connection to Donna Troy at all. She looks pretty good. She looks like Wonder Woman. Of course, she looks good. Exactly. She looks good. Wonder Woman looks good. Wow. Eight out of ten. You seem to be down on this book already. You don't want to talk about it. No, eight out of ten. Yeah, I probably would have given it about a seven. I did like it though. Seven to me for a this Wonder Woman bit is one. It would have been one of my highest scores. Actually, I'll give it a seven five. I'll, the, I'll give it to you. I'll give freaking, it. Freaking uh, David Fincher, one of my favorite artists in the book. This might be the best looking book at DC. Yeah, it is. I, I'm telling you, I really think that he has a similar style to Tony Daniel. Yes, and, and I like that. That's uh, yeah, why I like and, it. <laughs> and he's one of my favorites, so yeah, it's good. My next book, I like the art as well. It's a little different style, though. Justice League 3001, number two. Written by Jam DiMatteis and Keith Giffen. Keith Giffen's on plots, Eric. Oh. Art by Howard Porter and Hi-Fi. This book is one of my favorites, and it's a hilarious take on superheroes and the Justice League in particular. So when last issue ended with Supergirl showing up on the scene, my mind raced with the possibilities. Eric, where we get Supergirl uh, getting hit on by douchebag Superman? Would we get a different type of Supergirl? Are we going to get Matrix? Are we going to get what are we going to get? Or I wanted what, Matrix, but that wouldn't make sense. Would she order. call Guy a she and set the whole Twitter social warriors in a tizzy? <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't get any of that. And actually, oh. very little Supergirl. We do, however, get the Justice League working together, which is always fun. More Lois Lane as Ariel Masters and the end of the Starro problem. While not much happens, it was fun. And the end promises Jimmy Olsen, Turtle Man, and I can't wait. And oh yeah, the end features a JL3001 fact that I enjoyed and wish more books had. All right. I you, hated it. You hated this book? I know, I hated the ending. Oh, you did? I, I liked it. I liked that it just kind of gives facts you a little page, bit of the character. Don't like it. I it actually took me characters. out of the book. It made these characters oh, it like It took you out of the book. It was yeah. after the story. Agreed, but they weren't the characters anymore. They were being portrayed as if they were actors to a degree. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I actually, not. I don't mind it only because of the concept that they're clones that are not really them, and I liked it. I thought it went well with the book and the whole concept of it. Too silly. 
Yeah, too silly. It's a too crazy silly. book that's based on silly. And I like the silly that they give us, but this is just too over the top for me. Yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it that um, they're really they're desperate to get people to read this book. They really are. And if anybody reads that, no, they're, and they're, they're like, not oh, be, I liked it. They're I, not going to be doing it by this issue. Yeah, no, this issue is, is all set up. And yeah. um, I liked it, though. I thought that it was good. At the way... The thing that I like now, number one, it's weird because Superman isn't much of a douchebag in this issue. He's kind of a nice guy, which threw me off a little. Um, but basically, all you get is their interaction. They're fighting Starro the whole issue. The Starro drones. Yes. And but I like that you wave after wave. Yeah, wave after wave. I like the back and forth. You kind of get uh, a little bit of like the bloodthirsty Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah but yeah, uh, somebody just walking into this issue. Uh, they're not going to go away. Especially please. when they're presented with that freaking Lois Lane on that talk show. Yeah, yeah. That is a weird opener, and I, I don't know. It I, is I, weird. readers are going to be grabbed by that. It's it's weird, but again, it's if they read last issue, they'll understand it. If they just read this issue, they will have no idea what's going on. But last issue really stressed that she is so pissed off about this uh, ruse She's that she has. She's trying to get them killed and, every yeah, chance she wants she to get them killed every... And she doesn't like to be Ariel Masters. And I think it, it goes beyond just that. She also, I think she wants to be recognized as this evil villain, Lois Lane, <laughs> and can't stand that these people love her and the Justice League. So, yeah, in, the, in that interview, she's just bad-mouthing the Justice League and then tries to turn around as a joke. She, she's, she's crazy. Yeah. She doesn't realize things. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, oh I was joking. She gets off on her villain monologues and just realizes where she is. Like, yeah. oh, I mean, that's part of the yeah, joke. Yeah, that's the <laughs> joke. But uh, then, like you said, you go and you have the Justice League fighting and you have them with a little back and forth. It's just the dialogue. I always like the dialogue. Um, Terry goes off to find if she can find Starro Prime. She figures out, hey, if we can get Starro Prime, then the whole thing falls apart and we win the battle. And she leaves and calls Clark Clarky. Yes. And that becomes the running joke of the And, you know, the and did you like that? No, I didn't like that that much. Oh, good, because that was very similar to the Avengers Age Ultron where it's watch your language. Yeah, I don't like I don't. And like I'm sorry, because you, yeah. you hated that. If you liked yeah. this bit, I was going to kill you. No, I, I just thought it was just silly but again anytime i didn't mind it anytime that, yeah because you like that age of yes. Ultron garbage uh anytime that superman and batman in this book talk it's it's always good they they hate each other Gold. they're always waiting and and when he uh, when batman finds out that he sent terry off to go find starro he's just ripping into him but then oh god that was a stupid yeah, thing wasn't yeah. it and then he's oh, like no. yeah you know what you're right but then then you have guy which i love and i don't care what anybody says in my review i was even going to put a Fuck full em. out like, uh, here's an open letter to all you people you who have issues. And no, I just, it didn't seem right. I kept writing and I couldn't get it down how I wanted to. But this book is a, a farce. It's a spoof. Yes. And it's obvious now. These transgendered, I don't even know if all the people who have a problem are transgendered themselves. And listen, anybody can have their own opinion and feelings. I, nobody should get their feelings hurt. But to get their feelings hurt over this book is just pure nonsense to me. And the guy is not a transgender person in this book. He's not. You know what he is? He's a made-up person who is in the future, and they have parasitic cloning process. And it's just you. one plus one doesn't equal two here. It it just doesn't. He is not – this is not a social – freaking platform where jam dimatase is like you know what i want to do i want to show everybody that uh, transgenders are no 
it's ridiculous. The, the big joke, and we talked about it on the podcast, the big joke is that Guy Gardner is a bullheaded jerk-off. Correct? Correct. That's why I love him. So you get him, and you throw him into a woman's body, and he is going to be pissed. He's a sexist. He's a jerk. He's one of the most awful characters in the DCU. And that's why we love him. And we do. I love him because he's real. He's you. Yes. It's me. Uh, but no, I love it. He's all of us. Like I said, you, you're trying to get a, a character, and somebody came up, either Keith Giffen or Jam Some one of either one of them or somebody else said, you know what we should do? We have this cloning thing. They can come back any way we want them to. Let's clone Guy as a woman. And I'm telling you. Hilarious. Uh, laughter ensued, Eric, and didn't stop for days. Some they, pats on the back, some Oh, knee my snaps. God. They're smoking cigars and getting the rickshaw. Uh, yeah, they... <laughs> Arms getting up and shoulders. They're running They're around the They're getting the, the Ralphie done. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it is that's solid gold. It <laughs> is. And now in this issue, now they had this big issue with the thing, and the one person that anonymous on our site who had a big issue with me, and like, oh, you said Gal Gardner, and that's anonymous. very insensitive. Freaking go to hell. But this issue points out that it's funny because you're getting guy who has this DNA. He has female DNA, and his DNA spliced into it. And he's getting these moments where he has these women moments. And I said in my review, I like it because it is Guy getting in touch with his feminine side is what I think it is. And this goofy little book probably has more character development of Guy Gardner, not including the Red Lanterns of Charles Soule, which was very good. But nobody really gives Guy any character development in any book. He's always the awful guy who yells and yep. gets pissed off. This book is showing. It's knocked out one punch. It, this yeah, this issue has, or this whole series one with Guy punch. has all the. It's so good. So he's like, "Yeah, you go, girl." And oh man, I can't believe I'm saying that. It's so funny to me. And people just they don't. I don't know why they read comics. Is, people read anything nowadays. Like I am miserable. Is that I, thing steady? What's that? Is that thing steady? What's steady? That soapbox you're on. Uh, no. Oh, you like that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm telling you, this is why I'm gonna. I was just gonna tell you the opposite. Is what? What do I hate? Name something do I that I hate? Just um, off the bat, something I told life? you this week that I hated, and really, like I don't like. Um, I usually tune you out at that point. Well, like I said, even earlier in the podcast, I hate people who say that whole. Uh, yeah, I'm not racist. I just oh, hate right, everyone. Right. Do I go on Twitter and start ranting and raving about it? No, no, it's just what You're I not don't a jerk like. Off. It's just I don't like it personally. Why do these people have to go on and on to everybody like they're that important? It's like people who they're in Quaker Town and think that they should have a podcast that somebody wants to listen to them, and then they talk for four hours. Who oh, the hell would want to think? You know, who would have the freaking pretentiousness of that? The gall. Ah. <sighs> Back to the issue. I just I, I don't I really just, have this, much to say about this. This really issue, gets so. me mad. Well, not much happens. Um, yeah. They Supergirl's at the end. That was the big draw, and she's barely in it. Um, it's funny as hell when she is, though, because Terry spends a whole book trying to find the Starro Prime and can't. Mm-hmm. And then Supergirl, oh, you need to. Bram goes off, brings the whole goddamn thing back. Yeah. Big ass Starro. Yep, Starro. There you go. Uh, and at the end, Supergirl goes off. She's like, oh, Starro, I'll go get him. Goes off and basically talks to him and gets a truth. Yeah. Everything shuts down. And then we have Lois. Pissed off because they have survived another suicide mission. And, and now, now they got a Supergirl. 
And what's, what gets me, though, is they say the next issue, the turtle that walked like a man. You're going oh, yeah. to get Jimmy Olsen. I think that's too soon to do that when you just introduced Supergirl and didn't ever do much. Yeah. I want a whole issue with Supergirl. There's do no you want reason. a whole issue with the turtle that walked like a man? I, I just think that that's too much for the next issue. I think the next issue could have been well served to have Supergirl you know, into the team, you have all that sort of rigmarole going with her and Superman, and then introduce the turtle boy, uh, Jimmy Olsen, the next issue. It doesn't have to be the whole issue. That could be a half an issue. So you you want a whole issue with Supergirl to sit there talking uh, to No, everybody? but that, no, it's going to, and I would like it to go somewhere with that, and they, you know, they, I'm no rightist. They could, they could come up with something. I just think that what little, we got a, what little we got a Supergirl, though, it's weird that you're pushing what will be a huge thing. If that turtle, Jimmy Olsen, is on the cover next next issue... Friggin- I don't think it's going to be a huge thing, really. It's Supposedly, it's in the, the whole solicit. It's about that when I read that because that was one of the things that I wanted in this book. Oh, I know, but I don't think everybody else really cares. No, you mean everybody else in the world? Or, yes. Oh, they'll care. I believe if that's on the cover, that will be, if we see Howard Porter at a convention, that'll be one of the things he's signing, that people will think it's the funniest thing ever. People, <laughs> I'm telling you, people like Dan, who probably never even read an issue with that, will will want to jump on that because it's supposed to be this, you know, oh, I'm a nerd, I have to like it. You know, that's what Burn! <laughs> I don't want to badmouth Dan, but he seems Any more to than like... more you already have. Well, he seems to like everything that he thinks he should, and I think that's his problem. I think that he has to get a, his own uh, personality going. Me and the kids last night, we got done recording that Jesus first Christ. part of the podcast, and we watched a lot of Dan's videos, and uh, they liked it. He's okay. He's a nice guy. He does. He seems like a real nice guy. All right. I don't know why I'm talking about Dan now, but I, gave, I. I actually gave this book an 8 out of 10. And it's I mainly, would have given it a 6.5 to 6.8. I, I love the art. I always have loved the art. I like the dialogue and the back and forth, uh, and I just like this book. I have a lot of fun reading it, so yeah. I really like the way Howard Porter draws the flash running around his bits. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I just like that he – a lot of people going into this, and I think I even talked to him about this. Um, I like when he went into it, he didn't try to make the characters look exactly like they yeah. do. He changed it up a bit, and I like it. I think there would have been, been some people who would have went with like, okay, I'm going to go with the most iconic Batman, and I'm going to go with this most iconic Wonder Woman. They have um, – they look a little different. In fact, when this book first came out, when it was Justice League 3000, when it first came out, Howard Porter actually, the first time he talked to us was because on – Somebody's message board, it might have been like a um, comic book resource, um, somebody badmouthed them about Wonder Woman, said she looked like a bulldog, and she kind of does. But I think I wrote, um, yeah. Fuck and, you. I, no, I, I think I wrote, <laughs> yeah, and I love it. I think it's great, and I, I and he actually thanked us and started following us on Twitter. And t- nice. And I'm saying my favorite part, like we talked about how they went through all the things and like, cat- like categorized everybody and how they're different. Yeah. Um, when they stopped the fight, when they're fighting all those hordes of Staros drones, yeah. we see everybody standing there, and then there's Wonder Woman. She has blood all oh, over yeah. her hands. They're not yeah. supposed to be killing these drones no. or even brutalizing. Yeah, remember, and she has blood yeah, all and over that's her hands. I love thing. that. It's the weird thing because Superman's the one who calls it out, and he usually doesn't do that. Yeah, uh, he is actually. This has happened along the way. Batman is kind of progressed a little and i think we're seeing that as either they could explain that the cloning process is is more going or yeah. they're remembering more there's all that i i really like it i so do i, I. I love well, i'm this saying book. this issue was not as strong as uh you know other others is all yeah 
Like I said, an eight for me on that book is actually pretty down. So yeah. I know. Um, Six point eight. Eight. <laughs> eight. All right. We're up to flash reviews, Eric. Are and we? Yep. We, we have a bunch of them tonight. We have a lot of books tonight. And um, if you want to read these full-out reviews, I'll mention it again. I mentioned it at the beginning of the books itself, but I'll mention you go to the site, Eric. That's where you can go. You can go and read all the craziness that we put on that site. That old site of ours. And you would go to weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com and we'd appreciate that. But we're going to do the Flash Reviews. All right, my first Flash review is Harley Quinn and Power Girl number two. Eric, I'm just going to ask you a question. All right, bring it at me, huh? Everybody that you know, who was the one yelling for this book the most? You. Yes, I was. I think I was probably one of the biggest vocal, not supporters, but advocates. I'll say I was it. the most vocal advocate to get this <laughs> book going. And you know what? It's turning out to be a be careful what you wish for situation because I do not like this book. Well, there's a little bit of fun to be had here. Seems like Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor, and wing-eating champ Justin Gray have forgotten to include a good story as well. In fact, I have almost forgotten what this book is about. And you know what? If I remember, I think I just stopped caring, Eric. I don't know which. I don't know or don't care. We get to see what Harley might do if she were a Green Lantern, and that's pretty hilarious. And you get a pretty good super team, the Vartox ex-girlfriend force, which does have a guy, Eric. And I'm telling you, I want to see people yelling about this. (sighs) I like the art. But I gave this book six thumbs down and a score of 4.5 out of 10. Did you read it? No, I did not. Yeah. Thank God. I, I didn't I'm want to you, after reading the first yeah, issue. People love it. And people really enjoy it. I, don't, I, think it's a, I think that it is a thing of them just wanting to like it or not wanting to badmouth it. I don't the understand. The Dan Stranskys of the world? I don't understand because they're really – the story is paper thin. And the, the humor to me just doesn't hit. Now, one of the things about that original – uh, run in Harley where Power Girl showed up. It really it had a heart to it, and oh, yeah? it, in a strange way. Tell it me did. about it, buddy. Well, I will because <laughs> Harley just wanted to be good. She wanted to be recognized as a hero, and it really, in her crazy way. Now she goes about it all the wrong ways, but because of that, it kind of had a heart. And the whole story was Power Girl lost her memory. You don't get any of that here. It's very odd. This takes place in the middle. Of that story. And the major point of that story was Power Girl could not remember who she was or what she did. And Harley had convinced her they were a super team. Preacher, brother. And the whole time that went, it was all this like, oh, we used to do this all the time. Oh, Power Girl, where, you know, oh, I told you this before. You don't get any of this. This seems so distanced from the story that it's supposed to come from. That it just doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't, and I really think it's a miss. I, and it's selling well. It's only a six issue mini. Uh, good riddance. I I have had Is enough. Is that thing sturdy? It. Yeah, it's sturdy. You know what's going to be? You're not going to be sturdy. Oh, you shit. know what's not sturdy? Those glasses. Because I know no, when you get your first flash review, it's you start giggling. You can't even read. I can't read. Jim. My, <laughs> my next issue is Injustice Year Four, number twelve. While saying this was the best issue of Year 4 in a while, as in a huge feat, it was the best issue of Year 4 in a while. Brian Bucciolato mixes and matches his character's personalities. Good one, Jeff. And Hal <laughs> felt too much like Flash here. But we finally get a Harley that felt like Harley and an issue that felt like the game this book is based on. It's superheroes and gods battling out, and the issue ends with an exciting return of Shazam. Shazam. But which, side, but which side will he ultimately help? 
Stay tuned next week to see if the year of the gods is heaven sent or hell on earth, Eric. Right down, KK. <laughs> that was the thing I said was a joke. I give it an 8 out of 10. Ooh. Yeah. All right, we got Prez number two. Poor Beth Ross really can't catch a break. Not only has she become a presidential candidate, but her father goes and kicks the bucket, like all fathers seem to do, Jim. They do. If that wasn't enough to really screw someone up, the childish, needy senators of this future try and play hardball with their votes to get more out of the competing candidates, but this only leads to Beth Ross Ross getting elected president. Now, I wasn't really looking forward to this, but after reading it, I have to say it's at least interesting and not a bad, it's not bad at all, really. Joel gave this a 9 out of 10. What would you have given it? Um, I, have a, I have a number in my head. 7, what, 8. I would have given it a 7. I liked it, though. I, I did as well. It was fun. Uh, my next Flash review is Batman Arkham Knight number 23. While this issue was more set up, it's a great rebound from last week's issue. We get Killer Croc tossing Deadshot around like a rag doll and almost eating the dead body of poor Captain Boomerang. Not Boomerang. Boomerang. He was almost a, a meal. Jim Gordon ditching a fancy fundraiser and the promise of Dick Grayson coming up real soon. The best parts, though, were the Penguin showing us a bit more of his crazy plan that now involves better living through chemicals and Batman and Deadshot becoming the Riggs and Murtaugh of the DCU or, if you will, Eric, the Grace Point and Colt, (laughs) which is not actually a TV show because I looked it up and it's not. That's actually two TV shows, so the joke's on us, Eric. We have no idea about anything going on in the world. Yes. This is one of my favorite books out right now, and I gave it a 9.3 out of 10. DC Comics Bombshells, number one. We get into this statue-inspired series with Grace Batwoman. Point and Colt, Eric. It's not a show. I was so embarrassed when I looked. I looked up. I couldn't remember the first part. I even messaged you. What's that show? Dot, 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 and Colt. And before you got back to me, I, I think, you know what? I'll just look it up. I put IMDB and Colt. Nothing came up. So then I look, and a show Colt comes up. So then I put, oh, and then I remember. I'm like, oh, it's Grace Point and Colt before you even got back to me. And I put in Grace Point and Colt, and two shows come up. It's Grace Point and Colt. I'm like, God <laughs> damn it. Where is this buddy cop show that we want? It's a it's great like, name for it. It's like the lead of Rush. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. When, well, who was that? A Tom somebody. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember that. I, I made a joke. He was in the movie Rush or the TV show Rush. And I go, TV show yeah, Rush. he was in Rush, and you thought it was he was Getty Lee. <laughs> I did not think he was Getty Lee. Oh, that was great. Grace Point and Colt. Next up, we have DC Comics Bombshells number one. We get into the statue-inspired series with Batwoman, who besides for being a vigilante in Gotham is also the MPV, <laughs> MPV, MVP of the World War II Women's Baseball League. It doesn't seem like that's enough, though, because this Kate Kane has pretty much has led a remarkable life, and even now she doesn't feel like it's meant anything. Hopefully that changes now that Commander Waller has recruited her to help stop the war. Because it's a digital comic, the story is bare bones due to the length and doesn't really get enough into Kate and Maggie's relationship that I would have liked. But that doesn't mean it isn't enjoyable, though. Seven out of ten. Oh, yes. I haven't read it yet. I want to read it. I was hoping that at some point you mixed in the there's no crying in baseball in that blurb. I'm very disappointed (laughs) with you. Hey, my header was a league of her own. Also, I I saw it. I also think that you have to get your mind wrapped around the digital issues like a expert. uh, It's been a while. As me. I have probably you always say I pad my stats, my total number of reviews because I do a lot of the digital. I think I am an expert at those, Eric. 
I am a veteran. You are something. I am a veteran. The next book is Teen Titans number 10. You're not going to like this issue when you read it, Eric. Um, I really want to like this book. I really do. I, this is one that I was hoping, and it's, it's very personal, too, because I want to like it because I really wanted you to struggle that the book became good <laughs> once I got to review it. But, boy, it's not good. Will Pfeiffer is making it mighty hard. This issue continues the Titans versus the Elite story, but besides both teams yelling at each other and the Elite individually attacking Superboy, not much else happens. Sure, we get a little explanation of why Kid Flash is back, and Tim and Raven head off to confront Manchester Black, where they find out Superboy's salvation lies in the Supermax prison. The Supermax prison? The Supermax prison, which uh, Raven says is a hell on earth. And then he says, you will wish you were in hell once you go to Supermax prison. He ain't getting killed. He getting angry. He ain't getting killed, Rocky. I wish I had some salvation. I never took this book over from Eric to review because I am not having fun at all. I'm not getting mad. I'm getting bored. I haven't reviewed it on the site yet, but we'll probably give it somewhere near a 4.5 out of 10. Don't hold me on it, though, because I forget about these things, and I'll probably end up giving it like a 7. And you always want to laugh at me about this. I know. I usually try to go back to my notes, but I usually delude them by then. But no, I know that I'll never give this over a five. It's bad. In fact, uh, somebody on Comic Book Roundup, I forget, uh, Henchman for Hire. Yeah. Uh, the guy, uh, Ian Mills, I believe it was. I'm not looking right now, but I think that's who it was. Gave it a zero, Eric. And I, that's I, crazy. Don't, I don't like that. You don't give tens. I don't give zeros. I don't give zeros either, and Here's though. the thing. It's on paper, and it's got pictures. It's at least a one. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's tough. A zero. Again, a lot of times you give a zero, but it's very personal. Like, I've had enough of this. All right, what's the last one? Gotham by Midnight, number seven. The Monster of the Week formula continues here, but at least it's interesting. And with a Zelda, Zelda Rubenstein moment from Poltergeist where Jim Corrigan might just say, this house is clean. Yeah, that, that all just happened in <laughs> my mind. Good. It's still a fun series. But I hope a larger story begins to form because as much as I like the Monster of the Week story, I could see people getting bored with it. Book ended with more info about internal, fan, internal affairs coming down on Precinct 13. This issue is sure to please fans, especially since Juan Ferro kills it on art. 7 out of 10. And Eric, that is The Flash Reviews. Hello, Weird Science! Dan here, coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. Uh, so, recently there was a film that came out called Jurassic World, and it was meant to be a sequel and a reboot to the Jurassic Park series. Well, Universal has announced that Jurassic World is getting its own sequel, set to hit theaters on June 22, 2018. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, who starred in Jurassic World, will both be returning while Steven Spielberg is on board to executive produce. The film is, of course, being made through Amblin Entertainment, which is Spielberg's production company. Finally, Colin Trevorrow, who directed Jurassic World, will co-write the sequel with Derek Connolly. Now, um, I know reactions from a lot of people were mixed to Jurassic World. Some people thought it was really good. Some people thought it sucked. Some people thought it was okay. I fell under the camp who enjoyed the film. Um, I felt that it did right by the original trilogy. Uh, it's clearly not as good as the original. There will never be a Jurassic Park film that will be as good as the first one. But for what it is, 
I thought Jurassic World was very well done. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the sequel. Uh, and I'm looking forward to see how they work Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard into it. Uh, I feel like they're going to be the new characters who just constantly get chased by dinosaurs everywhere they go. Uh, eventually, man will learn, don't mess with cloning. Uh, it's like Jeff Goldblum said in the original Jurassic Park, your scientists were so concerned with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Uh, clearly, nobody in the Jurassic universe is stopping to think if they should, because they shouldn't. In an interview with Yahoo Movies promoting X-Men Days of Future Past the Road Cut, director Brian Singer revealed that a crossover film featuring the X-Men and the Fantastic Four is possible, although it does depend on the success of both X-Men Apocalypse and the Fantastic Four reboot. Singer said, quote, There are ideas in play that would be a natural matchup because they're both ensemble films and there is a mechanism by which to do it. End quote. However, he also did say, quote, we have to see how the films turn out, how this film turns out, how Fantastic Four plays, to really understand what kind of desire and how that would really work. I think to just say that you're going to do it is a mistake. You have to see how the films evolve before you can make that decision to completely com commit to that, end quote. Of course, Fantastic Four is going to be hitting theaters on August 7th, while X-Men Apocalypse is slated to release next year on May 27th. Uh, we did recently get a chance to see what Apocalypse is going to look like. And I hate to say it, but the first thought that I had when I saw Apocalypse was the villain from the old Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. I can't remember the name of this character for the life of me, but I remember seeing him and thinking, oh my god, that looks like the ooze doctor monster dude from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Holy shit! Um, so, this is going to be an interesting film, to say the least. As far as my thoughts on Fantastic Four goes, I'm not overly excited about it. I will check it out. It could blow me out of the water, but personally, I am a fan of the old uh, 2005 Fantastic Four film, as well as its sequel, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Microsoft has, of course, confirmed what a lot of us online already thought, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is set to come out on November 10th for the Xbox 360 and Xbox One, uh, are going to be one-year timed exclusives for home consoles. Uh, in early 2016, it's going to launch on Windows through Steam, and then a PlayStation 4 version is going to be coming holiday 2016. Of course, that's not the only game coming out this year that I'm excited about. We, of course, have Rare Replay, which comes out uh, actually in a couple of weeks. Then we have Super Mario Maker set to come out for the Wii U, which is going to be coming out in September. And then Star Wars Battlefront comes out in November as well. Um, I'm not really sure if I'm going to get a chance to delve into Tomb Raider just yet, because I'm going to be very, very busy playing online with Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, I do have some sad news that I have to report, and this is also going to be the most serious thing you hear me talk about on the Geek News for a while. Uh, and that is the WWE has severed ties with Hulk Hogan after a transcript was released that reveals racist statements made by the wrestler nearly eight years ago. Now, before I continue, it is very important to remember a, a few things. First of all, I am not defending what Hogan said. I do not agree with the statements that he made. However, you racist motherfucker. I do want to end on a high note, which will be a high note for me, but for alien fans, this is probably going to be even more depressing. Uh, Neil, uh, I'm going to butcher this name here, Blomkamp. You know, the guy who directed Chappie, I believe he might have directed District 9, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he, he released something on Instagram last week, stating, Alien is going very well. Love this project. 
That's right, it looks like Alien 5 is happening. Now, I, for one, am really excited about this because I am a big fan of the Alien movies. Uh, I really enjoy them. I do think the first one is a little slow in pacing, but I think that's just part of when I was born and what type of media I was raised on. But I, for one, am excited, excited to see that Sigourney Weaver is going to be coming back to do a fifth Alien film, uh, even if it's not with Ridley Scott, even if, even if it's not with James Cameron, even, even if it's with... Uh, Neil Blomkamp, who unfortunately I've never seen any of his films, so I can't really comment on how I feel about him as a director. But based on what I've seen with the concept art, this looks really good, and this is something I'm really excited for. That being said, please do not take my opinion on the new Alien movie at face value, because I do need to disclose that I did like Alien Resurrection and Batman and Robin. God, you're weird, aren't you? I mean, you're really weird. <laughs> Anyway, that wraps it up for the Geek News this week. As always, you can find my DC, Digital, and Vertigo reviews on Weird Science. I actually did put some up uh, over the course of the last couple of days. I know, shocking, I actually did some of my reviews. Um, I just put up this morning, as of when I'm recording this, Flash Season 0, Number 11. Uh, big King Shark issue. Very fun, very enjoyable, very interesting. Uh, has me very excited. I'm pounding through my backlog. I also put up a Batman 66 review. Uh, Batman 66, I believe it was number 53. Uh, unfortunately, that does mark the end of my Batman 66 reviews for the time being, until I can get my hands on some more issues, but that'll be something that I'll figure out once I've just burned through my backlog. Um, of course, I have my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com, which you can always head on over to to check out my personal blog, where I also have some reviews up. Last week, I did a review of Godzilla and Hell Number 1. This week, I actually put up a article called Nostalgia Alley, my six favorite uh, Nintendo 64 games. That's going to be a new series that I'm going to be doing. I'm also hoping next Friday to launch for Flashback Friday Retro Reviews. My first one is going to be the two-part Dark Horse comic series, Predator, The Bloody Sands of Time. I've read the first issue. I just need to write the second issue and then head on over to uh, writing that. Uh, so you can check out that. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash danstransky. That is the best place to go to get links to all of my media that I'm putting out on all different forms of social media. Of course, through my YouTube, you can find my... Through my Twitter, you can find my YouTube page where I do a lot of video game Let's Plays. I might have found an Atari 2600 homebrew that I'd like to uh, do a Let's Play on. I think that could be something very interesting uh, to participate in. But we'll see what happens with that. And of course, Hollywood Lights 1992 on Instagram, where you can get an insight here at my world through my camera lens, or in most cases, the lens of my iPhone. So I'm going to send this back over to Jim and Eric. And this is Dan reminding you to let your geek flag fly. Grace Point and Colt, Rick. Grace Point and Colt. Somebody's got to get on that. It sounds to me like that would. We already said it's a two women. Yeah. Buddy, buddy cop show has to Possibly be like X Files. Well, it, to me, it has to have some supernatural. That's what I'm saying. X Files to like. it, and Colt is spelled with a K in your mind. Oh correct? shit! No, no, yeah. not in my mind. You kept writing that to me, but yeah. I never. I, I sent it back to you with a C. Oh no, it's a K, and that's it's crazy. Donna Colt. It's oh yeah, Susie Grace Point and Donna Colt, and they're standing there back to back with their guns like that. Oh yeah, gun shows in town, Eric. At least Amanda Peterson won't ruin this project. Oh, Amanda Peterson. Oh, my <laughs> God. Her career's dead, Eric.
Oh, oh gosh! Tried to you get a hold what? of Seth Green this week to try to find out if he knew anything like how old she was, because you know that seems to be a discrepancy or conspiracy in our minds that she was that young when she oh, died. When what you know, did he say to you? He never got back oh, to me. America's sweetheart. I know, right? That's what I was thinking. Seth Green seems like a guy who would get back on something like that. He must be busy with a robot chicken or something. Yeah, screw him. He's pretty, he's another one who probably comes off as he thinks he's a nice guy, or you you would think that, and you meet him and. He's a freaking. I probably can even call him a midget. He's like five foot one. You're like the same size in my mind. Five foot nothing, hundred nothing. They're uh, <laughs> five foot nothing, three hundred nothing. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not that big. Ah, uh, yes, we have a long podcast that we're involved. Oh my in god, that. what the this hell thing happened? Keeps going. It's me. I thought, I'm saying though, I thought we split this up to freaking mind, like you know, to make it shorter for each of us each night. Screw that! I it told is, you, no, it is going the same length. No, the problem is, I told you this would happen. You probably don't even remember. No, you. I said I like doing it. I like having that first bit of news and the mail. I like the the energy of it. The first night, we get yeah. that over with. But I told you, if we separate into two nights, we don't have that urgency in either night to to get it to so it's it's going to be longer because on the friday night when we're doing the news and stuff we're just yapping we're going on because we don't have the books after that so we tend to just talk nonsense and we did and i enjoyed you it. did <laughs> i enjoyed it i enjoyed talking to you, eric oh thank you that's a lie uh-huh. for the, the audience here they can uh, they can believe that i like you it's a complete lie um, but yeah, I thought that this, it's a good idea for us and to, uh, for our own enjoyment, but for everybody downloading this, holy moly. I thought yeah. to myself, I'm going to have plenty of time to play with my toys tonight. Mem- uh, remember, uh, is that, does that mean something about going online without your pants? Possibly. Yeah, it should. Um, remember Chat a guy, roulette, man. A guy, ew. Uh, ooh, ew. A couple <laughs> guys, uh, or one guy said in mail a while back, remember the guy was mad because our podcast is so big yeah. that he has to delete his porn on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. This yeah. one's going to suck. You better start deleting that porn. You, he's going to have to like uh, prioritize the porn, whatever his category yeah, that he likes have most. To. I don't know. If you've you got a big hard drive, you just go for it. You just delete everything. You change the file name so your wife doesn't find it. Boom. <laughs> then you're in. Then all of a sudden you get a laptop that was freaking from years ago and you freak out and go home. <laughs> <sighs> Let's get back to the books, Eric. What's that Aquaman first book we're going with? Number Aquaman number 42. Aquaman number 42. Aquaman. by Cullen Bunn. Cullen Bunn. By Trevor McCarthy. Trevor McCarthy. Jesus Marino. And Jesus Walden Wong. Walden Wong. Who was Walden Wong. Walden Wong. Say it again. Walden Pond? No. Walden Wong. If you read the last issue of Aquaman, you're all caught up with what this issue brings because besides for introducing Garth, it really does nothing for the story except for keep me f- the keep you frustrated. <laughs> okay, okay. Here we go. I know. Uh, I, somebody the out worst. there, does anybody have like Rosetta Stone English? You can <laughs> give it to Eric. Oh, you know that's not crap. the problem, motherfucker. I'm going to call the United Way, Eric. You make me write this up so I have to get close to read it. I don't want it. My neck hurts, man. My neck hurts. Listen, what what um, what size font do you use? Because whatever you do, triple it. I really have like, should. It'll be like a, a vision chart. You'll only have like three <laughs> letters at, at a time, but you'll be able to read it. Keep Every you frustrating you in, in the dark. Up. Oh, my God. This is why it lasts no, so long. I do this so I don't cry, man. Oh, jeez. Frustratingly in the dark about what's going on in the story. There you go. There you have that your was Aquaman. It? I don't that even know it. what you said now because you stopped in the middle laughing it up like it's some big joke. This so I po- don't cry. Podcast is a big joke to you. Big freaking hilarious joke. 
Uh, yeah, Aquaman sucked. Yes. There you go. You know what That's I put in my notes? I have one thing. Awful. That's what I put. I hated it. I have an issue. Yeah, I, I do want, too. I want your, I want your uh, ideas on this, your thoughts. My thoughts, huh? Uh, I'm going to read this, so it's probably going to be terrible. You happy? Oh, here we go again. We've got Aquaman fighting structures that are bleeding through from either an ancient Atlantis or a parallel dimension Atlantis, right? Are you with me? I would say yes. Okay. And it's poisoning the Earth, and it will eventually mean the downfall of this world's Atlantis. Okay? Yes. You're with me so far? I'm with you. We've got that. Yes. But it seems that there are decent people from this bleed-over world that Aquaman is trying to save. Hence why Mera is sending people after Aquaman, because he's supposed to be destroying what he, in fact, is saving. Okay? Okay. But in the beginning of the story, we have Aquaman and the other world saving prisoners and bringing them back to our world. The only problem is this sorcerer, Entriax, I think, I, I, I guess that's how is you're that going to... Is the guy who looks like Sigmund and the Sea Monsters? Yes, the guy who looks okay. exactly like Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Okay, I got you. All right. He is shielding Aquaman so he doesn't start poisoning that world. So does that mean that everyone he's saving and bringing to our world is poisoning our world? I don't know. I don't know, and Colin Bunn is not talking about it. I, I don't know what the hell Colin Bunn's talking about because, jeez, <laughs> this... Uh... I, I don't know what's going on in this book. It really, it it just, it's terrible. It really is. Um, I know. And that's pretty much all I've got for this issue that bears any kind of significance in my mind before, besides for having Garth sent out by some elite team by Mara. And, you know, it's a, he, Aquaman is talking about all these motherfuckers in this group. Oh, I don't know who that guy is. It's Garth, okay? It's yeah. Aqualad. And that's the biggest thing going on in this book. Yeah, I, besides for fighting a giant monster, a giant monster comes out at the end, out of the stone structure. Because I guess Aquaman didn't go smashy, smashy in time. I, I don't. I, I'm telling you, even some of the things you asked me, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, it's just it, this. This book is terrible. And now it's only his second issue in the run. Yes. Uh, Cullen Bunn, we used to love him. One of my favorite writers. Yeah. Could do no um, wrong. He's another guy who kind of looks like a. Michael Chiklis or whatever his name is. You ever see his picture, Columbine? No, he, I He not. looks like Brian Michael Bendis, too. Um, it's like Van Jensen, a skinny Michael Chiklis? Maybe. You might be onto something there. Oh, we can, they're a big gang. They're like We Are Robin. It's We Are Baldies. I don't know. A lot of comic book people with Baldies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I, like that Grant Morrison. Yeah, yeah. Watch, I've wonder This Woman. is how little we have to talk about Aquaman. Well, We're talking uh, about bald comic creators. I will tell you one thing. I was a straight-up liar to you, and I apologize to you. I apologize to everyone listening because I said that Trevor McCarthy was going to kill on this book, and I thought the art was going to be awesome because he was the only good part of the Clarion with Annocenti. His yeah. art was unbelievable. I loved it. I don't know what the hell he's doing here. Because I told you that the modern, the present day Aquaman in this book is one of the worst looking Aquaman <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. The story to me is what doesn't, what does make sense is boring. What everything else doesn't make sense. We have Sigmund and the sea monster there. Given I don't know what's going on. I know I have issues with attention and whatever, and I don't have to review this book. But I'm telling you, I'm paging through. As we're saying this, I'm going back and forth, paging back and forth in this book, and there is nothing that jumps out at me that I say, man, this is pretty cool, or I can't point anything out. It all sucked. Calm it down, all was terrible. I don't know what's going on. I have a feeling that this book is doomed. And I don't mean doomed. I mean doomed. It's, no, it's not doomed. It's doomed to get another creator. Uh, yeah. Again, though, this could be one that ends up 
falling away. Uh, nobody, DC. The, I like Aquaman. Well, I talked. We talked on Twitter with a guy, and also um, I think it was Aquaman Shrine, which obviously they like Aquaman. They hate yeah. this issue too. And I said to them, this issue and the the one before, but especially this one to me, the, all the hard work that uh, Jeff Johns and even Jeff Parker when he took over did to make one uh, make Aquaman viable again and and something worth while to read it, it's starting to fade it, oh, yeah. it's starting to be like immediately oh, you're, aquaman himself because of just popular culture and everything in the past as well i it, bet it's dan a, doesn't it's, like him it's a tough battle it's a tough battle for anybody because if you say hey i like aquaman everybody goes with the old jokes they're not they're not relevant oh, all my anymore. friends do and they're not relevant anymore no. if you're actually reading but you know what they might become that because this <laughs> is just bad it's not goofy that's how the that's the joke. Oh, he talks to fish. Oh, he's goofy. He's goofy. Um, this isn't goofy. It's just not good. And I just it's a shame. I loved Aquaman. That was one of my favorite books. I remember reading uh, Jeff Johns when we first started before the site. We just both started reading the new Fifty Two. Yeah. And I read Aquaman. And I said you got to read it. It's so good. And Which Jeff Johns and Jeff Johns made it a point to even poke fun at the old, yeah. you know, continuity and the old Aquaman, where he even goes, one of the best scenes I remember uh, was one of the first issues, may have been Having the first a, one. At the restaurant. At yeah. the restaurant when he orders fish. And they're like, holy crap, you can't order fish. And he's like, no, no, I, I don't really talk to them. You know, I can suggest things, but, <laughs> but I like me some flounder. Uh, but, yeah, this is awful. The art was awful. Everything was awful. I another one, another thing I want to point out. I don't remember. If, I don't know if you know this or not, or even looked into it when you were reading it. There's an odd point that they briefly just talk about. Very, I don't know, very brief as it is. But um, in that flashback when Aquaman goes and first sees this structure and thing like people inside, mm-hmm. it seems that he's controlling this poisonous, poisonous tentacle ooze shit or whatever. Yeah. And even the guards say, "Is he controlling that?" And then we never hear from it again. Yeah, it's just. The last bit of I didn't even have that in my notes. It just yeah. dawned on me when we were talking. Yeah. But the last bit of notes I have here, I hate the art. I hate the story. I'm seriously pissed off that I took this book from Jim. I don't <laughs> know what Cullen Bud is going for with this story. And at this point, I don't know if he knows. Yeah, I, it's I, three point five out of ten. I would have given it a two. I hated it. I'm telling y'all. I I just want to. I sent you that panel, and it, it's the funniest thing I've ever Ooh. seen in my life. Where. Aquaman is talking to Sigmund and the sea monsters, and he says, I'll destroy the other world. And then uh, Sigmund, he interrupts him. He used to him. call it Thule. He interrupts him. He goes, they call it Thule now, though it was once known by another name. And Aquaman's response is, right, whatever. It's, uh, it, it's so stupid. Honestly, that's kind of the way he's acting in uh, Justice League of America. Yeah. Remember when the prophet comes up? Hey, you go. Hey, I don't got time for this. Go yeah, preach to yeah, my people. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't, I don't believe in gods, even though Wonder Woman's one, and you know she's in our team and knows all these gods. But boy, we don't, we don't believe in Poseidon. Stupid. Uh, but yeah, I hate it. I don't even know why I'm going. I hate it as well because I don't like it. My next issue is Deathstroke number eight, written by Tony S. Daniel and James Bonney, art by Tony S. Daniel, Daniel Sandu Flaurea. And Tomea More. Of course. I butchered those. I, I'm not even going to go back and even look at it. I was really looking forward to the God Killer story, but two issues in, and I'm already disappointed. Slade has to face Wonder Woman before he gets any closer to killing a god, but she won't shut up long enough to get anything done. While she bitches and moans at Deathstroke for freeing the spirit of the god, would you say um, Lapidus? 
I would say Lapidus. Lapidus. We Gotta see... ask Jess. She yep. knows this shit, though. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. We, if she says Lapidus, then it's Lapidus to me. We, we see him gathering body parts from various animals to form a new body. Then, after beating him up, using her lasso on him, and talking to Hesha a bit, she tells Deathstroke that, yeah, go kill him after all. Just in time for him to show up with an all-new gruesome body and an army to boot. Yeah, I like this issue. Um, we were talking a little yeah. off uh, podcast, and I said that I did like it. You like it a little more than I do. Yeah. I love the art. The art's incredible. Uh, again, this is another one of those books that I mentioned earlier where I could never give this book much anything under a four because the art is – if, if you're going to give five for art and five for story, which we don't, no. but if you think about it, like I couldn't give this book a three if they showed up and, and I, I don't know. If this was Aquaman with that art, I would have given it a five, I think, because the art is so good. I it's, love Tony S. Daniel. so good. Um, the story, though, itself, I, it just it doesn't go much here. Um, I know you said you liked it a bit. I do. To me, the story is he, he has shown up. He has a, a Lapidus. He went and kind of got fooled. He got this God Killer sword, went, and it's, it's kind of taking him over. It's taking over. It's, it's grabbed him and yeah. taken him over and controlling him a bit. To a degree. Last issue he went, he opened up Tartarus, the, the door, and went in. And oh, unfortunately, <laughs> he sliced the statue of Lapidus. And that let out Lapidus' spirit. The spirit his went out. His will. His will, his spirit. You know what I'm saying. I do. And he goes, well, in the, get it right. so he goes and this will is going around and it is collecting body parts. It is making a body. Raising an army. And it's making a body for himself yeah. as well. So it's going around. And in the meantime, Wonder Woman shows up and just spends three <laughs> quarters of the issue yelling at, at Deathstroke about beating the what shit he did. Out of him. And I mean, I'm telling you, there's things of beating a dead horse, but Jesus Christ, she just keeps going. Like, you know what you did? And I, I think he does by now because you've said it seven times by now. And in the meantime, what made me laugh is she's saying all this while he is. They could have went and tried to find this <laughs> will, and I'm sure there is something How do you, you can find do the about will? it. I'm sure there's something you do about it. I don't think there is because will is not an actual thing. Uh, well, I think you have to wait at this point because he's already unleashed it. Will seems to be gathering body parts. No, no, that's his uh, undead army. Yeah, I mean, like then you kill them. There's <laughs> what you do. You go and he has his army, and they're gathering a heart and a head, and a, then you kill them. Do you know what really reminded me of this issue? What's the that? Mummy Returns with the Scorpion King. Yeah, yeah. Like you'll have the un, the, uh, the army of the dead at your disposal when you've unleashed the yeah. scorpion. Well, they they could be. Sort of reminded me of. They could be attacking this Go army watch the Mummy right Returns, now. Jim. Instead, they keep <laughs> fighting each other. I, you know, and then uh, I don't know. Then Hesha shows up, right? And Is it Hesia? I always said Hesia. Hesia. That's what I said. I don't know. I'll go ask Jess. <laughs> yeah, ask her. But yeah, she's the uh, the healer in Themyscira. Uh, so she shows up, and she has a past with uh, Deathstroke. They know each other. They were lovers. She's the same broad from the Wonder Woman comic, right? Uh, she's not a god. She's... I'm saying, though, uh, she's the one that she's dancing with in the beginning yeah, yeah. of Wonder Woman. It's okay, just making one. sure. Just make, I'm yeah, new to I the thought Wonder you, Woman game. I, for some reason, I thought that you were uh, asking if she was Strife. No, no. No, she was the one dancing. That's, just making that's, sure. That and was I very, actually thought it was very funny. different here. I, well, I recognize the name. I'm just saying. I just wanted to make sure. It's funny, though, because you, you haven't seen her that much, and then she shows up in two issues. Yeah. The deal. But it was, it was nice because it, it does tie, you know, the whole 
Amazon thing, and, and they have a past. They were lovers. And, and hey, again, I know Hassia. You know Hassia. Maybe we should know each other, huh? Maybe. Become friends. And she it, she didn't need to be in here. She was no. just there to kind of get it with. But again, Game drop. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, but they're fighting, and then I did say in my review, Wonder Woman uses the lasso on Deathstroke, and I really think that that was one of the best way, the best visual of somebody getting the, um, the lasso. Because it's you get the idea he is coming too. So there's yeah. there's the light, then there's Wonder Woman in the lasso, and it's not fully you know detailed. I thought yeah. I thought that was awesome. I loved I it as well. Really liked that. And um, in the meantime, she finds basically finds out he's telling the truth. Good <laughs> times. He doesn't know who set him up. She doesn't. So she goes, okay, I guess you should go kill that. Uh, Lapidus, and by then he's got his full army, and he shows up, and he's he's ready. They put for his it. body back together, yeah, Frank. It's, his, I thought it was badass. Yeah, I love that. Body. Oh, the last panel was awesome. It's him, yeah, you know, like you said, like a Frankenstein uh, monster type deal with his army behind him. But really, they wasted a lot of time. Whatever, they really man. The setup to the this, attack. the the setup for this. Just makes me think that the next, like the ensuing battle, is going to be epic. I don't know. I I I don't know. I only you know why I say I don't know. Because I thought that last issue, I really <laughs> thought that this issue was, oh man, this is going to get good. Because I did not like last issue. Uh, I thought it was I a little did. down as the the opener. This is like a guilty um, pleasure of mine, Deathstroke, because yeah, we never I, really talk about it outside of the podcast. Yeah, yeah I, and like I don't read your reviews, but like because uh, I'm an asshole. Yeah. But uh, I love reading Deathstroke. So I, we even talked about it. Like, hey, what's going to be on the Flash reviews this yeah, week? Yeah. And like, well, Deathstroke probably. I was like, well, I'm going to read that anyway because I really like yeah. reading. It. And then I, I read it today, and it was between this and Teen Titans, and I hated Teen Titans, and I yeah. I didn't mind. I again, uh, if this is more of it's not that I didn't like it, it didn't. It's not that I didn't like what we got. It's that I wish we would have got more. And again, it's her. It's Wonder Woman arguing the whole time and fighting him, which yeah. it was great. I mean, it's good. And again, you can say, hey, you know what, Deathstroke doesn't really get to. Um, battle somebody like wonder woman a lot no. so you should enjoy it and I, did. Uh, I just think it went on too long i'm but. saying though i love the one point where one, they're fighting and then the next panel is you see something flying through the air and yeah. then the other yeah. oh, like, yeah. Amazon, just kicks there's the a man out. on the island yeah. how can you tell yeah and i actually laugh because they're like yeah an intruder like, <laughs> i think they'd be like holy shit is that guy okay <laughs> that guy i mean it looks, into the air. it looks like a, a meteorite going um, <laughs> jesus christ i thought yeah. it was awesome tony actually the biggest part of this book like who'd you say wrote this book uh, i actually have no idea tony s daniel oh he, he does both oh, okay yeah. and uh, I, had, I don't re- realize that off the top of my head yeah, but yeah i love his art so much it makes the whole book yeah. it is such a guilty pleasure of mine because oh, i don't but, think a lot of people are like get this book uh yeah i i don't think that it sells great yeah. Um, it doesn't sell poorly. It's like that I read, middle I read, ground. I read the last Deathstroke book, and this is so much better. Well, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, nah, it's, again, Tony S. Daniels' first um, arc, even. That was with Jericho yeah. and uh, Rose and uh, his dad. Um, what was his dad? Grandfather. I can't, yeah, I can't remember. I, I, it's off of me now. It's too late. But, yeah, that whole arc, it was... Again, maybe it is a guilty pleasure. It was okay. But yeah. everything was convoluted and things just – it's weird because Tony S. Daniel and me, when he's writing this, like you said, the art's incredible. The story is just – it's almost there. Yeah. It's almost like you're like – if it had a little bit more, it would be such a good combination <laughs> of art and, and story. But it's just not quite there. 
Like if you had this art and you had, say, uh, Kyle Higgins. Right. Uh, come back and do it because he did that. But I, I think it'd be incredible if you had, um, you know, anybody you, that you like. You like Jeff Johns. If he was on this with uh, Tony Daniels art, it'd be freaking incredible. You know what, uh, though? From what I've read so far, like the, the, I'm looking at like I could go here. I only, didn't, only started reading this book when we talked about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't been that long. I don't think I've read the entire series. Yeah. Um, but I think Tony S. Daniels is a great writer because yeah, I've loved everything he's given me so far. Of this, this series. The series, yeah. yeah. I, I, I actually um, kind of think the same of him as Meredith Finch, that it's, yeah. st- it's getting better as it goes on. I think the same it's, thing. It's starting to uh, come together, and eventually, hopefully, it lasts long enough that you're, I'll get to a point where I'm like, you know what? The story's better than the art, because if that happens, then it's a hit. Holy shit, yeah. It would yeah. be the best book ever. I don't think it'll get to that point, because his art is just too good. Um, but yeah, I gave this a six out of ten, only because it was a lot of setup, not a lot happened. I, I mean, I'm telling you, if you go from the beginning of this issue to the end and say, "Okay, tell me what happened," basically the only thing that happens is uh, Lapidus gets his body in an army, which he was While already starting fight. to get anyway. Yeah, yeah. N- nothing in story wise pushes because anything with Wonder Woman and um, and Deathstroke, n- no story. Nothing, screaming nothing, and a was, yeah, nothing was pushed forward. Busting you, and a feud. You didn't even learn anything new. <laughs> I would have loved if she put the lasso on him and he didn't remember what happened, but somehow the lasso of truth brought a, a subconscious thing where they kind of get an idea of set him up. Right. Give me something. But no, you don't get anything. Six out of ten. Or... 7.5 out of 10. 7.5. I had a good time, man. I don't know. It's, I'm telling you, I agree. Not a lot happened in this yeah. book. I know I had a good time while reading it. I had a good time in the last book. Last book is your book, and I had a really good time reading this. Do you remember the last Sinestro you read? No. No. That's what I'm saying. Okay, just making sure. We usually throw Sinestro in um, flash flash reviews. We're not talking about it at all. (laughs) And even so, yeah, I was going to say, before June and before um, Convergence, we just didn't talk about it because it was just the odd man out. It was the odd book out that we just never did, and then I never read it. I read last issue, so I do remember last issue because I read it today to (laughs) see if I missed it. And uh, quite frankly, I didn't really need to no, uh, because this issue was great. I really liked this issue. You go on with your reading. Start laughing and not be able to read. I hate you so much. Sinestro number 13, written by Cullen Bunn, with art by Brad Walker, Drew Hennessy, and Jason Wright. It seems that Cullen Bunn is resetting the game here with this issue. Huh? You like that? Reset. Hitting the reset button. We have Sornik become a Yellow Lantern because, as we've all seen from other Lantern books, some shit has gone down with them. Sinestro releases Parallax and binds it with the planet to stop the core from meltdown, and Sinestro intends on making his core's presence known in the universe because he's taken over for the Green Lanterns, Jim. Taking over the Green Lanterns. Yes, he is. I had a great time with this book. And I'm telling you, I say the reset button, that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Because we've been dealing with all this other shit, like Sinestro saving the Kori Guardians, um, fighting the Paling, fighting Mongol, and getting War World. And I just want to know, though, out of all of those things, when are we going to get back to that Paling cult, the anti-emotion cult? Because we have not seen them in a long-ass time I now. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the Paling cult. Uh, Eric, I think we're getting back to them next July. Oh, God. I really enjoyed that part of the story. But here, you know, we, the only problem I have is that we have this whole big setup that we have this betrayer in Sinestro's midst. This betrayer is freaking uh, set up a meltdown on the planet's core. Mm-hmm. And we're all worried throughout the last issue. Like, is he going to find the person in time to shut this down? How Sinestro going to shut it down? 
Well, he doesn't need to. He releases Parallax, which starts a, sets, does a whole reset, like I said, mm-hmm. with his character because now he doesn't have that power. It's bounded to the core, so we don't have to worry about Parallax coming out and doing anything for a while, it seems. Yep. We find out that Lissa Drac is the one who's betrayed him because she believes that he should be like worrying about bigger things and you know saving Corrigarians and Green Lanterns and his daughter and all that nonsense. And the thing is, it really shows the tactician and Sinestro in this book, which I really like because... He's not willing to let go of his future-telling sexy whore right here. No. He's going to execute three other innocent people to yep. save face in front of his people, and I love that so yeah. much. Yeah, that was good. I uh, I really like the fact when he uh, lets Parallax out that Becca was there. Yeah. And she sees it, and he basically says, listen, you know my secret. Use what you, you know, do what you want with it, but make sure you I, know what you're doing. I really, I really like that. The setup before that is that you believe that it was a red herring that they just threw a panel in there and make you think that Becca was the betrayer. Yeah, yeah, but, you really did. But really, if she wants to betray Sinestro, she can just hack and slash her. Uh, actually, people. afterwards, I'm like, yeah, it, it never was going to be her. Because, yeah, you're right. But, yeah, it's uh, Lissa, right? Lissa Drax, Lissa yeah. Lissa Drax. And the only thing that I don't like is what did that remind you of? What? What she did and why. It, it's, I don't know, man. It's, what you want from it's me? It's basically Joker. That is Joker in Death of the Family. It's everything. It, it reminded me so oh, much. Oh, I'm going to say, I hate it when you put me on the spot like that. I'm like, I have no idea what you're doing. That's what it reminded me of. It was, she acted like Joker. That, yeah. oh, I'm going to show you that you're better than this, and you don't need that. It was Death of the Family, exactly. I can it, see what that. she did. And it just, I was like, eh, that's kind of, you know, okay. <laughs> you know what I thought it was like? I haven't put this in my view. I actually forgot to put it in my notes here, but... When, like, Lissa comes to uh, Sinestro, he's in his own private quarters. Everybody, yeah. like, the, the three innocent people are already freaking chained outside with constructs yeah. waiting to be executed. Yeah. She com- And she comes up, she's all like, oh, I just want you to know that I'm the one that betrayed you. And he turns, of course I know you're yeah. the one. But the whole thing is, he and he goes up close like this. I, I knew it was you, Lissa, and it breaks my heart. That pulls a whole Godfather to you. Have yeah. you watched Godfather 2? Yeah. Okay, for some reason I just thought you had when you didn't yeah. say anything there. I'm like, this motherfucker won't no, watch Shawshank, no. won't watch Golf, no, The Godfather. I'm never going to watch Shawshank Redemption. I hate it's never you so happening. Much. Uh, you know what I loved in this? I love the art, but right. it was mainly, I told you, Sinestro's expressions are they're so good. It is Brad Walker, right? Yes. Yeah, Brad Walker kills in this. I'm telling you. It all just Sinestro is what I love. Yes. Uh, his disgust and then his <laughs> arrogance. And again, Sinestro is a pretty emotional guy, so you, you get to really play around with it if you're an artist, I guess. But man, uh, the the just the expressions he has in this issue are better than any that I've seen at least this week. Even, yeah. you know, I love Tony S. Daniel in uh, uh, Deathstroke, but not like this. these expressions are so good. Now, I love it, though, but the problem is Brad Walker did Green Lantern as well. Yeah. And I think that book looks so much better than this one. I love the art in this. Don't get me wrong. I just think Green Lantern looks better. Are we going to say that that's the anchor's fault? Uh, maybe. Maybe Drew Hennessy? Drop the ball a bit? Yeah, maybe. I think that if you look at these panels, I really think that he took a lot of effort in the, the facial expressions yeah. of Sinestro. Saying, and really maybe like some of it suffered. Maybe the it rest just, he's like, It just okay, does not really look as good that. as Green Lantern. Yeah, um, again, I can't even remember. I know that I really like the look of Green Lantern. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I love I this issue. And, again, you said it was a reset. What it was good for me is that, yeah, I haven't read a lot of Sinestro lately. And reading it, I'm like, I knew exactly what was going on. Now, some of the things, like, again, but 
Cullen Bunn did such a great job. Again, this is Cullen Bunn, who we've ripped apart earlier. The only book I enjoy he's doing anymore. He did such a good job in telling you kind of what had happened without telling you. Uh, like, yeah, there, somebody betrayed Sinestro. Yes. I didn't read any of the issues that that happened, but it didn't really matter because I knew what was going on. Wrong, too, though. It didn't really matter. Like, Lissa Drek uh, betraying him. Yeah. It was not that big of like a surprise. No, but I'm saying for me to go in, it, there's some issues that I would go in and they would go on and on about this and I wouldn't know what they were saying. They kept it simple right. and you got to see what happened. Even Becca. I know who Becca is yeah. and I know that she became a, a Yellow Lantern, but they never really push anything crazy that I'd be like, oh my God, I don't remember that or I didn't read it. I'm lost. You're I talking about that Betrayer thing though, but the last issue... And the annual before that and the yeah. sneak peek were all about this betrayal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so you got all your exposition of the betrayal. Oh, my God, I got it. the payoff. <laughs> uh, yes, but, yeah, I, I really did enjoy this. And so did I. I don't know that people would jump on this book. I think Sinestro is one of those where you're either a fan or you're not. It's a tough I sell, yeah. I don't think people just walking by are like, hey, I want to get, you know, I don't have a lot of money and I want to get two DC books. I don't think they're going Sinestro. It's, no. it's for a core fandom uh, fan base, and I think they'll like it. But again, uh, we got more in this issue about what has happened to the Green Lanterns. Even though you don't learn a lot, you got more than you did. In Lo- you got more than in Lost Army. Or in Green Lantern. You found out that they actually... We got, we just, got three Lantern books. We still don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, up until this, I wouldn't have known that they all just disappeared at once. Uh, we don't know where all of them went and things like that, but it's just I think that that was pretty good that you learned that. The I really like the way it was executed, though. I like how yeah. the ring disappeared, and I like how his daughter's just like, you know, oh, you ruined me on. I still think that if I was her... I would be like, you're full of shit. I, wouldn't, <laughs> I would not believe him. I think that she would try to contact the Green Lantern Corps at least once at this point, and then they, they were disappearing, and then she's like, you know what, you're right. And then he's like, of course I'm right. I'm Sinestro. <laughs> and then he twirled that mustache. Stupid daughter. Of yes, course I'm right. Stupid idiot. But, uh, what did you give it? 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I probably would have given it an 8. But that's it. That's the last book, Eric. This is a long podcast. Oh, my God, is Holy it ever. Holy moly. We're going to have to... But I had a good time throughout both yeah. days. Yeah, I did too. I'm getting tired right now. Me as well. Ooh, wait, but guess what we have for next week? I'm gonna what do we have, baby? Well, number one, it's a fifth week. Fifth week always means annuals. Are you aware of that? Yes. Yes, you are. Because you, well, I'm not going to say you're smart. I don't want to go that far. I I'm not know. that tired. <laughs> uh, but you don't have a lot of books this week coming Excellent. up. Excellent. Yeah, I, I have a lot of annuals because we have Batgirl number 42, which I'm looking forward to. I know, that you are, good. I know that you're looking forward to it. Probably the first time since uh, Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart took over. We also have Batgirl Annual 2, which is odd. I, I hate when this happens <laughs> where you have an issue and also the annual. What are you uh, supposed to read first? I, the annual seems to be a bunch of uh, not out of continuity, but it's that story where she ties in with Spiral that we talked okay. about. And she meets Dick. I don't think that... That's going to be in any sort of thing. So I'd probably do Batgirl 42 first. I would as well. Also have Deathstroke Annual number one, which is, this is um, kind the of. epic ass battle, uh, I'm telling you. It's kind of a different thing because this is going to continue 
the God Killer. It's not one of those silly annuals where, oh, this is a, a past story where Deathstroke met. No, it's going to go. It, supposedly, it's just going to follow the story right out. So we'll get, awesome. more, we'll get more God Oversized Killer. book with an epic battle. Yeah. Then we'll get Gotham by Midnight Annual number one, which I wrote. The big uh, poll for you is that it will have Gentleman Ghost in it. Hopefully not. Just I love Gentleman Ghost. But yeah, it's a little Gentleman Ghost story. You'll have He-Man and uh, Eternity War number eight. Pop Man. like an eternity since I freaking did yeah. this book. And Pop Man's on it. Back. I know. I was talking to Blanche about it. All right. Now we have the other one I talked earlier. Uh, Lobo Annual One. I got to get off my ass and do Lobo <laughs> because of this. And I've read. I've actually read that issue of Lobo like three or four times now because every time I go to review it, I pull it out. And oh yeah. Yeah, pull my pants down. Excuse me out. while I whip this I usually out. put a, a napkin over it. But um, I, Every time I read this Lobo, the last issue, I hate it so much that I don't want to review it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do that later. But this uh, Lobo is going to fight the Sinestro Corps. Seems like nonsense. Uh, like nonsense. You'll get Superman number 42, Continue the Truth Story. Hopefully it goes uh, somewhere this month. Yeah, I, I, the Superman book has been really slow moving. Yeah. Um, the truth story. So well, it's maybe, only had one issue. Um, and it's like well before any of the rest. Well, maybe we'll get a little more Some of truth. That, that crazy texter that is in the Superman yes. book, right? And Lois and all that. And then I will be getting Flash Annual number four, which appears to be remember in the sneak peek where Professor Zoom was there with that like crew. He had a bunch of people with him where they were I looking. Don't recall that sneak yeah, peek. Yeah, you don't remember. Yeah. I think it was the sneak peek or maybe the end of the last arc. Maybe the end of the last the arc. The end of the last arc, he was sitting in the Savage Land. And what, did he have the other guys with him then? I'm trying to think of when it was. There was a point where he actually kind of sees Barry and he's like, ha, 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 we'll deal with you. And he has these other guys with him. And I think this is what, the, when I read the solicit, that's what it seems to be uh, calling out that we're going to see how he recruited this team of his. And it's like one of those, like, see how Professor Zoom... Uh, recruits this team uh, with the main goal of ruining Barry's life. Ah, something like that. But, yeah, it seems like it's just going to be a Professor Zoom story. So I don't know. Yeah, it sounds good to me. Yeah, you like Professor Zoom. I, I really don't have a lot of ties to him. I'll see. I think it's going to be a lot of hooey. Uh, one thing, though, I will mention, I think that I remember seeing Deathstroke Annual. Uh, some of the art's going to be uh, by Tyler Kirkham. We have not seen him in a while. I think I just stopped following him on Twitter because we haven't dealt with him yeah, in a long we time. We haven't dealt with him in a real long time. And Since I saw, Laura Flees, yeah, I think. He I was doing covers back yeah, then, too. I saw his, his name. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Because, yeah, it's an oversized annual. I don't think Tony Daniel is even doing any of the art in it. Just got the story. We'll see, though. I, I say a lot of nonsense. I don't really know what I'm you talking about. You jump to conclusions. Yes, it's man, I sort of exercise. Do. I jump and jump and jump. And you know what we're going to jump to? We're jumping to the end, Eric, because I am now getting – I don't know what happened. We ended, started reading this, and boy, I am getting tired. I'm about to fall asleep. So what do we usually say? Well, actually, I'll say one thing. Come to our site. Check us out. <laughs> Please. Uh, WeirdScienceDCComicsBlog.blogspot.com. Come to Twitter at WeirdScienceDC. All those other things and the other things and blah, blah, blah. What do we usually say, Eric? Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Bye. Bye. Yeah, that's the truth, baby. That's the clean truth. Oh, there we go.